Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas, Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of uh, former Bellator fighters, Liz Carmouche, getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week, it was the women's flyweights and the Heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who, of course, uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ. One Patricky Pitbull is uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for 300, go check them out. If you're at home, check them out over on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Uh, Plus. That is Friday, April 12th, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... The Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life on this... Monday, May 9th, 2022. Hello again, everyone. I hope you're doing well. Unlike me, I hope you're not battling the allergies out there. I mean, golly, it just never ends. The sneezing, the this, the that. It never ends, but it's a beautiful time to be alive. We have so much to discuss on this Monday afternoon. It's a post-pay-per-view Monday, and we love these. You know, you get 13 or so, 12, 13 or so uh, every year, and uh, there's always a bit of a buzz in the air after a pay-per-view, a UFC pay-per-view. There's always a lot to discuss, a lot to chew on. This week, no different. A ton of MMA this past weekend. What with uh, Bellator in Paris, PFL having a very interesting event, dare I say their most stacked event in terms of names on a card, and then UFC 274 at the Footprint Center in Phoenix, Arizona. It now has come and gone, and I mean, you talk about a fat burger of things to discuss. we got a fat burger of things to discuss, a lot to digest, a lot to chew on, a lot to discuss with the crew, a lot to discuss with a lot of guests. I can't wait, so strap on your seatbelt. Let's uh, let's get rolling here. As always, we are brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. They are the official sports betting partner of not only the UFC, but most importantly, the Mixed Martial Arts Hour. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code THEMMAHOUR for a special offer when you sign up. Again, that's code THEMMAHOUR. THEMMAHOUR. THEMMAHOUR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. It's a good offer. It's a good deal. But uh, no, it's the MMA Hour. Please do put in that code so that they know we sent you. Uh, Later on in the program, we'll check in with GC. We're also going to check in with him at the top of the show, but we'll recap his bets. A bit of a mishap. We need to address it. We need to talk about it. Stay tuned for that. New York Rick will stop by as well via remote. 
He is not in today via remote, but stay tuned for that. We'll also talk to Sean O'Malley. We found out that he is returning July 2nd. They love to have him on the International Fight Week card. Good showcase for him. Big opportunities. A lot of buzz, a lot of hype, a lot of spotlights to be, you know, shined on him. Uh, Biggest fight maybe of his young career in terms of ranking. Of course, he fought Cheeto Vera back in the day, but Cheeto wasn't as far along as he is right now. He's fighting Pedro Munoz, who he is calling prelim Pedro. Uh, And, you know, Sean does a great job hyping up these fights, but it's a big spot for him. And uh, we'll talk to him about that. Also, he was in attendance on Saturday at the Footprint Center. What a bizarre name. What is Footprint? You know, I should look this up. What is Footprint? And the venues had so many different names. I know, but what is Footprint? Like, is Footprint a thing? Not anything that rings a bell. It has to be. Here it is. It's Plant based fiber technology and material science. Oh, that footprint. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, it's like, you know, you like your carbon footprint, that whole thing? Is that what it is? Never. Oh, yeah. Phoenix didn't strike me as that kind of place. Oh, you were thinking about like a shoe place. Yeah. Interesting. All right, well, it's the Footprint Center. Yeah, I kind of like it, if I'm being honest. That arena has changed the name so many times. I remember when it was the uh, America West Arena back in the day when the uh, Suns were playing the Bulls in the finals. So we'll talk to him about that. Uh, we're going to be joined by my good friend Shaheen Al-Shadi. First time on the program since we returned. Long overdue. That's my bad. He was also in attendance. Want to talk to him about those very rude Phoenix fans booing the likes of Shogun Hua, booing the likes of Rose Amunis. How dare they? Oh, here's uh, Shaheen chiming in. Gilbert Company that aims to eliminate single-use plastics with cups, lids, cartons, and other food packaging that can be recycled or reused as compost. All right, so, I mean, they're good. All right, they're good people. Much respect. No, I can't do that. Um, And yes, it used to be called the Talking Stick Resort Arena. This is way better, if you ask me. Um, All right, so Shaheen will stop by, talk about 274. He was there. You know, nice to have uh, more than one or two journalists asking proper questions so you know his impact was felt. He was also there at the media day on Wednesday. In fact, most of the Tony Ferguson stuff that we got was because of his questions, so much respect to one of the best in the game. Uh, Jared Cannonier will stop by. The Gorilla, the Gorilla, the Killer Gorilla. I can't breathe out of my nose, Frank. It's a big problem right now. Um, I'm like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a true mouth breather at the moment. I'm like 95% of the people on Twitter. Yeah, it's just, ma- I, there's nothing. It's like a total blockage. It's horrible. I went and got a, a upgrade in my allergy medicine. Um, I went from Claritin to like some weird name, something with a Z. Maybe it'll work. Zizol. Is that it? Yeah. I'm, it's killing me, Smalls. I mess with the Zizol every day. It's oh, my stuff. God. Can't it could breathe. also be Zyrtec. No, it's not, Zyrtec. Z- it's oh, not Zyrtec. Oh, you're saying X or Z? No, I think, well, Zyrtec would be Z, yeah. Yeah, then Z- Zizol's with an X. Z- I, there's I two X's two in there? Just one. So what's the other one? An S? Zizol. Z- Zy is X, Y, Z. Yeah, yeah, so there's a Z in there. Okay. All right. Anyway, it's killing me. Um... Jared Cannonier, he's fighting Israel Adesanya. And in fact, right after we wrapped up the show on Wednesday, found out that Volkanovsky Holloway booked for the July 2nd card. So it's a nice little card that we're getting. Getting the two teammates, the two buds. Um, you get Volkanovsky, you get 
Adesanya, you get Cannoneer fighting for the belt for the first time, you get the trilogy, and you get Max Holloway fighting on the Ninth Island for the first time in quite some time as well. Actually, since the last time, uh, well, the first fight that they had uh, back in December of 2019, not to mention the other fights on the card as well. So we'll talk to Cannoneer about that. He, too, was at the event, and there was a great clip of him sitting in the crowd, and you have Sterling, you have Meatball Molly, you have Patty the Batty, all very much it appears, intoxicated, having a good time. And Jared Kennanier is just sitting there with his arms crossed. Anyway, we'll talk about all that. Uh, so that's at 2.25, 2 o'clock. Joe Lozon's going to be on the card. Very sad. We find out just minutes before the card started on Saturday, Joe Lozon, Donald Cerrone, one of the more anticipated fights on this card, gets canceled because Donald Cerrone suffered from food poisoning, which is probably my biggest fear in life. I hate food poisoning. I mean, does anyone enjoy food. No one, I mean, it's the worst. You're, you're, you're throwing up, you're, 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 you're doing, a, I mean, sometimes it's coming out both ways. It's a whole mess of a situation, if we're being honest. And you have to think, it must have been really bad for Donald Cerrone to pull out of that card, right? It must have been horrible, because we all know he's a gamer. He was ready to go. It must have been horrible. So we'll talk to Joe about finding out, you know, think about it. You're, you're mentally ready to go to the arena. You, you've spent the whole week there, you're cutting the weight. You're doing all that stuff. You haven't fought in two and a half years. And then they tell you, sorry, you're not fighting. And uh, Carlos Barza is going to join us, the brand new UFC strawweight champion. So she's going to join us in about 25 minutes. Uh, I have a lot that I want to say off the top. I have a lot that I want to say off the top regarding this card. By now, you know that Charles Oliveira won on Saturday. By now, you know that he beat Justin Gaethje, that he submitted Justin Gaethje. You know that he is the leader in uh, submissions, he has extended his record of submissions in the UFC. No one has submitted people more than Charles Oliveira. I believe it's 16 at this point, which is a rich thing as an aside, because he keeps on getting, you know, people keep calling him a quitter, a coward, yet no one in the history of the UFC has made more people legitimately quit, tap, if you will, than Charles Oliveira. Yet for some reason, 11 straight wins, People are still calling him a quitter. Guy gets blasted every single time he fights. Guy gets almost, you know, rocked, cut, whatever it is. On Saturday, it was rocked and cut, and he still finds a way to win. Not only win, he's not squeaking out decisions. He's freaking finishing people. More often than not via submission, he's turned into one of the most exciting fighters in the sport. He's he's must-see TV now. In fact, you sometimes wonder, like, why isn't he more popular? You know, maybe it's because... He doesn't speak English fluently, so he doesn't connect with the audience. He's got the look. He's got the fighting style. Uh, the guy is box office. He is, as my friend Stephen A. Smith likes to say. He's box office. He's box office. And you know by now that according to the UFC, he is no longer their UFC lightweight champion because on Friday, he weighed in a half a pound over the 155-pound weight limit. In case you forgot, in case you missed it, in case you need a recap, he shows up very much towards the end of the wins. I mean, there was not that much time left, five minutes, 10 minutes, something like that. He initially weighs in at 156. Then he strips down. He weighs in at 55.5. He then gets an hour to cut that 0.5 because for a title fight, you need to be on the dot or under right? You can't be 0.1 over, 0.2 over, 0.3 over. Can't happen. So he weighs in 55.5 after the hour allowance. And as a result, he is stripped, essentially stripped on the spot. But what they said was, you know, when when the, the fight starts, he is stripped, but he's stripped on the spot, right? 
And so the belt was up for grabs for Gaethje. It was not up for grabs for him. This has never happened before in UFC history, as has been discussed over the last couple of days. We've seen in vacant title fights, one guy misses, the other guy makes it. So the belt's only up for grabs for him. We've seen in title fights where the challenger misses it, Travis Luter, Anderson Silva, uh, Robert Whitaker, Yo Romero, challenger misses. So now it becomes a non-title fight. As weird as that is, like why doesn't the champion get a chance to defend his title and it counts as one of his defenses? That's weird, especially considering what we saw on Saturday where the belt was up for grabs for one guy. We've seen interim title fights where the belt is only up for grabs for one guy because the other guy missed Holloway and uh, Pettis back in the day in Toronto comes to mind. Uh, Romero against uh, Rockhold comes to mind even though Romero lost the fight. Uh, excuse me, Romero beat Rockhold, but he missed weight, so he couldn't win the belt. We've also seen once in the history of Zufa as a promotion where the champion misses weight, but then the fight is deemed a non-title fight. We saw that way back in the day over a decade ago, Paulo Filio versus Chael Sonnen 2 in WC in Hollywood, Florida. Paulo came over seven pounds over the weight limit, and so the fight was deemed a non-title fight. Chael wins, doesn't get the belt. And I was wondering, well, why was in a title fight for Chael back in the day and yet it was a title fight for Justin Gaethje. Well, the reason for that is, as far as what I was told, the Florida Commission said that he was too much over the weight limit. He was seven pounds over. He came in at 92, 192 for an 85 fight. Seven pounds over the weight limit, so they deemed it a non-title fight. Unfair for Chael. He wins. He doesn't get the belt. In this case, kind of a moot point. Gaethje loses, so he's not the champion, but now the title is vacant. And I've had a lot of time to think about this. In fact, I've been thinking about it since Friday. So what is that? Friday to Saturday, 24. Saturday to Sunday, 24, 48. So I've been thinking about this almost for like 72 hours at this point. And I feel very confident in saying that Charles Oliveira was screwed. Charles Oliveira is being screwed right now. Charles Oliveira is the lightweight champion of the UFC. There is no question in my mind. Now, you cannot deny for a second. If we want to talk like formalities, he's the best 55er on the planet right now. No one's going to deny that. I don't care if you think he was a pound over a half a pound. He's the best lightweight on the planet right now. Active lightweight. Habib isn't a part of the conversation. He is retired. He's the best active lightweight in the world right now. And I think it is absolute lunacy. I think it is crazy. I think it's one of the craziest things we've ever seen that this guy shows up a half a pound over, a half a pound over on a beam scale, not a digital scale, a beam scale, and there's no human error involved, and 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 just on the spot, they're going to say, yeah, you're stripped. For a half a pound, we're not talking two pounds, we're not talking three pounds, four pounds, five, seven pounds, we're talking a half a pound over. Are you telling me in the history of the UFC this has never happened before? Of course it's happened before. If that fight this past weekend was happening in Las Vegas... Charles Oliveira is still the lightweight champion of the UFC. He never would have had to weigh in a second time, let alone a third time, let alone need the hour allowance. Because I've seen enough of those weigh-ins in Las Vegas. It's boom, boom. We all saw the clip. I reposted it. Not because I have an axe to grind with Khabib, because it was very noticeable. Khabib, Gaethje, that thing wasn't even settled. Boom, boom. Please. Go, uh, go to the back and rehydrate. We've seen this time and again. And in case you're going to sit there and be call out your boy DC, of course. And I've called him out to his face. In Buffalo, he didn't make the weight. He held on to the, the towel. GSP, Montreal, my other boy, he was over 170 and they rounded down. So time and again, people in championship fights have been over. If you think that your favorite champion fighter hasn't been over back in the day and they just kind of rounded down, you're fooling yourself. All of a sudden, Charles 
gets the bad luck, the, the misfortune of running into a stickler who's going to be like, nope, we're going to get this on the dot. We're going to get this on dot. And I'm not even talking about the conspiracy that the weight thingy was like the uncalibration and the scale and someone messed. I'm not even talking about that. I'm not even talking about that. But for a half a pound to be that big of a stickler where there is nothing that is going to happen in this fight on Saturday as a result of this half pound over, that is not a performance enhancer. The fact that he was stripped of the belt to me is absolutely criminal. It's a travesty. It's lunacy. Now, you want to fine him 20%? Great. You want to fine him 30%? Great. You want to even fine him 50%? Fine. Let him keep his belt, pay him as a champion, and you sure as hell need to pay him as a champion the next time he fights. Now, Dana White afterwards said he's getting his pay-per-view points. Great. He better freaking get his pay-per-view points the next time he fights because I can assure you that's going to be a big fight. So the UFC has an opportunity to make this right. This is not a commission belt. This is not a sanctioning body belt. This is not anything but a UFC belt. They can do whatever they want with it. And oh, by the way, when Ally Quinta weighed in 0.2 over back at 223 when Holloway didn't make it to the scale for the Khabib fight, if you recall, Dana White on the record said, if he wins this fight, he's the champion. So explain to me what's the difference. Is it the 0.3? No, they can do whatever they want. It's their title. It's their belt. They could do whatever they want. So they could put their foot down here and say... It was 0.5. There might have been something that happened. There might have not been something that happened. But we don't think that this had any sort of impact on a title fight to where we need to take the belt. We're going to fine him. There'll be a punishment. He's going to get it. You know, he's going to get in the pot. But he is still the champion of the UFC. And as a result, he will reap the benefits of being a champion of the UFC. They need to be able to rectify this. And I feel very strongly about it. And again, I'm not even going into the whole conspiracy stuff that I've heard from a lot of people in Phoenix that the the, the, the scale was tinkered with because you're going to obviously reply and say, well, that didn't affect anyone other than Charles and Norma Dumont. Well, maybe they got unlucky. Maybe other people thought they were 55 and they came in at 55 and a half, but I'm not even getting into that. But let me ask you all of this because at the post-fight press conference, Dana White said what? He said that they are not going to have a security guard watching the scale from here on out. He said that. He said it. Go back and look. Let me ask you something. If nothing shady happened, why are they hiring a security guard to check on the scale, to be by the scale side? If nothing happened, if nothing, you know, uh, unscrupulous, whatever you want to say, happened, why do they need that guy in the future? Is it because something happened? Is it because he got, you know, the raw on the deal and he happened to come in at 55 for a title fight and he's now 55 and a half? 55 and a half on a beam scale? Are you kidding me? Have you ever been on one of those? It's hard enough to get it on the dot that you're trying to get to, like 55, let alone 55 and a half. That thing's fluctuating all the time. It's almost impossible for the thing to settle. Make it right. The guy's the champ. It was point freaking five pounds. I can't believe I'm sitting here watching people on Twitter being like, you got to be a professional. People who have never even attempted to do what these men and women do. Come on. And I'm not trying to say to keep, you know, don't move the the line of scrimmage all over the place. Um, of course, there, there has to be a line drawn somewhere. But for the drastic, it's a big difference between Norma Dumont having to pay 20% in a prelim fight and then she just goes along her way as opposed to Charles Oliveira losing the belt? Are you kidding me? Losing the belt that he fought so hard to get to? That, he, that, that, that he's won 11 fights in a row now for? Guy comes from the favelas and he's worked and clawed his way up. Everyone's calling him a coward, a quitter. And they're going to strip him of the belt because of 0.5 pounds. Like, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? This is crazy. 
What do you think of this, GC? Am I off? Because I've been thinking about this for a very long time, for three freaking days. It's been driving me nuts. I can't believe all the crazy things I've seen in the sport. A guy getting stripped for 0.5 pounds. 0.5! Point what is 0.5 pounds? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Like, and, and there's a grace, like the fact that in a non-title fight, you get the grace of like a 0.5 pound or a pound and everything. Like, what did Michael Chandler weigh in at like 156? And like, Oliveira's going to lose his belt over this. Like, I think it's like, it's almost insulting that it's, that it's only a half pound. It's, it, 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 it blows my, again, one, two, three, four. I get it. If it's a travesty, I get it. Like, if it's that egregious, I get it. And I get the fact that the dude, look, he happened to run into a guy who was taking his job very seriously. But the way this sport has gone, you can't tell me that's the same weigh-in for Charles Oliveira that Khabib had in Abu Dhabi. You can't tell me it's the same weigh-in that we see every weekend in Las Vegas. Go watch the dude in Las Vegas every week. It's boom, boom. Go watch. I love Mark Ratner. I love him to death. He is a legend. He's a Hall of Famer. Watch the way he mans the scale. It's boom, boom. And you know what? I'd actually prefer that. Don't let these men and women kill themselves before a fight. Boom, boom. Yeah, you're close enough. Ballpark, move along the way. And that's one thing for a prelim. For a title fight, you're going to strip the guy of the belt? Come on. And by the way, it ain't an Arizona Commission belt. It ain't a WBC belt. It ain't a WBO belt. It's a UFC title, and you've already said on the record with another guy in a title fight who was over that you would deem him champion if he won. What's the difference this time? Also, not using the digital scales is crazy. Like, I, the fact that Oliveira had an hour to try and lose the extra half pound and he comes back and he weighs the exact same to, the, to an ounce, like, I refuse to believe that that was the case. Like, he didn't lose any weight in that hour. He was probably sweating, trying to lose anything he could. I don't know. It's crazy. Well, uh, Chandler had a, a tweet in between all of this where he's like, mentally, when you think you're on weight and then you have to go back and lose that half pounds, mentally, your body just isn't working anymore, right? It shuts off. I mean, could you imagine? He didn't look great on the scale. Typically doesn't look great. And I know he's missed weight before, but it's always been at 45. Look, I'm not trying to defend the guy because like we have some sort of relationship, like I have any sort of skin in this game. But to see that happen, like to go to that drastic measure again, I'm not saying he should get off scot-free. Fine him. He didn't show up. Give that money to uh, Gaethje. But to take away the belt, and now the question is, are they going to treat him as champion moving forward? I give the UFC a lot of credit. They put out a statement right after it happened, and they said what? He's the number one contender if he wins on Saturday. He will fight for the belt next if he wins. That was a very bold and definitive statement on their part. They don't usually do that because they'll leave it up. You know, we'll talk about it after. We'll see how it goes, this and that. No, I give them a lot of credit. I applaud them for it. People thought I was being sarcastic. I wasn't because here you have a situation where the guy, even if he wins a stinker, a split decision, you've said it already. You put it out there in black and white. He's not a contender. So that takes a lot of balls. So they deserve a lot of credit for that. In the end, it was fine because he won definitively and who doesn't want to see him in a title fight either against Islam next, either against, I don't know, freaking Chandler next, run it back with Poirier, run it back with anyone. Connor, he's talking about. So give him a lot of credit. But are you going to treat him as champion? Because ultimately that's what this is all about, right? You know, Okay, he doesn't get to parade around town with the belt. He's the king without a crown. He's the young crown champ, whatever you want to call him. It almost makes him a little more badass. He was wronged by the, uh, the system. It's fine. What I want to know and what I want assurance of is, are they going to treat him as champion? Is he going to fight on champion pay the next time he fights? Is he going to get his pay-per-view money? If all this is a yes, then I will stand down and I will shut up. But if we're going to go, hey, 
You didn't make the way we're taking your belt and now you're going back to contender money. I have a real problem with that. I have a real problem with that. That some dude in a freaking collared shirt from Arizona is going to be like, no, you're half a pound over. No, it, it doesn't work that way. It's not right. I have a real problem with that. Tremendous win. And I'm at fault. You know, I have a bone to pick with New York Rick later. He, he bullied me to, into taking Gaethje and all that. You know, I didn't feel... I, I've been on the Oliveira train for quite some time. There's records too, of it. Me you too. Know. We're all victims here. I mean, I just feel like we were bullied. It was pressure. It was just not right. It was not right. And I'll never do it again. But, you know, of course we all thought the mental anguish, the physical anguish that he went through. Afterwards, he's realizing, wait a second, I lost the belt? Then he shows up to the ceremonial weigh-ins and he's a freaking boss up there. He's mad. And I was like, oh, is he going to be too emotional? He gets Gaethje off his game, right? What have we been saying about Gaethje for the past couple of years? He's measured now. He's patient now. He takes his time now. Well, That's been the thing. And what does he do? He gets him into a firefight. He's bleeding. And then he somehow beats him. The guy who called him a quitter a couple of days ago, he's now submitting him. And again, the irony of calling Charles Oliveira, who has the record for most submissions in the UFC, a quitter. I mean, just think about that. Think about how dumb everyone sounds when you keep talking about him being a quitter. No one respects him. Now you got Chandler saying he's going to beat him in two rounds. They just fought. They just fought a year ago and he beat him. Can we respect the guy for at least like three days? It's crazy. He deserves a fight in Brazil where I know 1,000% they're not going to be sticklers about 0.5. They're going to treat him as a champ, a legend. Give him the respect that he deserves, the shine that he deserves, the hometown hero welcome that he deserves. It's a great fight. It was a tremendous fight. It just felt weird that they didn't put the belt around his waist. For a 0.5, what is 0.5? Is this, is this, is this, this is probably more than 0.5 if I put this on a scale, right? What is, what do you think 0.5 is? I don't even know. A mass? Eight ounces. What's that? Eight ounces. Makes it even sound worse. Is this pencil 0.5? Like, what are we talking about here? And again, this is why I banged the drum about collective bargaining. This is why I'm, I'm incessant about this stuff. Because if you had a sort of thing that you collectively bargained with the promotion, that, hey, if you're a champion and you miss weight, all right, fine. You'll find me X amount this and that, but I'm not going to lose my belt because it's at 0.5. If it's four pounds, I get it. If it's five, I get it. If you didn't even try, I get it. But explain to me why... Um, when Travis Luter missed weight, it became a non-title fight. But here, the look, what? Why is that a title fight for Gaethje on Saturday? But when Luter missed weight, it wasn't a title fight for Anderson. Why does that not count as a title fight for him? Why, when when Whitaker fought Romero in Chicago and Romero missed weight by like point something, and I thought that was crazy too, it became a non-title fight for Whitaker too. It doesn't count as one of his defenses. None of this is consistent. Do you understand my point? So when you have these inconsistencies, you get these situations where a guy is stripped of the belt for 0.5. Lightweight is on fire, though. Lightweight is tremendous. Chandler pulls off one of the craziest knockouts I've ever seen. I mean, that thing was like a punt. That wasn't Leona Machida. That wasn't Anderson Silva. It was like a punt. It wasn't a front kick. It was like, a, it was like he was kicking a ball, a football. Scary knockout. Looks like Tony's in good spirits. And he did look good in the first round. And I'm not going to sit here and say he needs to retire. I hope he takes some time off. Chandler pulling off an incredible knockout. And when did Michael Chandler become such a good promo? Like when he was fighting those dudes in Bellator, he was the face of Bellator, but he wasn't cutting promos like this. He's freaking the rock out there. He's cutting promos like tremendous, like hitting all the notes, 
hitting all the guys on fire. The Connor part was tremendous. I feel like it's doable. Maybe he's, he'll fight, you know, Poirier. Maybe he'll fight Diaz. Who the hell knows? But that was incredible stuff from Michael Chandler. What an investment. I know he's 2-2 two and two in the UFC, but man, he's become a huge star. People love him and uh, certainly worth everything that he is owed. I think he's making like seven fifty per fight. Tremendous. That's what came out. And then, of course, in the co-main event, you have a situation where the fight just didn't live up to the hype. Did you enjoy the fight, GC, uh, Carla and uh, Rose? No. Like, did oh. I enjoy it? Like, was I, like, entertained? No, I was I was. You didn't enjoy the, uh, the chess match, the, uh, the war of attrition? The... <laughs> I just don't feel like it was a chess match. I feel like it was uh, being gun-shy and Carla not being able to successfully get takedowns. I was paying more attention to Canelo versus Bivol because uh, that was overlapping at the same time. That was weird, right? Second time in a row. Yeah. When, when she fought Zhang Wei Li in November, Canelo was fighting at the exact same time. That was amazing. That was great theater. And maybe I wasn't transfixed. I didn't hate it as much as the commentary. Obviously, it didn't live up to our expectations. But I do think two things aren't being accounted for. Number one, uh, high-level fighters, and sometimes it's like oil and water. It doesn't work out. Like Romero Izzy was one of the worst title fights of all time. Is it an indictment on Israel Adesanya? No. People still love him. He's produced some great ones after the fact. Uh, GSP has been in some clunkers back in the day. Like, this shouldn't be an indictment on either fighter, and in particular, and particularly Rose, who is getting a lot of heat for it and even had to put out a statement saying that she feels like a shit human being. Like, golly, no. You're, not, you're still a legend. You're still one of the greatest strawweights of all time. And... I don't think enough people are talking about the fact that she has a loss to Carlos Barza back in 2014. That could play mental mind games on you, right? Mental mind games. Maybe redundant. You get it. Mental games, mind games. You understand? Maybe that's why she couldn't pull the trigger. Maybe she remembered what happened in 2014 when she lost. Yeah, I also thought that Rose was getting way too much flack. Yes. Like, it's not like Carla came out and had this, like, incredibly aggressive game plan was like super impressive i mean carla only landed 30 strikes she went two for 11 on takedowns like i i honestly thought that the fight should have been a draw like had they scored it for rose would people have been calling robbery uh like carla should have gotten the belt like it was it was unimpressive on both sides but rose was just catching everything man i i felt terrible for her with the instagram post well yeah that and, and it was nice to see a lot of fighters support her pat barry getting a lot of heat the corner getting heat Sometimes you just have an off night. And I get it. You pay $75, you don't care about off nights. I can't sit here. I will never go to a fight, even if I'm a fan, I'm not covering the sport, and boo a Shogun Hua or Rose Namunis. I can't do it. One off night, it's just, there's something in me that won't allow me to do that. The courage that it takes to go in there, I have too much respect for these people to do that. I understand. It wasn't as exciting as the main event. I get it. It wasn't one of the most exciting title fights you've ever seen. I understand. There is no desire to see it again anytime soon i get it but to be acting like someone walked into your house and slapped you in the face as a result of you watching this fight like people are like personally offended by this fight sometimes it just doesn't pan out i've seen some boring football games boring soccer games boring basketball games baseball games all right it happens chill the f out i don't think anyone went in there trying not to win i don't think anyone went in there sometimes like i've seen a lot of boxing matches where they just can't get off where they're not throwing the punches and again, I'm not defending the criticism or going against the criticism, I should say. And I'm not saying it was off base. I just feel like it went a little too far. Even the commentary, God bless. 
love Anik, love DC, obviously, love Rogan, but it was like on and on and on. I don't know. It just it felt a little excessive, no? I mean, I completely agree with you. I also feel like you could have blamed the corner work for Rose a little bit more than Rose herself. I mean, they were coming over there, and Pat Barry was like, "You're doing everything right." You know, yeah. the quote of him like, "These booze means you're doing exactly what you should be doing." Telling her up, she's up four rounds to none. Like, I, I felt like that was that was pretty bad. She clearly had a very specific game plan against someone who beat her back in the day, and uh, she didn't stray from it. And this is going to be something that she will you know, kick herself about for quite some time because she didn't stray from it. She was on a roll. A year ago, she knocked out Zhang Wei Li with one of the best, you know, head kicks that we've ever seen. One of the best knockouts of 2021. And you hope for someone like Rose, who, you know, the, the, the mental side of the game has affected her greatly over the years. She'd been very open about that. And I think that's partially why people love her so much and are so loyal to her is because she's open about this. You hope that it doesn't, this this backlash, if you will, which is crazy to me, you know, you hope that it doesn't affect her, that it doesn't preclude her from wanting to get back in there. Sometimes I see, like, I saw Gaethje post something on social after the fight about, hey, Charles, you know, it happens and congrats. And then you see people being like, criticizing him for his, Submission defense and criticizing him that he's now 0-2 and making fun. I'm like, man, what kind of human being goes on Twitter? And it's one thing to just tweet it out, but to actually go to the fighter and tell them how you feel about them in a moment that we can never even compare it to. Like the highs in the sport are tremendous. I would argue the lows are even lower than the highs. Like that feeling... Do you understand? I understand what I just said makes no sense. Obviously, the lows are lower than the highs, but the high, it's, it's almost like you get, you, get, you get these great moments, great moments, but then you have these lows, and it, it, I, from what the fighters have told me, like the here's what I should say. The lows affect you more than the highs do. That's what I've always heard. And so imagine how Gaethje feels. Imagine how Rose feels. Imagine how Ferguson feels. It's a, it's a tough thing to witness because we know that these are tremendous fighters. They are the best of the best. And it's unfortunate because Carla's story is a great one. There was a point where Carla lost twice in a row, where people were writing her off, where she was winning, losing. Now she's won six in a row. And she's beating top talent. Yan Nan. Marina Rodriguez has a win over her. People forget that. Michelle Watterson, Alexa Grasso, the great Virna Janjiroba. But this has complete. I actually feel bad for both of them. I feel bad for Carla and I feel bad for Rose. Carla, you know, not being able to enjoy this moment and Rose getting all this heat. Oh, I didn't realize that uh, <laughs> that Joe told me that she was here and I've been going on and on. My mistake. Uh, all right, without further ado, let us go to Carla Sparza, the new UFC strawweight champion who is joining us right now. There she is with the belt. How are you, Carla? And congratulations. Hey, I'm doing great. Thank you so much. And uh, I know this is a crazy week for you. You're getting married in five days, so I appreciate you taking a little bit of time out. I bet things are about to get real nutty for you in a very good way, but thank you so much for doing this. Can I ask you, you know, I was going on, I don't know how much you heard what I was saying. Um, 48 hours later, how do you feel about what you did on Saturday? 
You know, I, I kind of feel the same way I felt in the moment. I did as much as I could safely. You know, I, I, I felt like I, I brought the pressure and I did what I could, but you know, I mean, in those situations and in, in certain fights, like it's, it's hard. You can only do so much without getting reckless. So was that the game plan on your end? What we saw from you was that, you know, for the most part, the game plan. I mean, it, it's hard to say that that was a game plan because I didn't really get to do much. Um, I, I mean, I, we definitely had planned to take her down early and, you know, um, kind of like set the pace in the fight, put a lot of pressure through those five rounds, but you know, it didn't really go as planned. Could you tell us what was your game plan? Um, honestly, like, I, I think we were just going to like, I wasn't going to like force it, but I was planning to go for a takedown, like relatively early, um, you know, kind of get her tired, like kind of just bring back that memory of our first fight, like put a lot of pressure and, um, you know, and, and, uh, kind of like, I think that would slow her down a lot to her speed on the feet. Were you surprised by her takedown defense? I was, in fact, surprised by it, um, especially um, the big thing for me was her ability to to get back up so quickly. Um, I wasn't expecting that. I feel that normally when she gets taken down, she kind of uh, starts working her submission game more. So I, I definitely, uh, you know, usually when I look at fighters, I look at them more as someone who's going to hit the ground and try and pop up or someone who's going to hit the get ground and try and be offensive with their submissions. And that's normally kind of how I had viewed Rose because she's a very submission-heavy fighter. So I, I know you've posted a couple times since the fight. I don't know if you're one of those people who posts and then just goes away. If you are, God bless you. But uh, <laughs> have you seen, you know, the criticism online of the fight? And if so, how do you feel about it? Most definitely. I mean, I I felt the criticism, the you know, during the fight. I mean, there was booze, like the crowd, the fans weren't happy with the fight, and I knew that. Um, and it, and it's a bummer because like you said, you know, this is, this is, you know, had the potential to be like a great fight. It was such a great story going into it. I mean, so many years, like, I feel like it's a huge accomplishment to come back for me, like eight years after, you know, winning the belt and having like some lows and some highs in the game and coming back and winning this, like for me, it's just such a crowning achievement. And I feel like it's definitely, I'm taking a bit away from it. Like, you know, just kind of like the fan reaction and which I don't, I don't blame the fans for, you know, like obviously, you know, not being happy about the fight. Um, it's just a bummer that things went down that way. Does, does the, like, does it affect you? Like when you read the comments, does it make you feel sad? Are you bummed out by it? How do you react to it? Um, I mean, I guess if people are talking about you at all, it's always a good thing. You know, I guess if they weren't talking at all, they wouldn't care. But obviously you'd want it to be more positive feedback. Um, it is a bummer. Like, it is a bummer. You know, like, I I don't like to see that for sure. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I you know, going into this fight, like, even at the press conference, I was getting booed. And, you know, people were writing me off, putting me as the underdog. Like, if I cared what people thought, I wouldn't be here. Mm. That is, have you always been that way or have you had to train your mind not to care what people think? I've really had to train myself because I'll be honest, like, especially after the ultimate fighter, like mentally I was in a really bad place because people were so mean and going from kind of like, you know, um, like smaller shows to like such a big show and then being on the like tough and having that big audience, like I wasn't used to that and just, 
you know, people can be really mean. And I think people need to remember, like, we're fighters, you know, but we're still people like, you know, we have feelings like, you know, like, I feel like people can be pretty ruthless. And, you know, I know Rose has been catching a lot of like, flack you know and people were expecting a lot from her but you know i just hope that people realize like she's a human too like she's a woman like like chill i mean she's obviously like i'm sure you know don't kick someone when they're down she's obviously you know not having the best day i saw the post that she made too like she feels like crap you know yeah when you see that and you were involved in the fight like for someone to feel obviously she's going to be down if she loses a fight anyone's down when they lose any competition whatever but to feel like that and i don't know there was something very sad about the post and she's getting a lot of love and that's nice and i don't even know if she reads that sort of thing but you you were the other person in there with her how does that make you feel um i mean as far as the fight goes like you know when i was in the fight like i was just like is this really happening like after each round i was almost like in a lot of disbelief like you know, but as far as after the fight goes, you know, just to hear how bummed she was, like, I just, I've been there, you know, like, you can't get to this level in the sport and not have felt those tough losses and, you know, gotten crap from fans, you know, so it's like, I definitely feel her pain, especially having been in there. And like, I wanted us to have a great fight. Like, I was like, man, I hope we get a fight of the night. And it was by far like the opposite. How are you reacting internally when you're hearing the booze? And you're thinking like, gosh, I can't believe this is happening. Um, what is going on in your mind? Kind of like what goes on in my mind when I when I walk out. Like, uh, you know, I'm just super focused. I'm not really like thinking too much about that. Um, I think, uh, to be honest, like a more like inexperienced fighter, more green fighter might let the booze of the crowd, you know, um, make them get emotional and maybe make some stupid decisions and get wild. Um, you know, and, and, and the opposite sometimes like the cheers can get you like pumped, but I think as a veteran, you know, you just gotta like fight your fight and, you know, not let the crowd really like affect what the smart move to make is. Uh, have you rewatched the fight? I have, I rewatched the fight last night. What did you think of the commentary? (sighs) To be honest, I felt that the commentary, you know, especially early on in the fight, was it was a combination of a little bit of bias on the side for Rose, you know? Um, and then, but I also felt like they were being kind of real on a, on a lot of notes about just the fight in general, like just kind of talking crap on it. Like it it sucks to hear, you know, but I mean, like I kind of knew that that's what people were thinking like during the fight. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like there's, um, you know, there commentators can tend to be one-sided sometimes. And I felt that, that was somewhat the case, especially earlier on in the fight. Um, so when when you're in that fight, you know, we saw a few times the, they go to the corners. Uh, Pat has been taking a lot of criticism. Um, what was your corner telling you going into the fifth round? Like, did you think you were up at that point? My coach told me to, like, go after it, get the takedown, solidify the rounds, like, I don't think anybody could feel safe in a round like in a fight where like hardly anything happens. So like almost just like the slightest thing that does happen, like can dictate the whole round. It's like, Oh, you know, like one takedown, like one, the whole round, like that's crazy, you know? Um, But I think my coach definitely kept pressuring me to like get after it. But I, I also feel that, you know, she was being very cautious. So it made me like, it made it very difficult to, you know, get my offense going, but, you know, in my opinion, you know, you can't fight not to lose, you know, like yeah. sometimes you got to like 
put yourself out there and and you know kind of uh what's what's the the saying you know either come back with your shield or on it do you believe in 10 10 rounds we never see 10 10 rounds but uh, i feel like you can make a case for a couple of those being 10 10 what do you think i definitely think that um i believe in 10 10 rounds i mean it is what it is i mean I don't think it's something that should happen often. I heard them say um, in the commentary that they were like, they highly like, you know, push against judges giving 10, 10 rounds. But I mean, if that's what it is, that's what it is at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, I, and I saw the stats, like the strikes were like, they were obviously low, but they were very similar because not many strikes got off. Yeah. Uh, I've been a big proponent of open scoring. So that we know, you know, we know, everyone knows where everyone stands going into the last round. Maybe you hear about it in the third, fifth, something like that. I know they do it in Invicta, right, with the Kansas Commission. Yeah. How do you feel about yeah. open scoring? I think open scoring is awesome. I mean, it's nice to kind of like be able to game plan like in the middle of things and, and switch things up. It's hard when you don't really know what's going on. I'm sure that'll make some people play it more safe and some people get more wild. But I think that at the end of the day, it would make it more exciting and it's nice like to know for sure, at least like what the deal is, because you never know what the judges and, you know, one, you know, one set of judges can completely be scoring different than another. And at least during the fight, you can be like, Oh shoot. Like I thought I was winning and maybe in one set of judges eyes, I would be, but that's not the case here. And I need to push the pace. So based on what you saw after, you know, watching it at home, which rounds do you think you definitively won? You know, I think that round one was re- really close. Um, I, I But I feel like I won round... It's hard to say. I know that I won round four, maybe round two, round one. I don't know. It's They're kind of like yeah. all pretty similar, to be honest. And the, a win in any of them would have just been like by, by right. a smidge. Wait, so can so, I ask I mean, you? I could have said like I won four of the rounds, right. you know, and then maybe she took the fifth by just getting like getting me down like... It's hard to say. So could I ask you bluntly, um, do you not think you won? Oh, uh, I no, I, I totally agree with the decision. And I felt that I won. Um, in my opinion and what I've seen over the years is even if not a lot, of, a lot happens, the person that's pushing the pace and going for more and being the aggressor and holding the center of the octagon and having that cage control is going to get the edge. And I felt that that was definitely me. What do you think of, I don't know if you've thought of this, like reasons as to why she fought that way. I believe, I haven't talked to her, but I believe part of it is like you have a win over her and you submitted her. And sometimes when you have that memory in your mind, like you're going to fight a little different than against someone that you have no history with, right? Uh, do you think the result of eight years ago, even though you can make a very strong case that she has improved tremendously since then, she's a vastly different fighter. She's evolved tremendously. But the fact that you have a submission win over her eight years ago, that memory precluded her from really going forward and being aggressive like she was maybe against Zhang Wei Li because of that that memory and because of that finish. I guess I, t- I totally agree with that. Um, I definitely feel that she lost the fight to herself. I think... Um, she went in there and, you know, she fought, she fought, I don't want to say with like fear, but, you know, she was worried about the takedown and like very like focused on that and didn't fight her game and didn't, you know, let off as much as she could have. Um, 
so I definitely feel like it was more, it was a, a lot of a mental thing and, you know, like she, you know, she's, she's beat the best of the best, you know, she's fought like high level opponents, but she hasn't really fought a lot of wrestlers, you know, to get where she is, you know, and I've, she's fought a lot of people. Like she hasn't fought a lot of people like me and I've fought a lot of people like her. Mm. So I feel like I was probably more comfortable, like fighting someone her style and she wasn't as comfortable fighting someone my style. Um, since you watched the broadcast, what did you think of her corner work? Um, you know, it's hard to judge, (laughs) but, you know, like I said, you know, it may be in their heads, you know, she, in some judges eyes, maybe they could have felt that they were getting the advantage. Um, you know, not in my opinion, but, um, you know, it's like you said, it's hard when, like, it's easy if you have open scoring and you know what's happening. Yeah. Um, but I think maybe they kind of were a little, maybe they worked a lot on this takedown defense and she was having success with the defense. So they were like, you're doing good. You're doing good. Like you're doing what we trained. I don't know. But in my head, you know, you can't win a fight by defending like, Mm. Oh, I defended that shot. I defended that punch. Like you gotta, you gotta go after it more. And um, I feel like that was a little bit uh, should have been more emphasized by her corner, and, you know, and going into the the next rounds. By the way, um, what is I don't know. Like, have you talked to her after the fact? What is your relationship like with her? You were on the show together, uh, same manager, right? It's a small ish community. How would you describe your relationship yeah. with her? You know, like before the show, like I had hung, hung out with her, like, you know, with our manager, like, out, you know, out of town a couple of times, like for fights and, you know, on the show, we were definitely cool. Like, um, after we fought initially, I think we actually did message a couple of times, you know, here and there. And whenever I see her and Pat, you know, I'm always like chatting with them. I'm always, I'm always rooting for Rose. You know, I think she's a great person. I like her. Um, we don't really have like much of a friendship, I would say. We're not, like, getting our nails done together, but, um, you know, I definitely, like, I really like her and Pat, and they've always, you know, been really cool to me. Um, I don't know how it's going to be now because I feel like there could be some bitterness on their end, and, you know, I I felt, you know, maybe it's, maybe it'll change in the future, but I definitely feel that they weren't happy, you know, with the decision and, um, you know, with the way things went, and, you know, it's, it's not easy to, to lose a belt, you know, there's a lot of emotions that go into it. So it's hard to say. I've definitely lost, you know, a friend in the past because it was a similar situation. Um, the, the first fight, the second fight couldn't be more different. And so much has happened since then. Can you describe the emotions you feel like on the Monday after this title victory? By the way, you made history as well. Longest time between, you know, title victories in the UFC. We talked about that last week. Uh, so congratulations on that as well. You're forever in the history books, and uh, it's going to be really tough for someone to break that record. But can you describe <laughs> the feelings that, between that feeling on that Monday in December of 2014 to this Monday in 2022? Yeah, the first time I won the belt, it was just such this huge relief and like made history. Like I felt that when I got that finish, it really just felt so real. It's like, I made this statement with the finish that I got in the fight that we had, you know, I felt so good about that, you know, that win and just everything about it. And, you know, after winning the belt this time, like it is still like, I'm on a high, like this is, you know, the accomplishment of a lifetime, but it is a little bittersweet um, because of the way the fight went and because of the way that, the fans are ha, did react and have been reacting. Yeah. 
Um, it's a crazy thing. This sport is crazy. And I remember talking to you after the Claudio Gadelia fight. You were very upset after that one. And then, of course, there was the Tatiana Suarez fight afterwards. If we would have talked after, say, Suarez, which we didn't at the time, but that's two in a row now, and you seemed far away from the title picture, would you have believed at some point in the future you'd be back here with the belt by your side, or did you lose hope at any point? You know, losing the way I lost to Claudia, you know, it was a controversial split decision. Um, but when I lost to Tatiana and it was uh, definitely a, a devastating loss, you know, to lose in that way at my own game. Um, that was a hard pill to swallow. And I mean, I could say at that moment, uh, maybe I, I, I had lost hope and potentially ever fighting for the title again. Um, it took a lot of, it took a lot of work and changes to happen and, you know, just trusting that process and following the steps over time, you know, like, I, as time went on, I was like, okay, you know, maybe this can, I, again, I garnered more hope because the things that I was doing were giving me success and, you know, Tatiana has been injured for yeah. almost three years, you know, um, that goes to show that anything can happen in this game. It doesn't matter. Styles make fights. Sometimes someone can beat you. Sometimes, you know, like just stars can align someone who you've lost to, you, you know, like can, you know, can get beat by someone that you can beat. And like, just, just the way things work out. Like, I think just, you have to keep the mindset open. Like it's like, never give up. It's like in a fight, you know, you can be losing like, 14 minutes of that fight. But if you don't give up, you can come back and knock someone out or something. It's those like, it's that mentality. I think that can, you know, bring you success. And I think that's brought me success. Yeah. Tatiana may go down as one of the the greatest what ifs in MMA history, because she has just sort of disappeared now and has had some bad luck. Her and Zabit maybe. Uh, I'm sure you'd love to see that fight materialize again, right? To, to, to run that one back. With Tatiana? Yeah. I mean, she's going to 125 now. So, I mean, mm. I don't think that even, you know, if she made a comeback, I don't think that would happen again. Yeah. But, I mean, it's always nice to, like, get the opportunity to avenge a loss. Um, you know, everyone I've lost, most people I've lost to are either, like, retired or not with the UFC anymore, um, except for Joanna and Tatiana. So, you know, like, it's always good to get the opportunity. And I feel that I've come such a far away since I fought both of them. So it would be nice to avenge a loss. But, you know... Whoever I fight, I fight. It's a that crazy. Was the the rematch, the rematch with Rose was my first ever rematch. So. Yeah. Well, what a crazy situation we're in because in a month, your old friend Joanna is fighting Zhang Wei Li, and we might be back in 2015 all over again. She beats Zhang. Gosh, right? Isn't that crazy? Like, who would have ever thought you guys fighting each other again for the belt in 2022 or 2023, whenever it happens? Are you hoping for that? Like, is that, would that be the perfect scenario for you because of how you felt about rushing into the title fight and how that fight went? Yeah. I mean, most definitely. I think that would be, that would be an awesome, that would be like such a great moment to really just come back and fight like my fight. And, and I feel like I've come such a long way since then. And she's kind of just been sitting on the sidelines. So, you know, I definitely feel like it would be a different fight and, it would be like sweet, what is that called? Sweet revenge or yeah. sweet justice, whatever you call it. Uh, but correct me if I'm wrong, you're not going to fight in like two months like last time, right? You're going to take a little break here? No, <laughs> I definitely need to chill for a little bit and enjoy this victory and, 
enjoy my honeymoon and right. do, you know, yeah, just, just chill a little bit. This has uh, been a long camp, especially just knowing that this fight has been in the making for such a long time, you know, ever since Rose knocked out Whaley the first time I've, you know, just been mentally kind of had this in the back of my brain. Um, would you like at some point to fight Rose for a third time? You know, I don't know, to be honest, like, I feel like that's a chapter that I'm kind of settled with, but I mean, if they wanted to make the rematch, I'd be down for it at some point or whenever. Um, I don't know if that's something that the fans would really want to see because, you know, the last fight was pretty lackluster, but you know, I'm down for whatever. It's something that she really wanted to, you know, kind of just feel whole again or just to get another chance, you know, whatever, I'd be down for it. Anyone from the UFC say anything to you backstage? Did you get any sense for how the, uh, you know, the the brass, the officials, Dana, anyone back there say anything to you? Yeah, def- um, definitely. Everyone, just a lot of congratulations. I mean, I've been in this, you know, with the UFC for so long that like you make a lot of friends and people like, you know, they, they cheer for you and they hope for you and they're happy for you when you succeed. And um, yeah, Dana actually came up to me and congratulated me and congratulated me on my wedding this week too. Oh, wow. That's nice. And so the, the belt is yeah. going to walk down the aisle with you? <laughs> yeah, the belt's coming down the aisle with me as my something new. <laughs> wow, that is wild. Um, and, and the wedding is on Saturday? Wedding Saturday, correct. And uh, how do you shut off the fight brain and now get into like wedding bride brain? When does that happen? I mean, I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. It's a little hard, like, because after a fight, like, you know, I'm always like so wired and just it's hard to sleep and you're thinking about the fight and what's next and so much. So I'm just really trying to like force myself to relax. But I think all the, the things that I need to do this week will probably like get my mind on the wedding because <laughs> there's said, a lot to be done. You said all the right things beforehand, but if it didn't go your way, if you'd have lost in, in, you know, devastating fashion or something like that. Do you think it would have affected your wedding or do you think you would have been successful in, you know, putting that aside and, and enjoying the moment? What do you think? I think it would have definitely, you know, I, you can't not be sad after a loss, no matter what, you know, that's always hard. But I felt that, you know, I was so grateful to even be in, in that fight. I was just like, you know, whatever happens, happens. I did everything I could. So I can feel content knowing that, you know, I did anything, every, anything and everything I could to get that win and whatever happens, happens, you know, and, and I would be happy for Rose too, because I respect her a lot as a, as an opponent. You're a class act, Carla. Uh, enjoy the victory. Don't let the uh, negative comments get to you. It sounds like you're doing a pretty good job of that already. So well done and uh, enjoy the week. Enjoy everything that comes with this. Uh, it's a pretty amazing story. Very happy for you. And and uh, like I said, it, it bums me out that what is being lost here is your resiliency. Uh, you couldn't have been further away from this moment a few years ago, and you fought, scratched, crawl, crawled your way back. I mean, you did everything possible. <laughs> you won six in a row to get to this point. And let's be honest, at times it looked like they were trying to do everything but give you this this fight. And, and you got it. You forced their hand, and uh, you won fair and square. So it may not have been a highlight reel type of fight, maybe not the first one that you're going to show to someone when – you're telling your grandkids about your career, but a win's a win. <laughs> enjoy the victory. Enjoy the belt. And uh, Mazel Tov on the wedding on Saturday. <laughs> Thanks so much, Ariel. It means a lot. Appreciate it. All right. There she is, the brand new UFC strawweight champion, the one and only Carlos Barza. Six wins in a row. She's not done that in the UFC before. Uh, she's fought a who's who, everyone in the strawweight division. 
And uh, that should really be the story on this Monday. Trust me, I get it. I understand that people might not feel like there is more vitriol being spewed towards Carla and Rose for this fight than when someone, you know, tests positive after a big win for steroids, I feel like. It's crazy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, it was a stinker. All right, it happens. Guess what? Chandler, tremendous knockout. Guess what? Oliveira, tremendous sub. Now, we kind of got screwed on the uh, Lowe's on Cerrone front, and the Shogun fight didn't pan out. And I know I'm kind of saying the same thing about the Shogun fight that I'm saying about the co-main, but I just can't, I can't, I can't boo Shogun Hua. Like, if you've watched Pride back in the day, if you watch his early UFC fight, I just can't boo the guy. I'm sorry, because he gave us one 15-minute snoozer. Can't do it. I'm sorry. And I'm assuming the vast majority of the people in that arena weren't watching, you know, the Pride Grand Prix back in the day. Weren't around in 2004 and 2005. I'm assuming that's the case. All right, great. Do a little research. Look into who this guy is. Look at what he's done for the sport. Look at what he's sacrificed. Look at what his body has been through. Come on. And by the way, I fully acknowledge this may not be the type of MMA commentary that you want. I get it. I've talked a lot about, you know, the pizza, the beer, the Saturday night, the DraftKings, all that stuff. I get it. You may not want this. You may want me to sit here and call that fight uh, a disgrace. You may want me to sit here and say that Shogun needs to retire. You may want me to sit here and say that Tony Ferguson should retire. Although I don't see a lot of that right now. You may want me to sit here and say that Rose is mentally shot and that Pat Barry should be fired from her corner and all that stuff. I don't have it in me. I don't have it in me. I guess, I guess again, it comes back to what these men and women have to do and get through and accomplish and overcome to just get to these moments. And me feeling like once they get there, they're not even getting their fair share. You may not see it connection there, a correlation, I do. And uh it just it does it doesn't sit well. Of course, I will criticize when need be. But I, I didn't feel like the vitriol and the hatred that these two women received was warranted. Wasn't a good fight. All right, fine. The next one was great. Get over it. They're not all going to be great. Guess what? There's another seven hours on Saturday and then another seven hours after that. Chill the F out. Did I ask you about this, GC? Ask me about what? Like, am, am I being a, a snowflake here? About the fight? Yeah, I mean, like, chill out. I didn't think it was great, but, like, I definitely thought the criticism got overblown a little bit. Frank, what do you think? I think we have the next guest ready to go. You didn't even watch it. I was were, working. What were you doing? 
I was working DJing. Uh, I was not DJing. I was engineering. Anyway, <laughs> we have Joe ready to go. We do. All right. Yes. I kind of like this. Can we do a new thing where Frank announces our next guest? Now coming down the aisle, it's Joe Lozon. No. All right. We'll, we'll do it. It's fine. I didn't get a note from Joe. Oh, <laughs> he sent it to the wrong person. Ah. <laughs> Okay, we so were the, sitting here like, why does he keep vamping? All right, so the, the first one I missed. The second one, who did you send it to? Who did you send it to? Shreeny Boss. Wow, Boss. okay, well, at least Shreeny yeah. Boss knows that. By the uh, way, we decided his new nickname is Sloppy Joe. It's not a bad nickname. He's approved it. That's, that's We have Wait, to just like send the other one. We, we're not even going to mention it. What does he like better, Crypto Joe or Sloppy Joe? Sloppy Joe. Don't even use the other one. Have some more Sloppy Joes. I know you kids like them extra sloppy. Lady, you're starting to scare us. I wonder if Joe Lozon knows the uh, the reference. Do you know the reference, Joe? Uh, Adam Sandler song, right? Close. No, I, I don't know, though. That's the only Sloppy Joe no. song I know. Sloppy Joe, slop, Sloppy Joes. That's the slop, song. Sloppy. That's Billy Madison. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, uh, what I quoted was Billy Madison. Okay, okay. You've never All seen right, Billy so Madison? I have, but not in a long fucking time. Oh, it's the best. I watch it every weekend. My favorite. It's a good movie. It is a good it's movie. It's a good movie. Thanks for doing this, Joe. We just spoke on Wednesday, different circumstances. No really sorry that everything went down the way it did. Can I ask you, when did you find out, not that it was off, and maybe it's in the exact same phone call, but that it was in question? So I didn't know anything until 3 p.m. Arizona time. So I was actually sleeping. Wow. Yeah, so I was sleeping. So I I usually don't take a nap, but like all week long, I was like, I was trying to like stay up later and trying to wake up, but I kept waking up at, I'm used to waking up at 5 a.m. with my kids, Yeah, which is like 2 a.m. in Vegas, uh, in, in Arizona. So I was like, I was, I was trying to sleep a little bit later, but every day I'm waking up at like six o'clock or so, which is sleeping in for me, but not that much. And um, so I, I took a nap and I had a, a missed call. I woke up and I had a, a missed call from Sean Shelby. And, but I woke up to my box of coach teammates, like, you were right. So, because I'm like, don't tell me I was right. What was I right about? Don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. Because for two days, I kept saying, like, I had like this gut feeling. I'm like, the fight's not going to happen. What? I just, I have this, I, I've never felt like this before ever. I told, I, I was talking to Craig Basari at, at, at weigh-ins and I'm like, I was telling him, I was telling Steve Mays, I'm like, I feel like this is the stupidest thing. I know Cowboy would show up with a broken leg and fight with a broken leg. But I, just, I get this weird gut feeling that the fight is not going to happen. And I just kept like, I was talking to Passari about it. I was talking to Steve Mays about it. So when I wake, I wake up to Steve Mays being like, you're right. I'm like, don't tell me I'm right. Don't tell me I'm right. He's like, fights off. Cowboy's sick. Oh. Like, Ruins it. Wow. The whole thing was for nothing. Yeah. But what about, like, is just a feeling? Like, what about the week made you feel like this wasn't going to happen? Again, to your point. I can't even imagine how bad this food poisoning was for Cowboy not to show up. The guy would show up with right. no legs. For sure. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I don't I don't know. I mean, he looked I don't know. Even like going back like the two weeks before, I had like this feeling that it wasn't gonna happen. I, but I was more worried about like COVID stuff. I just uh. like I didn't fight for two years because I was so worried about COVID stuff happening. You know, like it's like like I catch COVID or a corner catches COVID. It's like you were traveling, we're flying, you know, it's just like we're in like the worst environment for it. And I don't think COVID is like the biggest deal for most people. I, I think that we would be fine, but for, you know, I could see it scrapping a fight, you know, yeah. being a little sick and whatever. And, um, but then we, we get out there and I, I, I didn't see cowboy. We, I got there on Tuesday. I didn't see him on Tuesday, but I saw him Wednesday morning, like, you know, 8am, 9am, something like that. And he looked rough. Like he just looked like 
he, he looked like, like, well, kind of like a raisin, like just like did not, you could tell he was already kind of miserable. Like he was already dehydrating a little bit. was already like, I'm sure he was on limited food, stuff like that. I could just, you could see it right away. Um, I was like, I just, it got, the, the feeling just got worse. Like, uh. Oh, like I, I think, you know, and then we were like, we were kind of joking, like, oh, ho- hopefully he misses weight. You know, we'll take a piece of his purse and da, 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 you know what I mean? Like, and then he made weight and like, okay, we're good, but I still had this feeling. And then fight doesn't happen. It's like Man. the biggest, like biggest kick in the nuts my entire life. Has that ever happened to you this close? Never, never. You know, and I didn't, and, and I did not think Cowboy would be the guy to pull right. out either. I think it's like, you know, cause he, he steps in on short notice. He would step in on 24 hours notice, you know, whatever. It's just like, um, did not expect it to happen the way it did. So you, you get that phone call. What do you do? Um, I tried to do my best not to cry. Uh, of course I did cry a little bit. Like I was just, I'm so upset because it's like, there's all this effort that's been put in this. You know, like we knew about this fight, like the first week in like February, mm. you know what I mean? So we've been training so hard for so long, all of February, all of March, all of April. You know what I mean? Like it's like a three month camp. Um, we, we really picked up all the stuff like conditioning and stuff before that even happened, just cause you just getting geared up, just, you know, no, we wanted to fight soon. Um, there's so much like I, I blew off a family vacation supposed to take my, my wife on a, on a vacation that we, we scheduled two years ago, but before the pandemic started, right. Wow. Right. We, we we're supposed to leave in April, 2020. Couldn't go because of the, because of COVID put it off all this time, put it off two years. I eventually like I booked the vacation because, okay, I think it's safe. I think I'm not going to fight in the next couple months. Three days later, we get a call. Oh, this is when we want you to fight. Uh, I'm like, now it's like, it's like, it was like just enough time away. Like I probably could have gone on vacation, but it wouldn't have been an enjoyable vacation. Cause I would have been thinking about the fight. Right, right. So like we cancel vacation. I'm like, I promise we'll go right after this fight. And then it gets moved from April 30th to May 7th. Uh, like, all right, well we didn't, we didn't book anything yet. So, but now it's like, what do we do now? Are we going to, are we going to fight in two weeks? Are we going to fight in six weeks? Are we going to fight in four months? Like is the fight going to happen at all? It's just like, there's so many like things thrown up in the air. You know what I mean? I, I try to do everything. Like, I try to control what I can control, right? I couldn't control that Cowboy got sick, but I can control that like my weight cut was good. I can control that I was in shape. I control I was, you know, you know, try to be as healthy as possible. Like we control certain things and and we focus on controlling those things to the best of my ability. Um, but it's a lot of like, there's so much stress that kind of goes into all this stuff of trying to like manage everything, you know? And like, I've been like pretty absent from my gym for the last like three months. You know what I mean? Like I've been, I've been there and I've been teaching some classes I've been training, but I have not really been there. Like I would like to be So like, I've neglected my business for the last three months. It's just mm. like, there's so much stuff that's kind of gone into this. And now it's just like, it's all like, just like, boof, it's just, it's just gone. You oh. know what I mean? And like, I talked to Sean Shelby and um, he's like, Oh, you know, Cowboy's sick. I'm really, really sorry. I know how much this sucks. Uh, he's like, you know, we're going to, we're going to try and schedule it again in six weeks. We'll get your rebooks. And I'm like, that doesn't really help me that much. Like, it's like, it doesn't like, it's easy to say that. Like, and I understand like from Sean Shelley's perspective, like he's just, he has to shift all these fights. He loses fights. He has to shift them. He has to, you know, make adjustments. I, I totally understand that. Um, but it's like, it's such like a big, like my entire life is revolved around this. I know like some people are not like as uh, focused as, as others, you know, I am like, I could not be more focused. Like everything re- in my entire life revolved around this. And then it just gone it's just not happening now man it sucks uh did you uh did you even go to the fight i went to the fight that it did pretty much drag me kicking and screaming though oh. like I, I didn't want to go because like the entire time like we're going it's just like i should i should be in there yeah. i should be i should be warming up right now i should be like we we're watching like the first the first you know fight of the of the main car walking out like this should be me this should be me getting greased this should be you know what i mean like it's just like 
uh, it just like they, they showed, they showed, uh, there's a clip of me. I think I was sitting beside, I was sitting between Gilbert, uh, Gilbert Burns and Kamaru. And like, I was beside Gilbert and I think it was right after the, 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 the knockout, the Michael Chandler knockout on 21st. And, and I'm like squinting. And it's like, I just, you can just tell I'm miserable. And I didn't even like, I was, I was watching the fights, but I wasn't really watching the fights. It yeah. just kind of like, just like sitting there being miserable. And like, I'm trying to see what even happened. It just like, I don't know, just not, not the best night. You would all. rather just go home. I, I honestly, when they first told me about it, I started like looking up flights about trying to just fly home like ASAP. Right. Like I can just get home, see my kids in the morning. You know, like I, I, I we go home, like we landed like 8 PM last night, East coast time. Mm-hmm. So like, I didn't get to see my kids until this morning. And like, but I was like, if I fly home <laughs> Saturday afternoon, I can be home Sunday morning. And I get just like, I was just so miserable. It sucks. Um, could I ask you get paid? so I, I think they, so I talked to them and they're like, at first it's like, kind of like, Oh, we're going to talk on Monday. We're going to figure it out. And then, but I just, I kept like, I just, like I talked to Sean Shelby for a while. I just kind of kept hammering home. Like how much this sucked. And I think that they're going to give me my show money and they're going to, and I'll get the venom money. So I'll get like, I think my show money is 74. So I'll get 74 and I'll get 21. Okay. So I mean, I'll make, I'll make, but honestly, it's like, I didn't even get the chance. I could have not trained and shown up and got kicked in the face. And made $95,000. It wasn't about that. It was about like, I want to get that win money. I want to get that bonus money. It could have been, it could have easily been a $250,000, $230,000 weekend. Like, you know, very, very easily, especially the fights weren't great on the card. We right. could have easily had a fight of the night. You know what I mean? Like we could have easily had performance bonuses. Like there could have been, there's so many ways it could have been, it could have been a $300,000 weekend, like, like that. And now it's like, you know, to go get like, it's great to go and get, you know, like I'm, I'm super thankful for the UFC. Like, you know, like they could have told me, Hey, no, we're going to rebook it in, you know, six weeks. And you know, we're, we're going to give you 10 grand for now and whatever, you know what I mean? Like it's, um, you know, so I'm super happy. I'm super grateful. They're giving me my show money, but it's still, it's just kind of a, it's still a bummer. Not to be a stickler, but can I just make the case that you deserved all the money because that money was allotted to go to someone. So they don't have to, I, so, and I, you know what and I mean? I think I think they're. I'm, I still I think that's still possible in the air. I'm, like nothing is set in stone. They haven't wired anything to me yet. I'm still going to talk to them. I know they were meeting today, so I will talk to them after. I'm definitely going to make a case that like like, I, like Cowboy's money. I don't know if what's going on, but Cowboy did not make weight. I hope he gets something. I hope he gets something. But he's the reason that the fight didn't happen. So like, give me what, don't maybe don't give him the full amount, but give me my give me my win money. Yeah, you know. One of you was going to get that, right? Like the fight, like yeah. no, no one returned their tickets because it was too late. The card was about to start. It's not like they lost yeah. any money off this fight falling yep. through. Um, so I'm still, I'm still hopeful that's going to happen. That I'm still going to get my win money. I'm, but I don't know that for sure. Um, I'm going to talk to, I'm, I'm going to reach out to them today and try and you know figure out what's going on. But I want to give them a chance. It's weird because East Coast were three hours ahead. Yeah, so it's like 11 a.m. They're right. probably meeting early afternoon or whatever. Uh, the, so. the one part that I can't quite like relate to, and I don't think any of us normal people can relate to, is the like the anxiety, the buildup of, of you going out to fight. You know, like you're a caged animal, and you just want that release, and now you don't get that release. Can you even describe what that feeling is like? So the, the biggest thing is like obviously everyone wants to win. No one wants to lose a fight, right? But I can't like if you haven't done that, I can't like it's it's very hard to understand like the relief you feel just having it be over. Yeah. Right. It doesn't like, obviously you want to win. It sucks when you lose, but even when you lose, there's such relief that's there because you're, you're not like literally for the last like three months. And honestly, the last like two years, you know, just not knowing if I'm going to fight again, maybe I am, maybe I'm not just not knowing what's going to go on. Uh, but then like three months ago, it becomes real. Okay. We're fighting. We're doing this. Let's go. And then, 
now it's like, okay, we have like this buildup. It's like this slow, like build up, build up, build up, build up, build up, build up. You know, we make weight. He makes weight. The fights, it's looking good. Everything's looking great. We have like, uh, we worked out on Friday after the weigh-ins. We worked out Saturday morning. Uh, you know, the, the day of the fight, you know, took a nap, we had our coaches meeting, did everything. Like we're just, and all I keep telling myself is eight o'clock tonight. It's all over eight o'clock tonight. It's all over, you know, just because like win or lose, obviously I want to win. I've done everything I can to win. I've, I've positioned myself as perfectly as I possibly can to win on this date on this night. And now it just doesn't even happen. There's like, there's no resolution. Mm. It's like, you're watching like the best movie you've ever seen in your entire life. You get to the last 10 minutes and you, the, the theater loses power. So it's just like, it's just over. Like, you don't know. How's it end? Don't know. How are you going to find out? Can you figure out? Can you talk to a friend? Nope. You don't know. That was it. It's over. It's it, just like, is, it sucks. Is your goal to fight like next week or now do you, do you need a mental break? I, I don't even know what I want to do. Right. So yeah. that's like, that's the hard part. Like, you know, it's, um, there's a show at the apex in two weeks. Then there's a show. Uh, but you don't in, want to fight at the apex, uh, right? I don't, but at this point I want to fucking fight. Yeah. Like I've done all this work. You know what I mean? Like, um, you don't want to I go would, to Singapore, you know, I rather, right? I'd, I'm not going to Singapore. Right. Um, you know, but like there's a show in two weeks at the apex and then there's a show in six weeks in Austin, Texas. Right. Right. Um, I know I talked to cowboy though. Cause again, it's weird too, because like, we're not like, like I'm, I'm texting with cowboy. Like I text him and say, how, how are you doing? He said, he's doing better. You know, it's, you know, it's whatever. Um, you know, so I just asked him, like, I don't have to, like, I don't have to talk to Sean Shelby right. and see, Oh, what did cowboy say? What do we think about this? Like, I'm just, I'm just going to text Donald. We go right to him. Hey, what are you thinking? What, what, what's, you know, they're talking about rebooking us, you know, in Austin in six weeks, you know, is that something you want to do? Something you don't want to do? And he's like, Oh, I'm, 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 I'm doing a movie from, I think it's like, he's got to be in Thailand from like May 27th, uh, like the day after that, like June 20th or something like that. So it's like, so that, he's going to check and see how that works. You know, maybe he could train in Thailand for that and train out there and do, but that sucks too. Cause now you're, you're doing a movie and you're trying to train on the side and just, how does that, it's just, that's not ideal either. Um, and it's six more weeks of conditioning, six more weeks of everything, which sucks. Um, two weeks. I mean, that would be nice, but how is that going to be? If I had food poisoning, I, I would not want to fight in two weeks. Right. You know what I mean, he, I'm sure he feels much better right now, but you know, and then, how is he going to be like, I'm sure he's not being super strict on his diet right now. If he had food poisoning, he's trying to do whatever he can to get everything back in. Do you, are you, are you ready to try and kill yourself to make 55 again in two more weeks? Like I had an easy cut. I'm not, I'm not looking forward to making 55 in two weeks. I'm also not looking forward to fighting him at a heavier weight because sure. he's so big. I feel um, like his days of 55 are over. I thought he was going to have a hard time making 55 and, and he, he was there and, and, and I've talked to some people, you know, I talked to, uh, you know, some of his guys are with him and, and they said that his cut actually was not that bad. Um, you know, he just, he, he looked rough, but he was, it actually wasn't that bad. So I don't know, you know, um, you know, like, is this going to happen again? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I'm sure, I'm sure he ate something that it didn't agree with the stomach, right? That's why he's throwing up. I, I totally get that. Um, I, I did not have a bad weight cut, but my stomach still didn't feel great on Saturday morning. Like it doesn't like, I wasn't sick. I definitely wasn't sick. Like he was, but like, you, know, you you don't put food in your in your body for a while and then you try to put in a lot of food slowly, but you try to put in the weight, but something just doesn't agree with it a little bit. It's just gonna kind of mess it up and then it's harder to put more food in there. It's just it's hard. So it's like, is he ready to go and do that in two more weeks? Is is this gonna happen again? Like I I I don't know. I don't think anyone knows. It just it's so up in the air. It's just it's so hard to kind of plan for and, and account for and it just sucks. Uh, by the way, speaking of uh, cutting weight and all that, I saw your video blog and I love the fact that you still do these after all these years, same yeah. format and everything from like the old, you know, Palm Spike yep. TV days. Um, 
Do you have any insight on this weight scale controversy? Did someone, do you see any of this? You know, I'm talking about the Charles Oliveira stuff. Did you hear, because some coaches were hitting me up and saying like someone did mess up with it, but I don't only so two I people think, miss weight. So again, I, I control everything I can, Yeah. right? I have a, a, a good scale right now. So I have like $130 scale, right? It's not the most expensive scale. It's a portable one. We take it with us to every single thing. It doesn't have to be calibrated. You know, it's whatever, but it's, but it's a nice scale. It's not like a $30, you know, bathroom right. scale I got at Walmart, right? It's, it's, it's like a $130 scale. Um, we take that in every single fight trip. You'll see in every single video, go back and watch the video blogs. I check my weight on their scale. And then I put my scale beside it and I check. So my scale is pretty much always like a half pound lighter than their scale. when We check early in the week and then it's pretty much always dead on at the end of the week. Huh. Right. So I think what happens is I think that they calibrated just like a, a little bit on the, the heavier side at the beginning of the week when they check everyone in. And then it's, it's, it's calibrated more dead on, um, on for, you know, for fight day and everything else. So I heard, I have no idea. I heard that Charles Oliveira's camp was the one that was kind of messing with, I heard like the kilos and, and pounds thing and they were messing with the scale or they were trying to change it um, when they were checking or that they were the ones that were messing with things. I have no idea. I just, I heard the, I heard the rumor. I talked to, when we were um, waiting for the ceremonial weigh-ins, I was in the, in the room and like, you know, we'd all wait in already in the morning and waiting around. And a lot of the fighters were all saying that this, there was a big difference in the scale from like uh, four or 5 AM when they woke, cause everyone's on kind of on different time zones a little bit. Right. A lot of people were up early. So they're checking their weight at like 5 AM and then they were good. And then when they came back to check at eight, they were off. They didn't drink anything, but they were like, they were much heavier, hmm. you know, pound, pound and a half heavier. Um, so the UFC had calibrated something or, you know, between. So I, I think I saw you tweeted about my thing. Like, so I was 155.2 when I checked in and then I was 155.5 when I officially weighed in. Yeah. Right. I saw you put like, Oh, how is this different? Well, I was different because I weighed in with my shorts on. So when I did the official, when I did like the, the, um, the unofficial early check-in, I was in just my boxes. I was 155.2. Right. And I even went to the point of like, I was 155.2. I weighed myself like holding a water bottle to see how much I could get, like how much water I could drink to still be under 156, just in case. Like I didn't yeah. need to, but just in case, like if I got really, really thirsty, I can drink this much water and I know that I'm safe. So I did that. I ended up not even drinking any water cause I was okay. Um, and, but then I, I knew I was light. So then when we got up to the scale, I just, I, I left my shorts on, got you it. know? Okay. Um, so, but that, that was why I was different. I went from 55.2 to 55.5. Okay. okay. And I'm not buying into yeah. the conspiracy stuff. Like, you know, you got to figure it out. My question to you is just curious, your weight class, you've been in this game so freaking long. How do you feel about him getting stripped for 0. 0.5? Um, I think it sucks, but I mean, how, what, what do you do? How do you go and make, how do you go and make an exception for that? Right. It's like, it's, this is, you know, that you're supposed to make 55 on the nose. Like, I don't know when they check their weight. You know, they could have checked their weight at 5 a.m. and then just not worried about it, right? But, like, you know, I think you have to be ready. You have to be ready to make an adjustment. Like, if I was if I was half pound over, I would have made the extra weight. Like, yeah. and I, I was not super dehydrated. You know, like, maybe this is this is a cautionary tale to don't be so freaking big. Don't have such hard weight cuts. This is, this is the reality of it. You know, you want to be as big as you can, but it's too big. You know, like, if, if you're, you know, you need to be, kind of be ready for that. So, like, I started talking about the scale. I have my good scale. I know what my scale is going to be. I, I have my scale with me the entire week. I check it. I check my weight four or five times a day. I'm checking my weight nonstop. I check my weight five times from when I woke up until I actually stepped on the scale. You know what I mean? Like I knew exactly where I was. Yeah. 4 a.m. I woke up. I checked my weight. I peed. I checked my weight. I pooped. I checked my weight. Uh -huh. I peed again. I checked my weight. You know what I mean? Like I just, I checked my weight all the time. I went down and, you know, checked on their scale. I checked my weight. You know, like, it's just like, that's what you do. Like, you know, like, um, 
you know, they, they were posting, I think like on Thursday night saying they were on weight, yeah. which is, which is, is awesome. I'm like, that's what I try to do. I try to get like, so I went to bed at like 50, I think I went to bed at 56.6 on Thursday night. Right. And, um, you know, like I, I, I was confident I was going to sleep it off, but when I woke up at 4am, I checked my weight. I knew where I was. I knew I was good. Wasn't worried about it. You know, like I, I don't just like you don't check your weight like oh I'm good and then never check it again. Right, right. You no, check of it course. nonstop. You, you, make, but you, you know, so it's like you've been there where the dudes are like, Oh, you're good, boom. Like there's there's some quick guys on the scale, right? And the the dude in Arizona, again, he's doing his job, but he was a freaking stickler, right? You you know how so this everyone's so this is how I think and so again, um I've been around, I'm I'm very familiar with how the the scales work and everything yeah. like that. If I know a guy has to be one fifty five and it's a title fight. Then I set the, the, the thing right at 155. Mm-hmm. He's good or he's not. Right. If he's 155 on the nose and he's heavier, then he's not good. If he's 155 on the nose and it's, it's saying he's lighter, then he's good. It doesn't matter. You can say whatever, you know. I think what happens is a lot of times, um, but now for me, I fight at 155. You know, I could be 156. Right. So that, that guy should have put the scale at 156. Mm-hmm. And then he knows, okay, I'm good or I'm not good. Yeah. You know, so but what happens is they put it at 155 on the nose. And then he like he starts tapping it a little bit. He puts yeah. it up to like fifty six. Like oh, he brings it back. Yeah. It's just like it's just guys that they don't do it all the time. They don't right. know. So that that's kind of what's. But that's how it should be done. Okay, if I'm fighting at fifty five and I have the pound allowance, he should start with the scale at fifty six. Right. If I'm heavier, I'm not good. If I'm lighter, it, what, what's it matter? It doesn't matter from fifty five point two, fifty five point four, fifty five on the nose. Like I'm good or I'm not. You know, and I think that's more like a the commission runs out. I think they just don't they don't they don't deal with it as often as we do. They don't understand like as often as we do. It's not as important most of the time, but that's, I think that's how it should be done. Yeah. I think Ratner does that. I think Ratner knows who's walking up. He puts it on that spot and, and then he moves along. I've just seen so many, it's hard for like two pounds over three pounds over. I get it. But man, 0.5, you know, there's human error involved. We've seen a ton of times where guys are up there and it's like, boom, all right, you're good. The rules, the rules we play by. You know what I mean? Like if I was, if I was, you know, if Cowboy was 56.2. Yeah. I'm like, go to the sauna. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, give me that. You know what I mean? Like, I think they find guys 30%. I don't know what Cowboy gets, but I'm sure he's showing money. He's over 200 grand. That half a pound is, you know, $60,000. Sure. Why, yes, why, why don't they use the digital scale then? Wouldn't that make it so much I easier? Think, I think the digital scale is hard to calibrate. I think like the triple the triple balance scale yeah. is easier for them to calibrate like that. I think it's, it's you can't really calibrate digital scale. If it gets banned, it gets bumped. It's, you know, if it's not perfectly level, it's, it's hard. I think the, the, the balance scale is easier to calibrate. So for you, you sit back and now you're just going to wait. You you don't know if you're going to come back in two weeks, three weeks. You don't know if it's going to be Cerrone. You don't even really know what you're going to get paid. You've got a lot of questions right now. A lot of questions, a lot of questions. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll wait till like, you know, tonight, like I'll probably give it like another four hours or so. And then I'll, I'll text Sean Shelby trying to find out what's going on. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm hoping that they come back and give me the show and the win money. Um, I'm confident they'll give me at least the show money. Um, I think I get the venom money regardless because I, I did everything yeah. as far as that part goes, like I, I wore it all week and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but I, I don't know. No. And like, I'm definitely like, if they're willing to do it in Austin, like if they're going to do it in two weeks, uh, I'm definitely in even in six weeks, I'm sure I'll be in like, I, it would be hard for me to say no. Um, if they, if they come back, like I hear they're coming to Boston, like this fall, like August, September or something like that. Like that would be nice to fight on that card, but that would also be like a huge kick in the nuts. Oh. I feel like, Oh, you did this entire three month camp. You focus on cowboy and now we're going to do it another four, you know, four months or something yeah, like that. Yeah. That would, that would be pretty crappy. Um, at that point I'd have to really think about it. Like I would love to fight in Boston, but at the same time I'd have to really think about it a little bit more. Um, but I, I just, I don't know. And you are no going to fight again, right? You're not done. 
I think so. I mean, I don't even, I don't even know now. Like it's like, you can't retire like I, this. I literally, I literally had two and a half years where I didn't fight because I was worried the fight was going to cancel last minute. And then like my biggest fear came true. You know what I mean? Like that's like the entire thing. It's like, I think I have so much anxiety going forward now. Yeah. Like, so there's a chance you might not fight again. I don't know. I have no idea. Wow. No idea. How, how shitty is it to have it go out like that though? No, you know what I mean? you, like you won't, you won't let it. Was there a chance that you win on Saturday? You were done. Uh, I mean, there was a chance if I went out there and Cowboy kicked me in the face and, yeah. and you know, like, I'm not going to put my wife to that again. Yeah. Like yeah. I told, that's the big thing. I told my wife, like, I will not like if there might be maybe one more where I get, you know, I get beat up, but if that happens, that will be the end. You know what I mean? Like that's just, cause I get it. I mean, like my gym's doing great. Uh, I'm, I'm doing great at my gym. I, I love my gym. I love training. I love teaching classes. Like some people are like, Oh, it's not for them. Like I love teaching classes. Um, like I teach like the six, nine year old kids. Yeah. Like, I, like I, I teach adult classes. Like, um, I, I really love that part of it all. Uh, I like running the business. You know, like I love playing video games, right? I'm like, Oh, like I should treat my business. Like it's a video game and I should try to make as much money as I can and make it as successful as possible. Like, Oh no, I'm going to go play. I'm going to go, go play Minecraft instead or something stupid. You know, it's like, no, of course I'm going to, I'm going to focus on the, on the gym. So, but I've kind of neglected the last couple months. So that's the other thing. It's like, okay, like, well now like the gym is like kind of the long-term, yeah. the long-term like thing that's going to drive my life, my career. You know, am I going to go and neglect that for another three months, four months? It's like, I'm going to miss seven, eight months over there. You know what I mean? It's like, I need to kind of, I'm going to need to prioritize that a little bit. So I don't know. I know a lot of questions, well, too many questions. Get, yeah. That's why it would have been nice if the fight, you know, regardless of how the fight went, win or lose, I would have way more information sure. on what's going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just don't know now. I hope you get those answers soon. Appreciate the chat, Hopefully. Joe. Uh, really no sorry problem. this went down this way, but I hope it all works out for you. And, and hopefully this isn't the end, but could understand why you would want to uh, call it. It will be fine. No matter what happens, I will handle it. We'll, we'll make the best of the situation. Like we will be totally fine. Yeah. Uh, it just, it just sucks kind of being like kind of stuck in like yeah. in between of like not really knowing what's going on. Much respect. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. There he is. Joe Lozon. Real bummer of a situation for everyone involved. Obviously you never want to hear about anyone getting sick. And uh, again, I can't even imagine how sick he was. I spoke to his manager a little bit. He said it was really bad. Um, only really felt it Saturday morning. Only really felt it Saturday morning, amazingly. And uh, just know what, like we all know who Cowboy Cerrone is, right? We all know who this man is. We know how tough he is. We know how game he is. Think about how sick he must have been to pull out on the day of the fight. Because we have heard... You know, sometimes he hasn't felt good. He hasn't felt right. And we've heard about the mental side of the game. We've heard about the Leon Edwards story and the Connor story and all that. But at this juncture, must have been pretty damn sick. I do think there's a case to be made, a strong case to be made. Give Joe Lozon his full show and uh, win money. Come on. That money was allotted to someone. Someone was getting that money. Someone was out there. You know, like... It, it, you break it down, there's a budget. You know how much this show's going to cost. You know if this guy wins, it's going to be this. You know if that guy... Give the guy his money. Right? I mean, give the guy his money. So he said, what did he say, 74? So 74 times 2 is what? 148? Sold out, 15th in a row. They're on fire. UFC is on fire. There was once a time when the UFC was on a big card... And I, you know, I use lists on Twitter. You guys know what lists are? This week on The Gray Area, Professor Diana Posulka and I tackle one of life's biggest questions. Are we alone in the universe? 
what would it take for you to step off the agnostic ledge and say, yeah, aliens are real? Is it a spacecraft landing on the White House lawn? Well, something that was anomalous in 1952 did fly over the White House. And that's one of those cases that is still weird. (laughs) That's This Week on the Gray Area, available wherever you get your podcasts. You guys know Alyssa? Frank, you know Alyssa? Sorry, someone texted me. No. No? All right. Um, One second. And I, I have lists, like, you could break things down. MMA, I have a list for that. I have a Knicks list. I have a Buffalo Bill. Like, you could just kind of streamline your tweets. Yeah, you described this on on the nose ones. Yes. So there was once a time where there was a big UFC, and I would go to my general sports list. I would go to my sports media list. I would go to my general news list. I would go to my basketball list. And I would be like, I wonder if anyone's talking about this. And I remember Bill Simmons was usually the gauge. Like if Bill Simmons was talking about it, it was a big card. And more often than not, if I'm being honest, people weren't talking about it. I'm talking about seven years ago, eight, like the mainstream sports media, the mainstream um, sports stars, not the MMA bubble that we live in. And now, and so more often than not, even if it was a big one, unless it was Connor or someone like that, they weren't talking about it. Now, Everyone's talking about it. Every pay-per-view, it feels like everything is UFC. Everything is UFC. All the tweets are UFC. Everything. It's crazy. It's crazy how big the sport has become. It's an amazing thing. It's amazing to see how far it has come. You see The Rock tweeting about it. You see Lil Wayne tweeting about it. You see all these superstars. You see all the media. People that you're like, wow, I didn't know that guy was an MMA fan. I didn't know that guy was a UFC fan. That girl was a UFC fan. It's pretty damn crazy. Sport has come a freaking long way. And you still have guys like Joe Lozon out there doing his video blogs like it's 2009. You got to love it. I feel for him. I really do. Imagine being that close to the end and then this happens and then you got to take a step back and... Bummer. Anyway, one of the uh, other big pieces of news. So shout out to my good friend, Daniel Cormier. It was announced on uh, Saturday that he is going into the Hall of Fame this year, part of the 2022 class. So it's going to be Duho Choi and Cub Swanson, their fight. It's going to be Khabib Nurmagomedov, and it's going to be DC, my guy, my old friend. Maybe I'll have to show up there. Maybe I'll just show up in disguise in the back, and then I'll, I'll waltz right out there. Who knows? But uh, it was a great moment. And I know there was a lot of emotion involved. Uh, you know, it's it's Mother's Day weekend, and uh, his mom passed away not that long ago, and he wanted his family to be there. So, you know, much love to DC and uh, really, really happy for him. So that big piece of news was announced, and we also found out that uh, Jared Kananir and Israel Adesanya going to be the headliner for International Fight Week. Without further ado, let us say hello to the killer gorilla himself, Mr. Jared Kananir. What's up, Jared? How are you? I'm doing good, Ari. How you been, man? I'm doing really well. Congratulations on getting the title fight finally. When did you find out that this was official? Well, I signed the contract. Uh, I signed the contract Saturday, last Saturday. Okay. So um, I knew. <laughs> and, you know, I got the offer, I think, maybe a week or two prior to that. So um, I knew. My coaches knew. My team knew. Um 
it's it became really official when I signed the contract. That's only when it's official for me when I sign contract and you know put my name and put my mark on a piece of paper. So right. And by the yeah. way, uh, the one week b- between finding out about it and signing it, any particular reason why a week went by? I think they were waiting to uh, announce it at the pay per view for the pay uh, the pay per view oh, this last Saturday. Okay, yeah. that was it. Um, when you got the offer after all this time in the sport. And, you know, are you going to get it? Are you not going to get it? All that stuff. Like when you got the offer, when you signed it, when it became a reality, what did that feel like? Uh, much like any other contract, really? to be honest. Um, this is a title yeah, fight. You know, yes, it's a title fight. And um, it's a fight against, you know, arguably the best striker, best, the best, you know, all that, all that stuff. But I don't want to, you know, put all extra weight on this thing. You know, I approach a fight, I think, the way I approach a fight is good enough to fight somebody, you know what I'm saying? So um, to fight to the best of my ability, I don't really need all the extra pressure. It's all good. Don't get me wrong. I am uh, elated. I am excited to be in this position, but I don't want to waste extra energy on being excited. I want to waste energy on getting prepared um, physically and mentally. So um, that's where I'm at right now. I'm sort of like in what they call it – Warrior mode, if you will. I get it. I get it. Can, can I ask, was there any doubt in your mind? Like after your last win and after he wins all in the span of, you know, a couple of months um, or n- not even, no, same card. Sorry. Uh, but like it, it's, since then, it's been a couple of months. Yeah. Any doubt in your mind that it wasn't going to go to you, that they were going to go in a different direction? I wouldn't say so. Um, there's always the, the, as the possibility, but Given the climate of the division, there wasn't, there's was nobody. Like yeah. I said in the octagon, there's nobody else. So there was a few uh, news articles trying to name this person or that person, but it just didn't, it didn't, didn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Not, not at the current time. Um, I make sense. You know, I put in the work. Nobody else put in the work. I did that. So um, thankfully, the UFC operates. According to merit, you know what I'm saying? You do good, you get you get rewarded for it. So Sure. Sometimes. Um I did my job, you know what I'm saying? So I'm in I'm right where I'm supposed to be. By the way, you have any kind of relationship with Izzy? Um not personally, you know what I'm saying? Um I'm a fan of him. I watch his I like his style, I like I learn from watching him fight, you know what I'm saying? I learn from watching everybody fight, you know. So um, we just have a few things in common. He's a striker. I'm a striker. You know, uh, he's black. I'm black. You know, um, <laughs> wow, that's good. Yeah. I missed that one. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, but for me, when I'm watching the sport, when I'm watching, especially the sport that I compete in. You know, when I'm watching other individuals compete doing the same thing that I'm doing, I'm trying to learn as much as I can um, so I don't have to, one, so I don't have to make the mistakes that these other fighters are making, and two, so I can um, try to upgrade myself, not necessarily copy what I see other people doing, but um, pick up techniques, learn how to do techniques a different way, a better way uh, if possible. So um, for me, it's all about, you know, improving myself, and um, when I see guys who are really good at what they do shit man i'm watching right i'm trying to learn as much as i can 
But when you were in Houston with him, I'm trying to experience as much as I can, you know. So in in Houston, did you guys talk at so, all? Did you did you run into each other? Yeah, I saw him at weigh-ins. Um, I think I saw him in the hallway before that, but I think he was doing something. He was on his way somewhere, and I was on my way somewhere, so we didn't like sit and chat or anything. Um, but uh, we saw each other at weigh-ins, and um, I can't remember exactly what he said. I'm really bad at recall, but he said something along the lines, "Good, get in there, handy business, handle them, so we can, you know, so we can fight." Essentially, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's what I'm there to do anyway. So <laughs> I did that. And um, he's a man of, like I said before in other interviews, you know what I'm saying? Uh, he's a man of his word. Um, he signed on the he signed on the dotted line himself. So it's all good in, my, in the hood. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, he's actually been like kind of championing your cause over the, the years and campaigning for you to get in there and wanting to test himself against you. So I'm sure that, you know, there's, there's a level of respect there. Um, that I'm sure you can appreciate. Uh, overall, like his last fight on the same card as you, so you got a good look at him. You say that you're a fan of his. Uh, would I mean, safe to assume this will be the toughest fight of your career? Is that the way you view it? Um, it's a safe assumption to make, but you know. Uh, what movie was that from? Under Siege 2, I think the bad guy said, assumption is the mother of all fuck-ups. Okay. So... I'm not really going to assume anything. Like I said before, I want to make it easy. Easy out of science. That's what I want. Uh-huh. I ain't trying to go in there and have no war with this man where he goes in and kick, kicks me into pieces and, and touches me up, dances around on me, and uh, you know what I'm saying? And has the best night of his life again. Hell no. I'm trying to have the best light, night of my life. You know, so um, it would be nice to do it without him sustaining uh you know, five rounds of damage because I do plan on doing damage and I'm getting really good at doing damage, especially on people who, uh, anyway, especially on uh, uh, people. <laughs> what, what were you going to say? What were you going to say? I don't want to give away my game plan or anything oh, okay. like that, what I All plan right. on doing, what I'm, uh, what I'm expecting to see in this fight. So I'm not going to, I don't want to say too much. So I'm going to back away from that All one right, right fair there. Enough, fair enough. But I will say that I am, uh, um, I will say that I'm putting my mind to the task. I'm seeing things. I'm playing with different uh, concepts and formulas. I'm upgrading old concepts, upgrading old formulas, reinventing myself, becoming a better version of myself, preparing myself for arguably, you know, uh, assumably the best, uh, hardest fight of my career. Uh, So... And I appreciate the fact that you you don't want to give away too much. You know, that that wouldn't be... uh... That wouldn't be smart. Um, he is a very unique guy, unique striking style, very dynamic on his feet. Are you bringing in anyone to mimic him in the next couple of months? Um, I've been asked a few times by a couple of my coaches, um, Crouch, uh, a few of my striking coaches, and it's a, a good idea. You know, I'm, I'm all for it. You know what I'm saying? I'm down. I'm down, you know, um, but... I'm not saying, hey, we need to bring in somebody to throw this and do that. I feel like we have everything. I feel like I have everything I need at the MMA lab in Phoenix, Arizona, that <clears throat> to get prepare me for this fight. Yes, it would be better if I could find someone six foot tall with an 80-inch reach who's really good at kickboxing and all that good stuff. Absolutely. But um <clears throat> I don't know, man. I'm just I'm confident in my skills. I'm confident in my ability to go in there 
and do to him what I've done to any and everybody who steps in front of me. You know, um, the fight is the fight. The fight will go how the fight goes. I'm doing my best to make it go in my favor. He's doing his best to make it go in his favor. And in turn, I'm doing my best to turn all that around. Everything he does, is, I, I, want, I want it to be null and void. I want him to feel hopeless, like all my techniques are not working. My techniques are exposing me. I can't do anything, coach. What, what should I do? You know, it's going to be, that's what I want. The commentary, I want everybody seeing like, oh, seeing that, oh, what's going on here? And of course, they're going to be uh, uh, um, their attention is going to be on him, you know. But eventually, people will start seeing what I'm doing. Mm. You know, what I'm saying how I'm doing it. Um, you were at the fight on Saturday, and uh, there's this clip that has gone viral. Have you seen this clip of you at the fight? <laughs> you're yeah, at, I've seen it. You're you're at the fight. Here it is. I was there. Yeah, I know. I don't know <laughs> I if you knew there. that it went viral. <laughs> it's uh, from Funkmaster Aljamain Sterling. <laughs> He's going crazy. He's lit. It seems like Molly McCann is on fire over there. Patty's having a great time. And you're just sitting there, arms crossed, like looking like you'd rather be anywhere else in the world. Can you tell us what is going on in your mind as that as that moment is playing out? Well, we were in, I believe it was a fight intermission. I can't remember what fight we were in between. But um <clears throat> I'm waiting. I'm there to watch the fights, you know. I'm there to watch the circus, not be a part of the circus. <laughs> um, no offense to uh, anybody involved. I respect each and every one of my uh, my cohorts. Um, I just be. I'm doing me, man. They're they're doing them, and that's me. I'm I'm staying in my uh, I'm staying in my zone. I'm staying in my energy. I'm protecting my energy. I, I really don't like being surrounded by a lot of people who I don't know. Who I'm not familiar with, who I don't trust. Um, I guess it's a stigma I picked up from the army. I, I don't like being around a lot of people. Okay, but um, but yeah, um, that's just me. You know, it's not like I'm anti-social. It's not like I was sitting there grouchy, grumpy. People making that assumption. You know, I had a neutral look on my face. You know, um, I noticed the camera was right there. You know, people see the camera and they start acting all kinds of ways. You know, um, with that artificial eye watching them, people act all kinds of ways. I don't, I'm not really, uh, like I said, I'm not there to be a part of the circus. I'm there to watch. I was there to watch some fights. I'm there to learn, be right there, right. I was right there, front line and center, right there. I was able to project myself very easily into these fights. I was uh, tensing up and moving and I was, I was watching fights. So, um, that's what I was doing. Everybody else was having a good time, which is fine because I was too. My, but um, but that's me, man. I'm not I'm not a big party animal or any, anything like that. I'm certainly not drinking at this point in time, especially not drinking beer or, right. or hard liquor. But um, were you annoyed? I don't know. Were you like, hey, man? No. Can, can these guys get away from me? Here? No, no. They were they were rowdy, man. Especially. Uh, Especially Molly, man. Yeah, she's cool. They're they're all cool. I have no qualms with any of them. All right, you know cool. what I'm saying? Um, so, uh, but you know, they was doing them. They was doing them, and I can't hate them. I ain't finna sit here and judge nobody based off of doing what they do, based off of their upbringing and experiences. Shit, they have every right to do what they want to do, as long as they ain't hurting nobody or or impede nobody else from doing what they do. They can do whatever the hell they want to do. Um, 
So, but Molly, she was getting a little rad. Every time I look up at the screen, I kept seeing her drink hovering above our heads <laughs> oh, and no. stuff. And oh, no. Yeah, man, me and my wife, we got some, we got a little bit of beer on the back of us, but oh, uh, no biggie. It's all, it's all good. They didn't pour like a whole, they didn't douse us, you know what I'm saying? I guess we got spritzed a little bit every now and then. Oh, my. But no biggie, you know what I'm saying? Um, you sitting there with your arms crossed was good. just like a funny, you know, visual compared to how they were, you know what I mean? Yeah, but my wife had gotten up and left, and I was just sitting there. And then, um, <laughs> you know, the camera came, and people started acting like they were acting for the camera. And I was like, "Shit, I'm in my this is my yeah. zone right here." <laughs> so, I feel you. I feel you. By the way, yeah. I I saw another when clip. the king when the king is in when the king is amongst his commoners. You know, you don't. You know. Respect, respect. There's a distinct, there's a, there's a distinction. I, I feel you, I feel you. Uh, that video on your Instagram of you doing the thing around the thing here, you know, you got like the, you got the, we're showing right now, there's like a big bowl and you've got like a stick. Yeah. What what are you getting from that? What is that doing for you when you're doing that? Well, um, <laughs> well, uh, I mean, I can explain it to everybody, Please. but I would rather tell people to go out and look it up for themselves. You know, there's oh. a lot of different, a lot of different um, uses for, um, it's just energy work, essentially. You know, everything is energy, vibrations, air, vibrations of air molecules, things like that is energy. Um, crystals are energy. Um, and it's just energy work. I don't really want to go into it too much. But I talk about this shit every time, and people are like, "Oh, this, oh, I this, love it." This, and worshiping, worshiping crystals. All right, but um, I think it's great. It's all good, you know. It's it's my thing. I still, yeah, it's all good. I, I you know, I dabble in, in a bunch of different things. I'm not really too into too into into anything in particular, and I try to stay away from a lot of different things because a lot of it has been taken and spoiled and corrupted and used in other different ways. So um, I'm not like no, uh, some new age guru or anything like that. You know, I'm just finding different ways to make this experience that we call life better. So I found that using crystals, um, helping, helping, helping myself to harness my mental energies, my, um, and all those other things, um, changing my perspective to what I want it to be, whether people think is right or wrong, it doesn't matter because they're not the ones having this experience I am. So um, I'm just here doing me. That's basically it. Um, I think a lot of people after the Jan Bohovic fight say the key to beating Izzy is wrestling, taking him down, obviously a lot easier said than done. But I feel like that's not your game. Who, in your opinion, has been able to, at least at 185, been able to show his weaknesses in the striking department. Do you think anyone thus far has been able to show what you are going to try to expose on July 2nd in the striking department? Um, I wouldn't, I, no, I think everybody presents, presents a problem, presents their issues, presents, brings to the table their skills and, and te- techniques. <clears throat> um, and Izzy's done a good job at ca- calculating on the fly, making his adjustments as as needed, and uh, implementing his game plan. So <clears throat> I wouldn't say that's basically yeah. I wouldn't say we've seen people expose his weaknesses if there are any in the striking. 
I don't I think his weaknesses are anybody else's weaknesses as far as I'm concerned. You know, as long as you know how to expose them. Mm-hmm. So the the key is being consistent. The key is being precise, you know, the key is um being calculated. So that's what I plan on being, you know, in July. I plan on being precise. I plan on being consistent in everything I'm doing. I plan on being, um, what was the other word I said? Calculated? Yeah, yeah. Calculated in my approach and breaking him down and doing what I do, which is doing damage and ending the fight as fast as possible with taking as least damage as possible, making it as easy as possible. I want a flawless victory and a fatality. Damn. You want, like, not a literal fatality, right? Not a literal fatality. Okay, it's okay, a video okay. game, yeah, but right. you, you guys know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I ain't yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. kill the man. No, right. I don't want to maim him or anything, but yeah, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't, that's not my, that's not, that's not what I want to do. Yeah. I will if I have to. I mean, if he gives me a limb and that's the means of finishing, I'm, I'm going to take it. So that's what we train to do. He's going to do the exact same thing or he's going to try to at least. But, um, <clears throat> You know, um, I'm ready for whatever. You know, uh, I know he's going to bring his A plus 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 game, um, and the world hasn't seen my haven't even hasn't even seen my A plus game to be honest. So um, that's what I plan on bringing that plus more and whatever's needed to get the job done. Man, and you know, I like that the uh, middleweight division is in focus on this card. You've got the Alex Pajeda and uh, Sean Strickland, Rockhold and Costa, you and Izzy. Fun, uh, fun matchups on there. Absolutely, yeah. The uh, what was the other one you said? Rockhold and Costa Rockhold and Costa, card? yeah. Paulo Costa. Oh, oh, there's really uh, showcasing the middleweights in this one. I like it. You see this Alex Pajeda guy? Yeah. He's the one who beat Izzy mm-hmm. twice. Have you seen those fights? I think I've seen the highlight of okay. one of them. But um, can you even watch those and learn anything, or a different sport? No, uh. No comparison. No, no, you can absolutely watch okay. fights. You know, people have a signature. It's like their uh, their signature. It's a yeah. signature. People have a signature in fighting. You know, those who are able to uh, alter their alter their signature to where it's, you know, um, what's the word? You guys know what I'm trying to say. All right, all right. That it looks completely different. Yeah, that yeah. That looks completely different from the original. You know, then you may have yourself some sort of genius on our, on your hands. So, um, have you allowed yourself to even think about what it will feel like? July second, you win. The belt gets wrapped around your waist. Do you allow your mind to go there? Oh yeah, that's all a part of visualizations, man. I've I've I'm ranking in the uh, um uh you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um yeah. How does it we, feel? I visualize all the time. What do you What do you feel? How does it think? feel? Yeah. It feels good, but I don't want, again, I don't want it to overwhelm me. Got it. Because I know that there are bigger things afoot. There are bigger things that go on. You know what I'm saying? And it's going to be fun. It's going to be great. You know, um, no matter what happens, it's going to be fun. It's going to be great. I'm going to have fun, you know, and I'm going to do great. So uh, it's going to, it's, yeah, when I visualize it, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I can't wait to. You know, hike that, put that, take the bed off my my waist and hike it up high in the sky. Yeah. You know, put it on my wife's shoulders, you know, because um, she's a big part in this as well. 
you know, my family, my family, I want, uh, my family's going to be in there with us. So um, I let my kids get to see the fruits of my labor. Um, again, no matter what happens, because I'm going to go in there and I'm going to have fun. And, and um, um, here they are right here. But yeah. Um, but again, you know, that's in the future. Being in the present, you know, I'm in this position now. I have this uh, fight on the way. Yeah. And I'm doing everything to prepare for it. I feel great. I feel stronger than ever. Um, I'm faster. My cardio is better than ever. I'm ready for five rounds. I'm doing five rounds already, even though they're not, you know, fight simulated five rounds, but our sparring rounds are hard and I'm doing five, six, and seven rounds in a row, focusing on recovery, focusing on really pushing, you know what I'm saying? Not making mistakes, being, being the killer gorilla. You know, so well, I'm ready. And now I got seven, six, seven more weeks to prepare, seven and a half more weeks to prepare. So it's going down. I'm ready to go. Very happy that you're getting this opportunity. Uh, long overdue, well-deserved. Good luck to you in these seven and a half weeks, Jared. Appreciate the time and uh, very much looking forward to this fight on July 2nd. Thank you, Aaron. Oh, and big shout out to my sponsors. Yes. Uh, Thrival. Uh, Bill, Cam, and Nick, uh, they were just here this past weekend visiting, doing some, you know, working with those guys and stuff. So uh, I want to shout out Thrival, uh, Muscle Recovery. The Thrival release board is one of the best pieces of equipment I've had. You know what I'm saying? I can't get a massage here to my house every day. I wish I could have one before and right after workouts. But the muscle, uh, the uh, Thrival release board is, um, is a good stand-in for someone to hit up all the different muscles in my back, the back of my rear deltoid. I can't really reach and massage my rear deltoid. Everybody, fighters know, especially boxers and, and punchers know that that muscle gets real sore back there. Using that thrival, spacing those things apart, lying down on it for a couple of minutes, moving around, is really helping me out a lot. So um, that thing is gonna have my body primed and ready to do some damage in July. Um, also, I want to shout out Crystal Council for hooking me up with the nice crystals. I always hook me up with some good crystals. Um, and um, it, again, energy, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm, I'm, I'm channeling energy. I'm harnessing energy. And um, it feels good. So uh, tune in. Can't wait. Thanks, Jared. Good luck to you. All right. Peace out. Uh, July 2nd, T-Mobile Arena, Las Vegas, International Fight Week, Hall of Fame. A couple days before, uh, there was a time where they were doing, you know, two, three sometimes fight cards that weekend. It's now one, but there's a lot going on. If you're on the fence, uh, there's a lot going on. They've got the expo, I think they're calling it UFC X. Israel Adesanya, Adesanya against uh, Jared Cannonier, Volkanovsky, Holloway 3. Should be a fantastic fight. Misha Tate at 125 pounds against Lauren Murphy, Sean Strickland against Alex Pajeda. Obviously, makes a lot of sense to put the two middleweights there. Also, Luke Rockhold against uh, Paulo Costa. Am I wrong about that? Is that not on that card? Did I screw that up? I might have. I think it's in June. I think I screwed that up. I mean, the fight's happening. I thought it was July 2nd. Am I wrong about that? Oh, July 30th. 
My bad. Two pay-per-views. Sorry, Jared. It's July 30th. Uh, Frank, can you call back Jared and tell him it's July 30th? Yeah, stand by. Thanks. Uh, Strickland Pajeda, Munoz O'Malley. We'll talk to O'Malley in a bit. Sean O'Malley, Brad Tavares, Drickus Duplessis, Jessica Rose Clark against uh, Julisha Stoliarenko, Uriah Hall, Andre Muniz, Jessica I versus Macy Barber was supposed to be Jessica I versus Casey O'Neill. Casey O'Neill, unfortunately, torn ACL. Wish her a speedy recovery. Robbie Lawler versus Brian Barbarina. It doesn't look like that Nathan Diaz versus Hamzad fight is going to happen on that date, so everyone can calm down from last week. But as you see on Twitter, Nathan very much campaigning for a July 30th fight. So we'll see how this whole thing uh, plays out. All right. Very excited to talk to our next guest. He was actually in attendance on Saturday at the beautiful Footprint Center. But more importantly, longtime friend, longtime colleague, and it's great to have him back on the program. The one and only one of the very best in the sport. And if you're wondering why there was so much great content coming out of all the media stuff, it's because, you know, there's there's the traveling band of people who do a nice job for the most part. Um, but, you know, when you have an old timer, a pro coming in, I feel like everyone's game gets raised. You get great stuff, great answers from Tony Ferguson. That whole Tony Ferguson thing was in large part because of him. Great stuff in the post-fight press conference as well. Uh, the best feature writer in MMA, in my opinion, without a doubt, pound for pound, number one. My friend and yours, the great Shaheen Alshadi joining us from Phoenix, Arizona. There he is. Look at him. Such a pro with his pro microphone there and his headphones and everything. How are you, sir? What's up, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you, man? Wow, that is crystal clear. Frank, what about that crystal clear audio? I mean, I had nothing to do with that. Clearly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you didn't have to touch I, it. Was it was all Frank. I have I have nothing to do with it. It's all Frank. He's he's the true pro here. He is. He is. But you are as well. Uh, great to have you back on. Uh, nice little nostalgic feeling here. Uh, great stuff this past week in Arizona. Can I ask, by the way, before we get into the actual stuff that happened? Um, sure, yeah. I haven't been to a UFC event in the pandemic era, if we're still calling this the pandemic era. I feel like that's apropos. Things have changed a lot, right? There's no more Ultimate Media Day. Um, it's just a, it's a little different yeah. from a media perspective. What is it like for you? Because I think this was your second one, right? You went to the one last year in Arizona? Yeah, yeah. This is the second one because they keep coming back to yeah. the Valley now that we're a little looser on the pandemic restrictions that's out right. here in the Wild West. Um, I mean, if I'm honest, I don't like it as much as it used to be. Um, I mean, you, you and I know, like the media day, you everybody would be able to kind of get their own individual stuff. It would kind of you, you'd be able to show your personality a little more and kind of just be able to roam free. And, and, and there was it was a little less. Um, I don't want to say restrictive because it's not necessarily restrictive, but it was a it was a little less like coordinated. It was more free flowing, chaotic, and I feel like a lot of us kind of thrive the best in that chaos. Whereas this, I mean, every it's it's nice, and you know, you're talking to all the all the athletes, and you actually get a chance to talk to every athlete. Whereas that old media day, you kind of had to pick and choose what you're going to do for that hour or two. Um, but the thing is, everybody kind of gets the same stuff, right? And that that ultimately, like as a media member, selfishly, that that is a little frustrating, and that's you know, I don't like that as much. Um, but on Wednesday, you got phenomenal stuff, riveting stuff from Tony Ferguson, in large part due to your questions. And so after what he said, and we talked about it a little bit on Wednesday because it was happening during the show, after what he said, and then how the week went on, and then seeing how he was in the first, how he fought in the first, and then seeing ultimately how it played out, the knockout, 
the photo I feel weird about, to be honest. I, you know what I mean? Like you just, I don't yeah. know. It's a great photo. And shout out to Hans, who works for the LA Daily News, who I think took the one that everyone's running with. He's phenomenal at what he does. And it's no knock on him, but it just kind of gets put up there and people are mocking him. And I just don't love that stuff. But just seeing how it ultimately played out, how do you feel about the Tony Ferguson experience of last week, right? Because he's talking about health insurance. He's talking about like these big picture stuff. And then he gets brutally knocked out, the kind of knockout that could change a man's life. He's on Twitter right now. He's talking. They say he's all clear, but you know that stuff doesn't go away in, in a day. How do you feel about it now that it's all done? I mean, man, it's rough too, right? Because I mean, I've, I've, I think I'm pretty well known at this point as the Tony Ferguson guy in the media. Like I've been, I, even when the whole Habib stuff was going on, like I was always sort of driving that bandwagon that, Hey, we're looking at the number one lightweight in the world right now. And it sucks, man. It, it, it does suck in a lot of respects because it felt like that was kind of the death knell on whatever this could have been for Tony. And he looked so good in that first five minutes, right? Like there was five minutes there where maybe I wouldn't say it was vintage Tony, but it certainly felt somewhat like vintage Tony. And it felt like the best Tony we had seen, Hey God, what, since he dropped Justin Gaethje, like he, he was competitive. He was doing, you know, slicing and dicing Mike up from the bottom. He was doing all these oddball attacks and just the really unorthodox stuff that we see from him. He's winning rounds from the bottom, which you rarely see. Uh, and you're right. Even throughout the week, like it was very apparent that he's had a lot on his mind and he's had a lot of time to think about it. And that he basically, you know, said like, I, I went away for a year just because I didn't want to be around any of this. And, and he came back. Um, I mean, using his plan, he, he wasn't asked a lot of questions at the press conference, but even just using the pre-fight press conference to basically say like, Hey, we need health insurance, right? That type of thing. You feel bad because a, I think at this point it's obvious he's probably never going to contend for a title again in, in, you know, the rest of his career, whatever is left. Um, he'll probably go down as like, if not the best fighter to never challenge for an undisputed title, like, at least the top two, like he is, he is very much in that conversation, which you feel bad because he should have got that 20 times over and it just never happened. Um, but also it just feels like he has a lot of, I don't, I don't know if regrets is the right word, but just bad feelings about how maybe the latter stage of his career is gone. And that's something you can't get back. Right. Like we, time is the one gift that is just irreplaceable. And it feels like he's kind of regretful of, of how this whole chapter has gone. We've seen this, right, from fighters who maybe never got the big one, they never got the belt, they never quite reached them out to top, and then towards the end of the career, there's there's regret, there's uh, bad feelings, as you say, and uh, this isn't a story that we've never seen before, and it's a bummer because this guy's had a ton of bad luck, right? I mean, just the tripping over the cord thing, I feel like, doesn't get talked about enough. The fact that he, you know what I mean? Like, the fact that he never sued anyone for that, the fact that he never got anything as a result of that, just another title shot that then got, you know, ruined by the pandemic. Like, this guy, man, he deserves better, and I give him a lot of credit for being on Twitter now and saying, I love this stuff, and I can't wait to get back in there. Uh, I don't want to see him back in there anytime soon, is there a part of you that never wants to see him fight again just for his own health? Selfishly, yeah, if I'm being honest, which is difficult for me to say because, again, I've kind of sort of been driving this bandwagon for so long. But, I mean, this was a guy, even when he was winning, even over the course of that incredible streak, how was that streak made, right? It was made in chaos. He was the guy who thrived in chaos before Charles was the guy who thrived in chaos, where every fight was bloody, every fight was going to be messy, every fight maybe not be the most technical sound thing you've ever seen, but ultimately he was just going to out-grit, out-pressure, and just outwork these dudes and really break them. And that that style takes a toll, right? And, I, and, to, and to me, it is actually relatively impressive that it lasted as long as it did because he was – 
Like even when we, towards the latter stage of the Habib chapter and all of that, he was the oldest lightweight at that point in the division that mattered. Like if he would have won the title at, at and actually fought Habib, he would have been the oldest UFC lightweight champion in history. So the fact that he made it that far fighting like that, to me, still speaks volumes about just how great he was over the course of the majority of his career. But yeah, man, I mean, especially after the last four, um, I mean, the Gaethje one in particular was pretty brutal. And then seeing the Mike one, I mean, that was, I've seen a lot of knockouts. I've seen a lot of fights in live in person over the course of, you know, this whole career. That's one of the worst ones I've seen. Yeah. What was it like in the arena? Tell us. It was, it was tough because I don't know what the broad, I haven't been able to see the broadcast view of it. I don't know if the broadcast showed Tony afterwards or like went back to him at all, but he was down for a really long time Yeah, on the canvas. It felt like it was several minutes um, and it felt like it was eternity. If I'm being honest, like it was, he was really moving um, and he just had a lot of guys sort of around him, doctors and stuff trying to get him up. And even when he was leaving the, the arena or the octagon, he's, you know, the fighters have to walk by press row he was walking by and it was just, you could see that he wasn't kind of there in his eyes. And he, he stopped once he passed me and he looked up at the, at the monitor to try to just watch the knockout to understand what happened. It's, it was really brutal and kind of just somber. And obviously Mike owned the moment he's doing backflips all over the cage. And it's he's always cutting weird, right? They're doing backflips yeah, and there's a dude that's like freaking motionless on the ground. Yeah. The, the dichotomy of, yeah. of that visual was really, uh, strange it was just really strange to watch and the crowd was exploding because obviously they just saw some the craziest highlight of the night so it's just you see tony there and he's kind of like twitching and it's just it's a real stark reminder of what this is right yeah it's hard to describe but it did feel like a punt more so than a front kick to the face like it was something we've never seen before and uh, very Mike Chandler like when's Mike Chandler throwing out front kicks dude Mike the whole thing when's Mike Chandler cutting promos like this like where 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 has this guy been for the last (laughs) day the guy freaking cut a promo hitting every single mark every single thing on the checklist (laughs) Connor walks off like it was it was flawless from from Chandler I saw one video of uh, Ferguson walking out of the cage and Chuck Liddell meets him and says something to him and then he kind of just gave him a little tap on the head I was like oh why'd you have to tap him right on the head after he just got brutally knocked out um, but just a tough scene. On the flip side, you have Chandler, who's riding high. That investment that the UFC has made in him has paid off in a massive way, even oh. though he's not you know, a champion. He's two and two. But every single one of his fights have been incredible. Last year, arguably the fight of the year. Who would you like to see him fight next? Because I feel like you could go on several. There's no clear-cut you know, answer to this one. To me, I, I think it's kind of funny in a weird way. Like It's kind of wild the way that Chandler has reshaped his image in the UFC. I know. Because we've... Like we've known this guy yes. for a long time. He's been in our lives for a long time. And now he just comes here and he, he, it seems like it's his personal mission to make every single fight as ridiculous and as exciting and every aspect of, of that, whatever's going on around him, as exciting as possible and just wins or losses, whatever. Just I'm going to make sure you remember me, which is a really interesting way to approach this. Frankly, and it might, it's, it seems like it's working. It's certainly the right way to approach it if you're Mike and you're coming in sort of at the, the last chapter of your career. Uh, he's, his, he's Dana White's favorite fighter, apparently, man. Yeah. Uh, I, as for what's next, I like the Benil fight. I like the Benil oh, fight. Wow, you don't know, think of that one. Interesting. Because to me, like, like I know the world is probably setting up to where Connor's going to come in and he might be able to just fight Charles next, depending on the timelines and how all this stuff works. I feel like Islam should fight Charles. I feel like that's the most obvious thing. He's already earned it 20 times over. Like, I don't know why in we Abu Dhabi? keep making this guy. Yeah, what, however it works. But if, if Abu Dhabi would be ideal, right? Because then I know, but not for Charles. 
Well, Charles also fought Justin in Justin's hometown. Know, and he didn't seem to care very much. <laughs> so, Can he not get a homecoming? Can he not fight in Brazil, the poor guy? He can't he can't catch a break. And frankly, I think he kind of likes it that way. He's right. he's kind of a masochist the way he's out there that now. But I, I like the Islam fight, man. We don't need to let the, this guy doesn't yeah. need to prove anything else. Like I think a lot of people still feel like he's probably the number one lightweight in the world anyway. So like just do the run that and then Benil's out there. Benil Mike Chandler is a tremendous fight, and that could kind of be for who's next. So not Chandler Poirier, not Chandler Diaz, Chandler Benil. I mean, I wouldn't mind Chandler Poirier. That's certainly fun. Uh, but I still, I, I know I, the Dustin Nate thing is weird. I, I, I'm going to plant my flag on that a thousand times. I still just want Dustin Nate. Yeah. Like, just give it to just, us. We've been yeah, teased for, doing? for years since New York. Like, come on, man. Just give Nate a fight. I know. Like, let's Don't get, get this going on at this point. Every single freaking day, it's another tweet. I mean, I know uh, New York Rick and, and Jose love it for the uh, social media engagement, but golly, can we just freaking get... <laughs> this guy a fight. All right, so that's an interesting one. And then you give Islam, even though Dana White did say that he has to fight, that Islam has to fight Benil because he turned down the RDA fight and all that, just pretend that didn't happen. On like two days notice. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. All right, yeah. all right. It's... Just pretend that. By the way, who do you pick in that fight? Uh, Islam versus Islam, uh, Charles? Charles, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> that's tough. It is a tough the one. The styles, right? Like the styles, that plays perfectly into what each guy wants to do. Like, I'm kind of done doubting Charles, yeah. if I'm being honest. Like, I, I continually keep doubting Charles. I pick Dustin. I pick Justin. Like, I just can't st- I can't keep doing this anymore. So maybe I'm finally going to pick Charles. But Islam does feel like a, not a nightmare stylistic matchup. I mean, to me, that's just that's why that fight is so fun, too, right? Because I feel like Charles is reaching this really interesting place in his career where, like, he has all these records. And he has all these names on this resume. I mean, just the list of records alone, like, that dude basically has, like, half of the lightweight records in the UFC. And then just like in general, the finishes, the subs, like we all know it, we don't need to go over it. But then you look at the names too on the resume and it's a real stark reminder of like how long this guy's been around where he's got the new guard where it's like a Justin Port, uh, like Justin, Dustin, um, you know, just all of the guys he's been fighting over this, Tony Chandler. But then he's got the old guard too. He's got like Jim Miller, Clay Guida, Jeremy Stevens, Darren Elkins. Like he's just spanning eras. And I feel like if he is able to beat sort of this Habib era parent, whatever this closest approximation of, of Habib we have in Islam, who kind of has this aura a little bit around him of this unbreakable guy, he's able to go in there and break him and sub him or whatever it is. Like, I feel like we start really talking about Charles as a different level of all timer when it comes to this 155 division. Yeah. By the way, 32 years old, like he's taken a yeah. lot of damage. He gets beat up, but he's still pretty damn young. That's the thing too that blows me away is like, and I asked him this at the press conference where it's like, you list, you list all these names, you list all these accolades and it feels like we'd be talking about someone who's like 38, 39, like a Tony who's like on his way out. And it's just like, this is the, the, what he's collected, he's gathered over the course of, you know, X number of years. Charles Lee has, may have like, he might be in his prime right now. Like he might just have another five years of doing this at, at a very high level. Like the fact that we're talking about this with, for a 32 year old to me is insane. And it's just the way, the way this whole Charles Oliver story over the last couple of years and the way this guy's really turned things around. Um, it's one of the most spectacular things I've ever seen, frankly, when it comes to the sport. Did Phoenix show him love? Like, did they, did they appreciate him? Did it feel like a big deal was fighting, you know, a guy on a 10 fight, now 11 fight winning streak, most subs, all that stuff. Did they show, cause I got to say, you know, I'm rooting for the Suns. I want you guys oh, to, dude. 
I mean, what is up with this crowd? Preach. Speak on what it. What is up with this crowd? It's booing Shogun. It was disgusting. It was absolutely disgusting. What's wrong with these people over there? And what do you think? You're 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 a proud Arizonian, if that's the word. That's the word, right? What do you call someone from Phoenix? Arizonan? Arizonan. Arizona. Yeah, a Phoenician? Is that true? Is it really a Phoenician? Well, Phoenicians like from Phoenix, right? But All like right. I even I'm in Peoria. Like the way okay. the cities are All right, fair enough. divided up is weird. I mean, come on. 15 minutes, just shut the hell up. Go get, you know, if you don't like the fight, just go, don't don't say anything, you morons. And then the Rose thing we'll get into in a second, but it just really, were they showing him love? Uh, don't, don't even get me started on the Shogun thing, because like, I'll, that that was upsetting me so much in the moment. And it was, disgusting is a good word. You use the word disgusting. Embarrassing is the use the word that I would use for someone who is from this place. And mm-hmm. I'd like to think, you know, I, I represent Arizona to a certain degree. Uh, y'all, y'all should be ashamed of yourself. And frankly, like we lost to the Dallas Mavericks with the worst playoff game that I have seen in a long time yesterday because of you. Wow. You are the reason that we lost all of you. You, you, I, I was about to make this uh, an R-rated program. I'm not going to okay. do that. You but do you guys want. caused us to lose. Like the, the, it was absolutely embarrassing you can't boo shogun what yeah. are you doing you can boo whoever you want but you can't boo shogun uh but yeah no um in terms of charles and the reception he got he felt like a big deal certainly um but i i mean justin is the arizona guy he he brings yeah. out he's from a small town here called safford and every time he fights even way back in the the world series of fighting days where i would go to these palomino fights he brings out all of safford basically okay. <laughs> it seems like 60 percent, 70 percent of the town comes out for him so it was a very partisan bias pro Gaethje crowd the whole week for anything we were doing. Uh, but I mean, once Charles won and, you know, the performance was utterly spectacular and that fight for as long as it lasted was just tremendous. Uh, it, the, the crowd was definitely showing him love and just appreciation, appreciation uh, for what was going on. So I've made my feelings on the whole point five being stripped of the belt known. Uh, I don't agree with it. How do you feel? Tell us how you feel about him not being champion on this Monday. Him not being champion on this Monday is tremendously unfortunate. And I think it's, it's fairly sad. Um, and I think you hit a lot of the points that I was sort of mentioning as well last week where I don't think like the, the fight itself is one thing, right? This is the fight on Saturday is one thing. The, the ramifications that come with it, just how weird stuff gets now with like technically we don't have a champion. That's one thing. But the actual money that that guy lost because of one gentleman on the Phoenix commission is pretty outrageous right like if you 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 count the percentage of the purse that he lost on saturday and then the fact that we don't know whether he's going to get pay-per-view points for the next time out and he's not we don't know whether he's going to get the champion's purse for the next time out is his contract going to revert back to what it was as a contender because you know these contracts like as soon as you lose that belt you're way back down to what you were before you had the belt how's that going to work dana white was seemed unsure or didn't want to give us an answer yeah. uh, on saturday about that in the ufc we know the ufc certainly never uh misses a moment to penny pinch uh when it comes to paying these guys uh, in a lot of ways so that's like like charles Oliveira because of that one half pound might have lost like seven figures worth of earning by the time all of this is over, depending on how this goes moving forward. And that to me is tremendously unfortunate because it's one, it's the same thing. I think a lot of people have said it, you've said it, I've said it where how many weigh-ins have you seen in your life? Yeah. How many times have you watched this and how many different times have guys just kind of been like, ah, all right, move yeah. on. That's one fifty-five. Let's go like nine times out of 10. That is one fifty-five. No one thinks a second. No one has like a second thought about it. And we just move on. And he just really caught the wrong guy on the wrong day. And because of that, 
so many other things got messed up. And to me, it's unfortunate. It's sad. And I, I wish it didn't happen. Wait, so when you say unfortunate, just to be clear, unfortunate is one thing. Do you agree with it, though? Like, you could agree with something that's unfortunate, right? Like, it sucks. He messed up. It's 0.5. Do you agree with the decision to strip him and penalize him the way in which he, you know, he was penalized? That's tough because I. it's hard for me to fault a commission member for ultimately doing their job right? Because they are supposed to ostensibly tell us the actual weight rather than zooming along like a lot of guys do. Uh, So I can't fault him for that. But the system itself is a little screwy because ultimately it's the UFC's belt. The belt belongs to the UFC. They can do whatever they want with it. It's not the commission's belt, as you said earlier. So in that regard, it feels silly to me to act as though Charles Oliveira is not the lightweight champion and and treat him as though he's not the lightweight champion. So that aspect, I do wish the UFC had made some sort of exception or at least just, you know, massage the situation a little bit to where this, it wasn't DC with the towel. This wasn't, you know, Charles missing by four pounds. Like this was a very bizarre situation. It seemed like a lot of weird stuff was going on around the scale. I think we can give him a pass. I know that's people are going to get up in arms. You got to really protect the rules. You can't give people a pass. You can't pick and choose. But this was a very, very unusual situation, unprecedented in a lot of ways. And to me, it just feels silly to not, treat like this guy, like he's the champion, because also there's historical ramifications too, right? Where lightweight division, I think the most title defenses ever in the history of the lightweight division consecutively is three. Charles would be going for that in his next fight. If this didn't happen, he would be going to basically be tied for the greatest UFC lightweight champion of all time. And now it resets back to zero Uh, after he wins the next one, he has to win the next one. And then it resets to zero. Like he he deserves better. It is. It's kind of like to compare it to basketball, palming you know what i mean and people are you know no one calls that and so let's say it's uh 15 seconds left in game seven of the nba finals and scott foster wants to call you know uh don't mention the name scott Scott, well i'm gonna say on chris paul right like you know i can see that happening but you get the point so it's like there's certain things that you just it's it's just a part of the culture of the sport where you're not being a stickler for 0.5 pounds and hopefully the ufc makes a right in terms of the pay. They can't, I guess, make a right in terms of history, as you pointed out, but I would like to see them make a right. I just feel, I feel horrible for the guy. Um, can I ask you about Rose and Carla? Being in there, sure. what is it like? What is it like when you're watching it? It's, it's a certain way on TV and you got the commentary. <laughs> watching it live, what was that like? Watching it live, the feeling in that arena is the, like the, the impatience then the, the way the impatience sort of turns to frustration and then the way the frustration tor- sort of melds into anger. And then by the end of it, people are almost being sarcastic. Uh, it was very palpable. Like you cut the tension with the knife, it, it, uh, maybe not the tension, but the frustration with yeah. the knife in there during it. Um, it was weird. It was really weird. I know you were defending it earlier and you're certainly well within your rights to me, but to do that, but to me, it was the worst title fight in UFC history. And I don't worst say that Romero lightly. Yeah. Yeah. Because like two things, right? Like Romero had that moment where he kind of hit Izzy and like staggered Izzy a little bit early. Yeah. That's at least more than we ever got sure. for the, during this whole title fight. Also, there's just an element of weirdness that Yoel Romero presents that to like, kind of like vaguely interesting to some degree. Sure. There was nothing interesting about this. There was not a single moment that was interesting. Carla had like that mini suplex in round four and like 
that didn't matter because like Rose popped right back up. That was literally the best moment of all of this. So to me, it was like you got to go back to like Arlovsky Sylvia three or something to find something worse than this. Like this is really bad. Yeah, and and to be clear, I'm not defending it because I thought it was good. I agree with everything that you say, but I just I don't know. I guess I'm just not too offended by it. I'm not too upset. Sometimes high level sports turns out to be not so good. And that's just the way it goes sometimes. Yeah. You know, like, I just feel like there was a lot of hatred thrown their way. Who do you blame for this, by the way? Do you blame both of them? Do you blame Rose? Seems like Rose getting a lot of the heat. Um, how do you feel about it? Like, the, in terms of if we want to pass out some blame for this product, this fight, this 25 minutes. The hatred was interesting because I agree that the hatred has been almost outsized because you're right. It's a bad fight. Move on. Who yeah. cares? And I, I, I wonder, just as someone who, you know, obviously we're on, social media all day where we're reading comments on articles and posts and et cetera. I wonder if part of the backlash to this is because people feel are, are upset at Rose for basically losing to someone that they feel still even now that she's better than. Mm. And a lot of people just don't want Carla to be champion. Like mm. we, we saw this over the course of the past couple of years where Carla deserved this fight a long time ago. And it took a really long time for us to even get to that point. And even in the narrative, the narratives in the lead up to this was basically like, this is going to be Volkanovsky zombie. Like this is going to just be a wash. And the fact that Carla, like Rose just basically let Carla do very little and still come out, come away and steal this title. seems like people are more, maybe I'm reading it wrong, but maybe it seems like there's a lot of anger around that of like, if they booked the trilogy fight tomorrow, which they won't, but if they did, I think, a lot of people would still pick Rose and the Rose would still be the heavy favorite. And I think that's maybe where, where a lot of it's coming to, where it's just like Rose really just, I, I don't know. I think our pal Jed Mishu said this on the, our post fight show. And it's a really interesting point where it's like Rose as the champion fights so much differently than Rose as the challenger. And it's a really, cause like if you go back just historically and look at her title defenses, and then you look when she's actually going to try to get to the belt, it's a completely different fighter in terms of aggression and the way she approaches this stuff. I wonder what that is because there's certainly something there. We've seen enough evidence now to where it's just, I don't know. Rose has the strangest career. Like when we go back, when all this is over, like when we go back and look at it, I don't know that there's a lot of fighters you can really compare to the the ups and the downs that are so vastly like up and down uh, when it comes to somebody like this. Yeah. Remember Karolina Kovalkiewicz? Remember that fight? Yeah. Same type of thing, right? right? It's just, I don't, it's, it's when Rose, we say it all the time, but like when Rose is on and when she's flowing, there's few people who are better to watch in the sport. But then when she's not on, it's really bad. I don't know. The, the, the split of the difference in that is just very interesting to me. I hope we see her fight again. I could see them trying to do maybe her versus, uh, Marina Hmm. Rodriguez. Um, because obviously Marina lost to Carla. I know she thinks she's close, but I don't know if she's getting it now. She might be the biggest loser in all this. And isn't it crazy that if Yoana beats Zhang Wei Li, we yeah. could get Carla Yoana too? Like, who would have thought? Yoana. GC over there. GC, what's your future on Yoana? 35 to 1 plus, uh, plus 3,500. But, but, but you said she has to Whoa. be the champion by the end of the year, right? Yeah, that's correct. And you bet this when? Uh, December. Like, it felt like quite the long My shot. My gosh. That's why that man is, yes. by the way, hosting a show called No Bets Barred with That's Jen right. Mishu that you should absolutely tune into uh, every Wednesday. It's great stuff. They hit one of their Wolfpack wagers this week. But yeah, that's it. I mean, Joanna's window all of a sudden is like now. Like if she is ever going to be a UFC champion again, like all of a sudden it's Crazy. right here for her, which is not anything I expected to ever say <laughs> after like the last couple of years we've seen with it. Unbelievable. Well, great stuff, man. Uh, great to have you back on the show. 
I am not going to hate on you for uh, the booze in the Shogun fight, or even the booze in the Rose and Carla fight, although I think you feel like those were somewhat justified. The Shogun ones were just, I mean, appalling. Um, and great coverage all week with the Tony stuff, with the post-fight stuff. It was nice to have, and again, I, I say this, I'm not saying the other people are, I'm not throwing shade, but you know, one of the OGs. It was nice to have one of the OGs on the scene. So well done, my friend, and keep up the great work. Great to have you back on. We'll do it again soon. Well, I appreciate you, man. It's been a nice little couple of days here. I get to be on the MMA Hour. Yesterday, I get to celebrate our first Mother's Day with my wife, who is very, very pregnant right now. So well done. It's, it's, it's the first time we were able to celebrate that together. So it's been a nice little uh, 72 hours for us, except for that whole Phoenix Suns thing. We don't need it. Yeah, you got Game 5. That. Game 5. We'll be all good. Don't worry about it. We're good. <laughs> You're good. Good talking, buddy. Thanks, man. There I don't. Is. I don't. I don't feel good at all about Game Five at all. I'm just saying that. Yeah, I know. I, I but you don't feel good about anything. You won't feel good the moment they win the the championship. You'll worry about next year. That's just the kind of fan you are, and I appreciate that because I'm the same way. Well, let's not say that. If they ever win the championship in my lifetime, you're not going to hear from me for like two months because I'm okay. just going to fall off the face <laughs> of the earth because I'll lose my mind. Uh, but let's hopefully get there. Yeah. Because if we lose to the F and Dallas Mavericks, uh, I'm going to be really, really, really upset. All right. Well, hopefully that doesn't happen. I'm pulling for you guys. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Likewise, brother. Thank you, man. There he is, Shaheen Al-Shadi. And a fun little uh, inner MMA fighting competition going on. Fearless leader, Brian Tucker, Mavs fan, going up against the Suns fan. So I'm rooting for the Suns. Mavs have won their championship. So, you know, they did that back in 2011. After last year and everything that that franchise has been through, I'm rooting for them. I'm looking forward to... uh, a Suns, maybe a Suns, Suns Bucks? Don't tell Sloppy Joe that. Are we going with Sloppy Joe? Is that a thing? It is a thing. It's official. It's official. We agreed on it. He How did you guys it. get to that point? Well, he really doesn't like the other name. Okay. The and other name. It's Crypto Joe. I'm going to be vintage and stick with that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I love Sloppy. Sloppy Joe is tremendous, but I just feel like the other one just kind of stuck with me. We'll see. You're going to have to give it to the other one. It, it's a thing. It's a thing. Wow. Okay. All right. Sorry. He said it's a thing. He said it's a thing. Um, All right. One more guest to go, and it's a a very big one. We found out last week that it is official. Sean O'Malley, it seems like every international fight week he's on the card. He is back. He's fighting Pedro Munoz, or as he calls him, Prelim Pedro, July 2nd in Las Vegas. He was also at the event on Saturday in his backyard, so to speak, Phoenix, Arizona. Let's go to the uh, the Sugar Show now. Mr. Sean O'Malley. Oh, nice. I like this. On the hammock? Yes, sir, Ariel. How's it going? It's going well, my friend. How are you? My favorite part of last week was before the news got out, I asked you if you were fighting Pedro Munoz. Then the news comes out, and then three days later, you say to me, that is correct. <laughs> Thank you for that. I appreciate you coming You know, you know, coming around and getting back to me. Yeah, you check. Uh, well, I wanted to be the one to announce it. I, you should I had be. obviously known about it. And I, uh, you know, I'm, I was talking to UFC. I said, hey, is it cool if I announce it? And they said... You know, let's wait. Let, let me talk to the PR. Let me see when, you know, when they wanted to announce it. So I wanted to be the one to announce it. So you text me, Brett text me. And I was like, you guys, you little fuckers, I want to be the one you to should. announce it. So uh, I had to make make a little post. But uh, yeah. By the I, way, I was going to text you back. Forgot a couple of days late. No, it's okay. By the way, for the record, I, I hope I'm in full favor of all fighters announcing their own fights you guys should it's your fight it's your story i don't want to i don't want like if you if you would have gone back to me for the record and said yeah but i'm announcing it i would have said god bless like i wasn't you know i was just kind of checking in so i I just want that to be the record you know at least from my opinion 
uh, I want all of you guys should do it. And you do it better than anyone. You always have a video. You have a fun thing. It should be your way. Yeah, I think, well, I think some fighters, probably most fighters don't really care um, too. But yeah, I, I, I enjoy it. I think it's a fun part of the process. Yeah, I saw the video. You're on the um, the treadmill. I think you're smoking. Yep, yep. You're punching a guy. <sighs> Uh, how long does it take for I you bet. to, uh, yes. uh, yo, that's right. You're punching the bag. I see the guy behind I you. There. Um, how we're looking at it right now. How long does it take for you to come up with those and who's filming them? Uh, usually Danny's filming them. That one was, well, I was already running on the treadmill and I was, uh, I was going to just take a couple puffs off the King Palm anyway. So I was actually on the treadmill and I seen Brett had posted something. I was like, fuck. So I, I posted it like, you know, I just made it up on the spot. I was already running anyway. I just pulled the bag over, threw a glove on, and fucking told Danny to record this and first try. And by the way, why uh, why not in Arizona? I mean, you're an Arizona guy. Were you Because I know going back like February, you were talking about, oh, they're coming to Arizona. It seemed like you had your eye on this card. Why didn't you fight this past weekend? Um, I don't know. That's that's USC. I you know I was 100 percent down to fight on fight on this card. Um, you know, I didn't want to wait until July. It's still eight weeks out. I, 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 I want to fight, you know, sooner than later, but, uh, you know, eight weeks is going to be a good time, good preparation. I, I don't feel like I need eight weeks, but so I just got to, you know, do it smart, can't overtrain. And, uh, yeah. Uh, Prelim Pedro, you're calling him. Yeah. How do you feel about the opponent? Like when they offered you him, how'd you feel about it? I think it makes sense. You know, we both fought on that last card. It's a good step up. You look at his last couple losses. I mean, they're two former world champions, uh, Dominic Cruz, Jose Aldo, Frankie Edgar. He's not losing to some scrubs. I think Prelim Pedro is the real deal. I think it's my toughest, you know, toughest opponent to date, 100%. No questions asked. Um, I mean, knocked out Cody, but who hasn't? So I guess that doesn't really matter. But yeah, Prelim Pedro is going to be, you know, you know, my toughest fight for sure. Is there a part of you that's annoyed that he's uh, a top 10 guy? No, I'm, you know, that was all, <laughs> all jokes and stuff. You know, I'm ready to climb a, climb the ladder. I think Freeland Page is a great next step. Never been finished. I'm definitely looking to go in there and put his lights out. I don't want to go to a decision. Some people, you know, don't mind, you know, going to decisions and uh, not me. I, I want to go out there and put his lights out. Um, you know, if I, if it does, I'm not going to be sad at the end of the day, the 15 minutes I will be asked for 15, I'm not gonna be sad, but I'm definitely looking to go out there and get my hand raised with the finish. It definitely feels like they try to feature you on this international fight week card all the time. Like they're definitely, you know, they're trying to put their biggest names on these cards historically. And it always feels, maybe it's just me, but it always feels like last couple of years they're, tr- they've tried to put you on there. You got to like that, right? That's, that's a nice vote of confidence. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at like who's the biggest stars in the UFC, I'm up there. I'm not gonna sit here that I'm the biggest, but I'm I'm getting there and I'm I'm going to be the biggest. But right now, I'm not the biggest, but I'm definitely you know I've been on I'm on pay per views for a reason. I'm on the main card for a reason. Um, you know, the UFC is a very smart business, and I'm on there for a reason. Opening up these big cards, I'm either gonna open up the main event or the main card, or be the main event. I don't want to be in between. It's either the open it up. Or be the main. Why? Why is that? Why open? Like, why not co-main or something like that? I just like you know. It's like I'm fighting at this time. Fight at seven o'clock. Uh. You know, other fights. You don't know how they're gonna end. You don't know what. I like to fight, shower up, do whatever I do, and then be able to watch the main event because you have a lot, you know, hour worth of media after. Um, so it's it's nice to be able to you know this card is Evers Jared is gonna be a made a massive fight like 
it's gonna be a super interesting fight and i want to be able to watch it uh 135 is on fire right now dare i say the best division in the ufc i've said the best uh weight in combat sports like 35 in boxing is on fire 35 in mma on fire bellator is on fire with 35 ufc of course uh for you is it too hot there are you okay no it's good my screen just got a little dark so oh. uh i'm just trying to i hope it doesn't overheat try to find no it's good it's good it is hot out though yeah. getting a nice little tan but yeah i think 135 in the ufc right now is the best division um you know our it's debatable the 55 is crazy 70 is crazy it's it's definitely up there. I think right now the, the bantamweights are the number one. It's the top division right now. Yeah. The, the, what I was going to ask you was, um, was there anyone else on your mind? Was there anyone else that you preferred? Uh, to fight? No, yeah. I didn't. You know, they no, they said Pedro. I was like, yeah, yeah, that works. Perfect. I think that's a perfect next fight for me. Um, you know, now it's just all focus on Pedro. Uh, have you noticed by the way, that you're getting a lot more props. Like if you look up your name right now on Google News, I'm sure you don't do that. Tons of articles of people saying, I want the Sean O'Malley treatment. I want to fight, you know, unranked guys. I want to fight. I want to, I don't want to get, you know, some top ranked guy for crappy pay. Like you're not, I feel like at first people got mad at you for saying this. Now there's several fighters who have actually called it like the Sean O'Malley treatment or something like that, giving you props for what you've done early on in your career. Have you noticed this? I feel like it's kind of props, but also kind of a dig, like no. the way they say it. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think Patty's doing the same thing, and it's just like people kind of hated it at first, but then it's like, oh, that that actually makes sense. Like when I first got in the UFC, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm getting ten and ten, twelve and twelve, whatever I'm getting. It's like well, it doesn't make sense to go and fight these top guys for twenty and twenty. Why not get a, you know, wins? And it's not even like I asked UFC. I was like, I didn't say, hey, I don't want to fight top guys. Like, that's just who they've been offering me. They're in control of my career. But, I mean, it just works out that way. Yeah, obviously, I'd rather fight worse guys for less money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and are we reaching the end of that or not yet? Uh, so like, I mean, what? We're fighting Pedro. No, you know, I mean, like, are, are you getting, is, a, is there a new contract coming or what? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, congrats. Or did it not happen yet? <laughs> I mean, is that is that public information? I don't even know. I mean, I, I guess you've never been shy. Yeah, I'm happy with the UFC. We have a great relationship, and uh, you know, I think uh, I'm very happy with with uh, the position I'm in with the UFC. Okay, all right, fair enough. Um, that was good. That was that was a good PC answer from you. Maybe maybe the first PC answer you've ever given me. How much do you make at uh, ESPN? By the way. First of all, I don't work for ESPN. Second of all, uh, oh, you know, but I'm not asking you how much you make. I was just, uh, I'll tell you, I, I signed uh, a three-year deal with Vox. I'm not asking you how much you make. I was asking. Uh, congratulations. If, yeah, That's awesome. Thank you. I was. I, just, I feel like people sometimes <laughs> confuse nah. the two. I'm not asking for your tax return. I'm just, I just wanted to know if you are locked in, free, you know, all that stuff's interesting. I can tell you how much Kevin Durant yeah, makes. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree, yeah. No, I, I'm, uh, I plan on being with USC for a long time and, um, very happy with where I'm at with UFC. Fair enough. Um, did you see the uh, the title fight a couple of weeks ago, the Aljo Peter Yan fight, and were you surprised by the uh, result? Not really. I went in. I had. Uh, I I thought Aljo, you know, was going to come out with a completely different style. He wasn't going to go out there like a spaz, like he did the first uh, first fight with Peter. And it was, I I thought it was going to be a different fight. Um, I was not surprised. Uh, I know Peter's really good, but I, I also know Aljo is really good. 
Um, so I wasn't very, I wasn't surprised, you know, Aljo got booed at the fights. I got praised at the fights. Um, saw Henry Cejudo at the fights. I swear every time I see him, he gets shorter and fatter. I'm not making that up. I, um, but yeah, I, I thought Aljo, I thought Aljo looked good. Um, you know, I think he's respectfully the champ and I, you know, whether they're casuals, you know, still boo him and stuff. It's, I mean, you can't be some, some people just aren't likable, I guess, but yeah, I think he's the, he's definitely the champ right now. Did you see him? Did you talk to him? Yeah, I saw Aljo. We don't, we have a, we have like uh we don't hate each other kind of relationship. We, you know, we look at each other like we're going to have to fight someday. So it's, you know, but it's, uh, we we're both in the bathroom at the same time. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. So, uh, did you say anything to Henry? Um, I like to just stand next to Henry sometimes. Like when he's taking pictures, I like to just stand next to him. Just you know, let him know. I sat next to Corey Sandhagen at the fights. Actually, Corey's a fucking nice dude. Like him a lot. Yeah, man, a lot of thirty fivers there. Um, so I, I saw yeah. you posted champ by twenty twenty three. So when how many oh. how many do you think there uh, there needs to be had for you to get to that title fight at this point? <laughs> Two more finishes, early 2023, I'm fighting for the belt, whoever has it. I think uh, after this fight, I go out there, you know, I got to finish Pedro. And I go out there, say I finished Pedro, I get, you know, a top five guy, whoever that is. Um, depending on if Cheeto gets a fight booked, I know that's a fight that uh, that I want. Um, dep- I don't know if he's going to get a fight book. I'm assuming he seems like he wants to fight again. You know, he goes out there and wins. That could be another fight. Uh, maybe December time frame. We'll see. You know, I was kind of hoping Rob would win that fight because I wanted to fight Rob, but um, you know, it didn't obviously. So yeah, I think Pedro. Depending on if Cheeto, if Cheeto goes out there and beats it, someone you know in the top five, he probably could get a title shot. If he doesn't end up getting a fight, I would like to you know finish Pedro and, and get that fight, and we'll see. So, so you would be down to rematch Cheeto because in the past, I think you were a little bit non-committal. Well, I, I, in the past, I said he's got to earn a rematch, and, and I think he's done that. He went out there, lost to Jose Aldo, went out there, lost to Frankie Edgar, and then beat him with, you know, he basically lost. Come on. What Frankie, are you talking about? He, then, didn't uh, lose. He, beat, he knocked him out. It was like a crazy knockout. He lost 13 <laughs> minutes of a fight. Um, no, he did. Yeah, he, he finished Frankie. Um, you know, two more minutes in that fight, you know, he loses that. But, but I will. I'll say he, he, he knocked out Frankie. Then he went out there and he looked really good against Rob. He looked impressive against Rob. He looked like he definitely improved. Um, I don't know how he didn't finish him. He dropped him about 13 times. Uh, so, yeah, he, he definitely improved and he's earned that rematch. People hate when I say that, I but know, uh, get mad. it's true. He earned it. Uh, well, it is a rematch. I don't know why. Earl. It is a rematch. Uh, by the way, it would be a massive fight. I feel like both of you are so much more popular now and you've done so many. Like that, you know, the first fight was just, it was a fight. It was a big fight uh, in large part because of you, for being honest. And I think he would say that as well. The uh, the result was. Big he would not him. say that. You don't think so? He the does bu- not like me. No. The build up. The build up. Like me. You you were you were the you were the guy in that fight. I think anyone could say that. And I and I like Cheeto. Um, but the the rematch would be huge. I feel like that's a main event. Yeah, it's a it's a big fight, and that's what I've you know been saying for since that fight had happened. They're like, oh, you want to rematch? I'm like, no, I want him. To, you know, do what he's done, which is build. You know, build his resume. Go out there, lose the Jose Aldo. You know, almost lose to Frankie and then beat Rob. So he's earned it. And I got to go out there and beat Pedro. And, and, you know, we both, that's this is kind of what I expected. Not expected. I didn't know if he was going to be able to go and win these fights, but this is what I was 
you know, imagining if we did get a rematch that we were both going to keep winning and winning and winning and then, you know, get there. By the way, when you're sitting there on Saturday watching this card and you see like what happens to Tony Ferguson and, you know, you're, you're on the, you're on the come up, you're on a, a rocket ship, you're going to fight for the belt, all that stuff. And you see like how, you know, cruel the sport can be to the legends as well. Is there a part of you that can even put yourself in their shoes? That's, you know, the fight game, it, it's sort of like mother nature, right? Like it always tends to win. Um, and it's very rare that you go out on top. Are you able to even imagine what that feeling is like? Or are you so far away because you're so young and so successful at this point that that seems so unimaginable to you? Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, I, it's a tough, it's definitely a tough sport. It's a scary sport. Um, you know, I kind of see my, my path going similar to, uh, Al, not Aldo, um, Izzy, Israel, mm. where he's just he's such a smart fighter, so good on the outside, so, you know, good with his distance. Um, you know, I, I plan on being able to go into each fight knowing anything could fucking happen, um, but also being, like, no, knowing that if I take these eight weeks this, and prepare how I'm supposed to and how I know I'm capable of preparing, that I'm going to go out there and, and, and win each fight in a in, in smart and spectacular fashion, but also, you know, that could fucking happen to me. You could get kicked in the fucking chin. You could get kicked in the nerve. Anything could happen. Right. But by the way, what do you think of the Rose Carla fight? Did the connection cut? No, that's what I thought of it. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. If you have nothing nice to say, don't no, say. No, actually, no. I feel bad because I mean they're like such they're sweet girls, and it's yeah. like. I, we all feel bad saying that fight fucking sucked because they're <laughs> girls. But I mean, at the end of the day, they're, you know, professional fighters getting paid big money to go out there and do, you know, fucking fight. And I actually left at the end of the third round, uh, just kind of beat traffic. Obviously I wanted to see Justin versus Charles, but I had to go pick up my princess and I wanted to get to bed at a certain, like uh, at a decent time. Cause you know, in my mind, I'm, you know, I'm in training camp. I want to make, you know, get to bed at a decent time considering it's Saturday night and there's fights and, you know, I woke up Sunday, was able to train. And um, so I, I actually left at the end of the third round. Um, leaving, I, th- I had a lot of money on Carla or on uh, Rose getting a finish with Parlay with Chandler getting a finish. So I would left a little sad. And um, I thought leaving at the end of the third, I thought Rose was up 3 0 by, you know, Landon. I think she landed four jabs or something. And uh, so I thought, I thought she was going to win. I was surprised to see that she had lost. Yo, much respect for leaving uh, because you wanted to wake up. I remember you telling me one time that you don't usually stay up to watch the fights. You watch them in the morning because you don't like to stay up late, right? I think some people would be surprised to hear that. Yeah, I'm a different animal in camp. I'm not, I mean, my I've always said my sleep's one of the best in the UFCs in, in the UFC. I think my sleep's probably one of the best as an athlete. I think a lot of people see my Instagram or whatever and think I, you know, just give a fucking shithead or whatever. But, you know, I got my sleep dialed in, my diet dialed in, um, eight weeks, I'm going to be dialed in. And, and I, I really want to go out there and finish Pedro. I don't want to go to a decision. I don't want it to be, you know, I got to finish Pedro. How many hours? Like what, what's, what's the premium like amount of hours that you need to feel good the next day? I get around eight and a half, nine. I go to bed around 10, 10.30, and then I don't really usually wake up to an alarm. Wake up just whenever. Um, I usually wake up before Elena and Danny and, and go out there, do my do my morning routine and stuff. But, uh, yeah, eight and a half, nine hours, just kind of whenever I wake up. And what's the toughest thing that you cut out while in training camp? Um, 
fuck. I mean, diet-wise, chips. I love chips. I just fucking I love chips. Um, cut chips out. I definitely don't snack as much at night. No more as much dessert. Um, about it. I mean, I'm pretty much. Yeah, nothing, nothing too crazy I could think of. The still the marijuana and all that stuff, right? Do you stop that at any point? I stopped that probably about two weeks out. Um, right now, this far out, you know, I I feel like I can use it to you know enhance my recovery. If you've never fucking smoked and stretched, you're missing out on life. It's the one of the best things ever. Just get ripped and just you can just feel your body feel like every little soreness and, and, and stretching stone is one of my favorite things, you know, even running on the treadmill and get a nice high from that smoking and running in or hitting the bag or shadow boxing. Sometimes I come in the garage, I'll just throw on 30 minutes, throw on my AirPods, take a couple puffs and just shadow box. So, uh, no, I think weed, weed, I cut about two weeks out. Once I start really having to get my weight down a little bit, just because weed and having the munchies and having yeah. the diet and all that. You know, it's not fun. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, for real. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> what do you think I do right before this show? You know what I'm talking about? That's how oh, I do yeah. it. Oh, I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. But by the way, smoking while running is freaking boss. I mean, like, wow. How do you do that? How do the lungs what? handle that? It's not, I'm not smoking while running. I'll take, I mean, I was in the video. I'll take a couple puffs. Off. Well, it depends. I have a Dr. Dabber. I'll, I'll rip them just a little dab. You don't want to get too fucking stoned before you work out because then I end up just laying down. So, you know, you got to get, the, there's so many different levels of being stoned. There's being like kind of high where you're like, God, I wish I was a little more high. There's a perfect high. There's a little bit too high. And then there's a way too high. So you just got to kind of get the right high before you uh, do what you need to do. I like the way you broke that down. By the way, I saw the clip one time. I think it was you and Tim <laughs> on your show when you were ta- you guys were talking about me and you, you were saying like, you know, I know a lot of people don't like Ariel, but I like Ariel. And you said like, you think I would be fun to smoke with, I think you said, which meant a lot. Yeah, probably. I that. I think we could have a nice high conversation, nice little high podcast. Yeah, I, I'm down. Would you say the Dapper thing? What, what did you say? The Doctor Dabber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that we might want to stay away from that one okay. for you. Why too hardcore? I mean, it's just it's easy. It's it's easier to get too fucking stoned off the Dabber. Okay. You got to take a nice little uh, the right amount. But did you watch? Did you see the Canelo fight? Of course. Bivol? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just watched I just watched the highlights. That was pretty crazy. What did you think of that? I thought it was uh interesting. Canelo definitely didn't look you know as as sharp as he usually does. Do yeah, you agree? But this, or what do you yeah, think? Yeah, but also like I don't think enough people recognize that he was biting off a lot there. This dude's 175. He's a big boy. And yeah. Bivol is no scrub. Like I see, I see like Usman talking about him like he's a scrub. He's not a scrub. He may not yeah. be a household name, but he's not a scrub. And Canelo, going, I mean, this guy has fought, you know, 54. He's going all the way to 75 here. Uh, I, so obviously in retrospect, but it's like one of those things where Bivol won fair and square. In fact, I think the judges almost screwed him. He won 115-113. It was a lot further away than that. I mean, it wasn't that close, if I'm being honest. He thoroughly dominated right. him, bigger, longer. Um I don't really feel like Canelo's stock goes down because he jumped up so much. Probably fights Triple G next. Canelo's really freaking good, but he could just never get off and he can never, you know, he can never negate that length. Bibble's really, really long, yeah. really tall. Uh, it was very impressive. Actually, it was happening at the same time as the, as the Rose fight, the exact same time. So it was kind of more watching wow. that one in that moment. Did uh, I heard 
Canelo ate a vegan. That was like his first time eating a vegan diet for that fight camp. Is that true? Mm. Or did you hear that? I did not hear I that. I could. I mean, if if that's the case, I could kind of see it. And I mean, you don't ever see Canelo looking that gassed in the later rounds. Mm-hmm. Kind of, you know, he would throw a left liver shot, and his right hand would be down and get cracked with the left hook. I feel like you don't really see Canelo making those mistakes. Also, yeah, Bibble's you know way bigger with a similar skill set. So it was a uh, it was a huge you know step up for Canelo as far as weight and, and that guy being as skilled as, as him. But I mean, I've never heard of Bibble before. I had never watched him fight or anything until that. Yeah, I think also a lot of people need to you know. Canelo, this dude fights, man. This guy fights like three times a year. This guy wants to fight the belt. Yeah. Like he is searching for belts. He left the zone to go to Showtime to grab another belt, then come back. He is the very rare boxer who is searching for the toughest fight out there. Do you enjoy watching boxing more than MMA? No, I, I never, I never watched boxing. I couldn't okay. name three or four other other boxers. I, I think, uh, you know. I would, I would love. I know UFC, the whole Tyson Fury, Francis thing, and and the only time it's happened to Connor Floyd. It's like I think if I could build my stock, build my name big enough as like a Connor and and Gervonta Davis or or Ryan Garcia or someone else could do the same in their lane. You know, I think seven, eight years down the line, you know, I would love to fucking box. I can box really well. Um, obviously, it's not my main focus, so it's not. I Man, I don't have the best pure boxing skills but i know i could dial in and get really good at boxing um i think that would be something super interesting down the line uh with that being said obviously ufc is not very you know i don't think francis is going the right way about it um i would want to approach it in a lot different a way and and be the actual business partner with the ufc rather than trying to like say fuck the ufc i want to go box blah, blah blah i would like to be you know partnered with the ufc and do something like that Okay, so you think that he should uh, re-sign with them and then try to bring them in, as opposed to trying to go out on his own? Well, I think at this, I think it's, he almost might be too far into the into it. Like you know, he's I, I don't know. It, that's his own thing. It, he, the thing about the UFC is each fighter is in a unique position. To we're we're all our own. We all own our own, or we all are all our own bosses in our in a sense. And it's like we're business partners with the UFC, and they have a lot of leverage, and they have a lot of you know. A lot of the pull, and you just got to work with them rather than against them. Who do you think does it the best right now? Because I feel like you're on the cusp. You win these next two fights. You have the look. You have the fighting style. I mean, soon you're not going to come on the show anymore. You're going to be too big time. Like, I've seen the story <laughs> happen 10,000 times. You won't reply to my text. It's going to be great. I can't wait for that. And then I'll remind you of this. It's going to be awesome. You're still, like, not quite, you know, but it's going to be great. It's happening in 365 days. Just mark my words. Play this clip then. Um, so who, who does it the best right now? Like, who is the man or woman champion who acts the best, dresses the best, does the business stuff? The, like, who do you kind of aspire to be? There, I, there's no one doing it the way I want to do it. There's no one doing it the way I'm capable of doing it. I just have to go out there and win these fights and, and you know, do make my own lane the same way Connor did. I, I think Izzy's doing a really good job. He's a super active champ. Um, Kamaro's doing a really good job too. I don't think Kamaro is necessarily the, I, I mean, people, you kind of judge it off how people react to, to certain fighters and things. You know, I, I don't know. I think Kamaro and Izzy are doing really well. I think, um, you know, obviously I want to be bigger than both those guys. They want to be, you know, bigger than me and Connor and whoever. Um, but I, I think I'm going to do just my own thing, my own path. And it's going to be, you know, ideally in my, in my mind, it all starts with a dream. And, you know, I think 
me wanting to be bigger than Connor could sound silly right now. But, you know, I go out there, knock out Pedro, knock out Cheeto, whoever champ, beat champ, I'm the champ. I'm, I'm in, I'm very close to that. I got to, you know, Connor's had the crazy moments with Jose Aldo and, you know, the Chad Mendez and all those fights that were just the Nate fights. Like he's had some sweet fights. And I still have to go out there and have those sweet fights and those sweet moments um, to be that big. And I'm totally capable of that. I'm 27 years old. I'm a, I'm a fucking animal right now. And I'm excited to go out there and, you know, prove that against uh, Prelip Pedro. Uh, three last quick things. One thing you do probably better than anyone is the merch game. I know the kids love that. It's very smart to do it tied to all your fights. Do you have something planned for July 2nd? I do. I got something. I got the next jersey drop. The next merch drop is going to be fucking awesome. It was sweet. I, I brought a bunch of hoodies and was throwing them out at the fights this weekend, and people were fucking loving that. But yeah, this this next drop is going to be sweet. I'm uh, I wrap my Lambo the same color as the merch drop. It's going to be epic. Uh, I think this is going to be one. I, every time I have like a new big drop fight drop, like the last time was the black and gold unranked champ. Um, the one before that was the pink one, like each fight I, I'm like, this is my favorite, but I think that's just, that's a good thing, but this one's going to be my favorite. This one's going to be awesome. I'm super excited for that to drop. I think it's going to drop, in, um, early June. Agree or disagree with Oliveira being stripped? I disagree. I think the, you know, if there was the questioning about the scale and it's half a pound and he was, you know, last time I fought Piva, Charles fought Dustin. Charles walked around Thursday night on weight. I was like, what the fuck? I like, I, I think, you know, I'm going to go to bed three pounds over so I can sleep a little bit and then I'm going to wake up and cut the weight. Some people, you know, Charles was walking around on weight before, you know, Thursday night. And I, you know, I think I heard someone say he was, you know, same thing uh, this fight. He was walking around. I think he tweeted or something. He was on weight. Um, so I think that's, that, that, that really sucks. I look at him as the champ. I'm pretty sure everyone's going to look at him as the champ, what he did to uh, Justin and you know, what he's been doing. So I, you know, I think he's the champ, but it's not fair. If the scale was in question, it's not fair, especially like I think he would have tied Habib's number of title defenses. So it's, that sucked for him. Uh, last thing, and it might just be because we have a very clear shot of you right now. Do you have any new face tattoos, or am I crazy? Uh, fuck, I forget at this point. What What are these? I feel like there's a couple. What's the one up top right here? Oh, that, uh, that one says breathe in the mirror. Reminds me. Forget to sometimes. Hold my breath all day. That's the one, I see that, and I go, <gasps> That's the one <sighs> over the eyebrow, or is that the one on the, the hairline? That one's a... You got breathe. Breathe, got, yeah. What's dreamer. This? Mm -hmm. this one says dreamer. This one says sugar. This one says love. There's a little heart there. A star from a fucking star. A little flower just cause. I don't know. Just a little fucking. Yeah. Look like a bunch of emojis on my face. No, I love it. Are we going to go with more or no. is that it? I don't really, you know, I just kind of, it just happens. I just hit my guy up like, dude, I need a little something. You should get a little heart. You think so? Or something. <laughs> I think it'd be sick. I feel like you're yeah, leading you're, me you're, astray. You're your own boss, pretty much. I know. Take a dab, get a little face tat. Just know. live life. Yeah. All right. I'll let you know. <laughs> Sean, you're the man. Thank you very much. Um, looking forward to the fight. Appreciate you coming on. It'll probably just be a couple more times, and then you'll forget my number. But for now, I appreciate uh, it. It's great to talk to you. <laughs> Ariel. You're the man. Thanks, Mal. Sean. You're out. There Thanks, he is. Brother. Sugar Sean. Big fight coming up July 2nd. Big fight, biggest fight you can make the case. You know, he fought Cheeto. Cheeto wasn't at the level that he's at now. I would love to see that rematch. And I feel like Cheeto would be down to see that rematch as well.
Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But I feel like that would be a big fight. They both come a long way. They're both a lot more comfortable in the limelight, in their skin. Um, I don't know. I, w- I, w- I would like to see it. Now, I know Cheeto's got some other things on his mind. There's Dominic Cruz out there. There's uh, the Aldo rematch. Uh, the one dude that doesn't get talked about is Marab, Diwali Shvili. Rafian Stotts would rematch him. I know that. How much fun was that guy? People didn't like that he got that package while uh, we were on the air, but I thought it was nice. You know, they gave him the glue. You're able to uh, put it all together. By the way, anyone who's complaining about the Rose Carla fight clearly didn't see the Czech Congo Ryan Bader fight. That was the worst fight of the weekend, not Rose versus Carla. I mean, did you guys see that? GC, did you see Czech Congo versus Bader? Yeah, I watched the entire thing. It was better than. No. Dude. What are you talking he about? He at least did something. Like, he took him down and, like, oh my God. He's, dude, they were doing nothing. Dude, the first two rounds. It was they... a war of attrition. <laughs> I love how you're selling this. Like, Ryan Bader clearly won that fight. Like, he 50 45 them. Like, he, he did what he had to do. It was a huge guy in Czech Congo. He took him down every round and, and like, he, just, he dominated the fight. Rose and Carlo, like, did nothing. That should have been a draw. Like, I, I disagree with that. I, I think Rose Carlo was worse. I couldn't disagree more. First of all, Czech Congo in France, getting this fight, 45, the rematch no one wanted. Crowd was hyped for a second. Romero looked, you know, that was fun in the co-main. He was measured, but he was almost methodical and like assassin-like, and it was like this lion stalking his prey. No problem with the Romero fight. Good to see him back on track. A lot of OGs getting big wins on Friday in particular. Uh, Pettis, Rory, Romero. That fight, come on. There was some... I don't know. Shaheen had a great point regarding Izzy Romero. Even Nganu Stipe back in the day, when you're kind of sitting and waiting for something to happen, it passes the time. I felt at no point, like when 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 Congo Bader started, I felt like we were in for a 25-minute fight like that. At no point did I feel like this fight was going to end at any sort of point. Like, don't blink, you know? We've seen Rose pull off these great finishes, head kick knockouts, flying arm bars. I don't know. I was more tuned in. Now, again, I will say full transparency, I was I was dual screening it at the time. So maybe because there was something else going on at the same time, I wasn't as zoned in and locked in and wasn't as upset and offended by it all. I don't know. There was also a UFC championship fight on a Saturday night yeah, versus, so you know, Bader Congo, it was Friday afternoon here. You know, you're a little bit sleepy. You get that 2 o'clock feeling or whenever it happened. What I mean, I'm looking at the... Like, it happened at like 2, 3, whenever, yeah. whenever it happened well, on Friday What is afternoon. the 2 o'clock feeling for you? I don't know. You're a little sleepy. You're tired in the afternoon. You just had lunch. I was hyped. It was right after dude, the... Round, uh, round the Charles- 1 and 2 of Rose Carla was yeah. 4 strikes apiece. Round 2, 3 and 4 strikes. Okay, and what was Bader Congo? Round one, well, Bellator's kind of, they lack on the stats. Yeah, they do. They can't really pull them up. Round one was the biggest 10-10 in the history of 10-10. Like, if you were ever going to give a 10, they both went four of 19 on strikes, zero takedowns, zero control time, stared at each other. Like, that's a 10-10 to me. By, By the way, when I'm playing chess with my son, let me tell you something. First move I make, ain't a checkmate, Okay. <laughs> 
chess match. I mean, dude, Ryan Bader dominated him. He did what he had to do. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I don't think either of those women won won the fight on Saturday. Oh, so Ryan, you, you think it should have been a draw? I really do think it should have been a draw. Two five. So Rose should still be the champion. Your or opinion? Th- three five Rose and two four Carla round one ten ten. Wow. Forty eight forty eight. It's not a bad scorecard. Actually, Carla didn't really sell me on her thinking that she won in the interview. Dude, because like, did, like, <laughs> did she win? Like, did she? Well, she landed thirty strikes, got two takedowns, had twenty two seconds of control time. Why does it seem like Rose getting all the hate? I guess Shaheen is because right she on that. lost. Like, was it a ro- would it have been no. a robbery had Rose won? Well, it's probably because a lot of people thought Rose should have won, so they're more almost disappointed in right. her. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poor Rose feeling like a shitty human being. She said that in her post. Anyway, I know. more of this talk to come. Um, we have to recap your picks. I think New York Rick is stopping by. That should be fun. First, though, quick word from our good friends over at. Ah, look at this guy. Nice of you to show, Mr. New York Rick. Hello, how are you, boys? Oh, even the audio is just a little bit. It's not quite Shaheen level audio. Yeah, we're trying. We're trying to get there. Everything okay? All good at home? All good at home. All right. God bless. Uh, good to have you Thank both you. here. Why is uh, Why is Connor laughing so much over there? And you're saying something underneath uh, your breath. Yeah, the lower third. I, I made a I made a whole new one today to not cover the bug, and uh, it still covered the bug. I you know I, I screwed it up. Yeah, I was just apologizing to you. Oh, okay. Just some behind the scenes <laughs> stuff. Yeah, know? I saw you smile. I wasn't sure what you were smiling about. Um, well, good to have you. Okay, so we have to talk about a lot of things here first. I was just sort of, um, I was just like getting ready for the segment. You know, I like to do my research. There were a couple things that I remember, you know, we were talking about the Oliveira fight and the Gaethje fight and everything. And there were just a couple (laughs) things. I think you guys, um, correct me if I'm wrong, great show uh, hosted by Mike Heck. It's called Between the Links. And I was doing some research. Not familiar. I I think you referenced it a couple weeks ago. Yes, uh, with the Aljo fight. Right. Yeah. I, I don't remember it um, now that you mention it. Well, the good news I'm, is we have the clip I'm happy ready here you for don't. You. I'm happy we can refresh your memory. Uh, oh, here's, okay. Let's let's do it. Here's yeah, New York Rick and, and uh, yeah. Connor on between we'll the links. Not that long ago. Yeah. Funny enough, it's it's one of the new champions. I have no doubt in my mind that Justin Gaethje is going to win the belt. No doubt. It is. It is not even a question in my mind. Um, wow. That, that man is built for this, uh, and he is going to be the next lightweight champion. I mean, it hurts me. It hurts me because as, as somebody who's been in this game for a long time and really loves what Charles Oliveira has been able to do and counter a lot of the, the fake narratives that have, that have been written about him. Uh, I just don't see a path to victory against Justin Gaethje. I think that man is a demon uh, and he is the one I'm most confident in uh, outside of the two fights that you took away. So, I mean, not fully confident. Let's say you, Connor. Yeah, not fully confident, but you say, you know, no path to victory. I'm glad I hedged there and and showed love to Charles, um, which I stand by. I mean, dude, what what an incredible story. I didn't. Sorry, sorry. Um, Last Monday, I just, I felt like you were a little more confident. This is what you said last Monday on the show regarding Charles and Justin. This is last Monday. Okay, okay. It's last Monday on the show. Do we have it? Don't love anything. And and you said it last week. I don't have to have something every don't week. Don't force it. Yeah. Why? Don't you see it. one? 
You see one that I you see like? A few, but there's one. I mean, Connor knows. Connor oh, this knows. guy. This guy. He loves I don't, himself some I've, JG. Justin Gaethje. Mm. That is a tasty, tasty line. I think he said to me, he sees no path to victory for yeah. Charles Oliveira. Wow. The man with, the, man with the Can, most finishes, let's, let's rewind. most submissions. Let's rewind to uh, to Between the Links, hosted oh. by the great Mike Heck. Yes. You'll recall we did a, we did. Champions coming up. Who's gonna Who's gonna win in defense? So far, I'm perfect. He is honor, he honor is. not. Yes. Um, I picked Aljamain Sterling. I mean, I don't want to, you know, Barry H. Yeah, 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 yeah. H. Picked Barry. Aljamain Sterling. Yeah. I did indeed say I don't really see a path to victory for Charles Oliveira in this fight. I don't. I don't think that Charles is going to be able to get him down or get his back in a, in a scramble or anything like that. And if he is standing in front of Justin Gaethje for five rounds or less, I don't see the legs holding up well. I don't see the face holding up well. All right, all right. I, I think, think Justin enough. Gaethje is gonna is gonna put it on him. Okay. Um, I mean that that felt pretty much the same. I don't know if yeah. it's a roll. No, out well, twice, it was just kind of it was you know it was like two weeks later. Yeah. We just wanted to make yeah, sure. Yeah, I made I made the pick and stuck by it. Unlike I was, most, yes. I was. I, 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 was I, I do have to say we we cut off the between the links one. I clarify oh. with with Rick. I, I I say to him there. I'm like. Not one path to victory for the man with the most submissions in UFC history. He can't take his back and choke him out like he has everybody else. And Rick says, nope, no chance. Your thoughts? No. My thoughts, uh, before we rolled the, the unnecessary second clip, uh, <laughs> I thought, I thought um, that there was no way that Justin wouldn't be patient in the fight, which I don't think he was. I don't think he was quite impatient. But what I didn't count on, um, and I should have, and, and um, it, it's on me for not, Charles rocked him early. Like, rocked him good to the point where Justin didn't know where he was at and not dissimilar to Habib where at a certain point he hit the ground and he was out of his depths. Um, Charles put him on, on Queer Street and he had no idea where he was at. And uh, in that scramble, nobody's better than Charles Oliveira. I mean, that's, you know, that, as I said, in the scramble is where he gets him because as, as I've been talking about, Charles is not a big takedown guy. He's not shooting from across the cage. He needs to kind of, he pulled guard. Um, he needs to get you in a scramble. In this case, Justin was hurt and he, and he got to his back quickly. I didn't see a scenario where Justin was going to get hurt, quite frankly. Um, and Charles put that to bed quickly. For, almost a first punch, first exchange of the fight hurt him badly um, to the point that Justin was in defensive mode. Now Justin comes back, rocks him a good time or two, um, but from that point on, in, in the very, very beginning, uh, Justin wasn't there. He was just on his back foot, and, and Charles was pressuring the whole time. Didn't, I, I did not think that Charles was going to be able to hurt Justin Gaethje and put him in that position is, is where uh, that read fell short. But that, that dude, Charles Oliveira, as I said, it, break, it, it broke my heart to make that pick because Charles Oliveira, the things he's turned around in his career, and I will admit, having been in this game for a long time, having watched him, in the early days, I would not have pegged him as a, as a future champion. I would not have pegged him as the guy who in the first round of fights is overcoming adversity and then coming back to finish what many consider the toughest lightweights that are available right now. Um, I have been more skeptical of Charles Oliveira than I've needed to be based on the, the resume that he submitted. And it ended, it ended Saturday night. I will, I will no longer doubt that, man. So... With all that being said, and I, you know, we're just having fun. You know, people, you yeah, know, yeah. you're not going to bat a thousand here, but you were so confident no. and it was so I was, definitive. I was extremely confident as an, as an underdog, even Justin Gaethje, I, I would have taken him at, at, uh, at, uh, minus money for sure. I was very confident. I, I, it's one of those things where you think something, you don't want to say it. Um, 
I just wondered if Gaethje in the big spot can get over the hump. You know, he's he's stumbled before, mm. but he stumbled against the best of the best. That's what I wondered. But I'll I'll admit, you know, after the uh, the mishap on the scale, whatever it was, the way he looked, the mental anguish involved with lo- losing his title on the scale, I was like, oh man, there's no way he's going to be able to. Like that's what makes the win even that more impressive. What he had been through 24 hours ago or 36 hours ago, and so I jumped on the bandwagon reg- regrettably because, you know, I was a little bit. Do we have the clip of me saying Randy Brown and Chaos Williams? Because I feel like I, <laughs> I said that. You said maybe. You might I be know. into that. Well, I actually placed the bet. You know, we we don't you, you also tweeted me in the middle of the fight. You were like, can I add Randy Brown? I was yeah. like, man, we're sweating this out right now. Like, we, did, Nothing is locked. It was a split decision, too. Nah, he had that. All right, let's, uh, let's recap. How did you do? Uh, you know, it was kind of like one of those one of those nothing weeks that we've we've been experiencing a little bit lately. So, I mean, we put... We threw a ton of mud at the wall, man. We threw a lot out there. We ended up with with twelve singles by the by the end of the uh, end of the week. We didn't get the Cerrone uh, Lozon under two and a half or the the round one, so we only ended up with ten. Uh, you know, we won some, we lost some. I I hit a nice hedge with uh, Dimitri Bivol live by decision. I tweeted that out in like the fourth round. Hit that, that was plus impressive, man. Jeez, Louise. I mean, I impressive mean, on your part. I mean, there's the Vegas judges involved. You know, well, that was the thing. Was, it was it was more of a hedge. It wasn't like because I had I had Canelo in the parlays. Um, so like it was more of a hedge. But like just the way the fight was going, I was like, dude, Bivol looks like he's got like he's got this figured out here. Like he looked fantastic. And I did that in like the fourth round, and all the judges scored all four of the first rounds for Canelo, which I, I thought know. was insanity. I mean, it like I thought it was like a one eighteen. 110 type fight like that's that's how it looked uh to the parlays we go two and four uh you know it kind of felt like the weekend of almost you know three of these missed by one leg uh i almost hit the kentucky derby horse uh i took the rangers plus a thousand live in hockey almost hit that it came all the way back and tied it lost uh you know a weekend of almost so we end up five and five on singles two and four on parlays down 0.9 units not a great weekend. Mm. Not the worst weekend. Man, it is what it is. Thirty-one. That's pretty. That's yeah, pretty. We, I mean, we keep it rolling. We keep it rolling. On to the next one. Wish it could have been bigger. You know, if it was Gaethje putting Oliveira out, uh, it would have been a huge weekend. That's not the case. I'm with Rick. I like feel guilty. Like I felt. I feel guilty now that I bet against Oliveira. Like I, I kind of have been blindly betting him by sub, just because that's what he does to people. And like I'm, I am a big like Oliveira fan. Like I just love what he does. How like chaotic and hectic he is. He just applies so much pressure. So yeah, it was kind of sad to bet against him and lose. You know, he taught me my lesson. And I'm saying all of this knowing if it's Oliveira Islam, I'm gonna bet on, uh, on Islam. Islam? Oh, <laughs> just like, huh. I'm such a. Like, Who do you think is the favorite in that fight, <laughs> dude? I think they released a line earlier that I actually took. Oliveira blind, yeah, yeah. The number has come crashing down. I want to say I took. I, I would need to go back in my in my betting account. It opened at like my at like plus three eighty Oliveira. And what? I just like, yeah, and I just like mm-hmm. yeah, just like blindly took Oliveira because ago? of the number, like months. Oh, okay, so pre Gaethje, Islam is still minus two twenty five. Oh yeah, way pre Gaethje. Islam minus two twenty five. The line on Oliveira has come down. Yeah. Oh, big time. He's plus one ninety now. I'm actually going to find yeah. the line that I got him at. Okay, so here's my that question. That seems, seems about right. Yeah, I know. I think a lot of people will go with Islam. Do you guys agree that with giving style, it to Islam? Man. 
the favorite. That yeah. style is just no, no. Do you agree with giving the title shot to Islam? Because yes. there's a, I mean, they did say he has to fight Benil. I don't see why. Ten straight fights, like he's been dominating everyone he fights. Who you? Who do you give it to? Does... Chandler? Mm. No, he had his chance already. He just lost. Do, do we learn? Do we learn anything if he beats Benil? Is there anything that I need to know? No, no, no. I'm down with it. I, I'm just saying that's what Dana said. I'm, I'm taking the man at his word. He plus, said it. Plus three forty-five. That's what I just now, blindly threw a unit on Charles if, Oliveira against Islam. It feels like Benil is kind of like being left by the wayside here, on you know, unfairly so because he was in a position. But from the Islam side, there's nothing that I need to see in a fight between Islam Magachev and Benil Dariush that, that I wouldn't have already known. I'm perfectly fine with him getting a title and I'm perf- uh, title shot, and I'm perfectly fine with uh, Benil fighting somebody to be number one contender, to be the next guy. I actually love the idea that Shaheen brought up, Chandler versus Benil. But if you actually look, at the, if you look at the options out there for Chandler, from Dustin to Connor, which I think is a real thing, to even Nate, they're going back and forth. Of all the options, it's the least sexy one. By far. You know what sure. I mean? But if if you're if you're telling Michael Chandler that this will be your quickest path to the title, I think you'd take it. For sure. All right. So how do you how do you guys book the lightweight? Because like I feel like your whole day has been, or your last like 36 hours, you and Jose uh New York Rick has been uh Ferguson Talking to Chandler, talking to Diaz, talking to Poirier, talking to Oliveira, talking to Connor. What do you do? <laughs> it's like nonstop with these guys. Jeez Louise. I think Connor's kind of the linchpin of it all, right? Because Connor picks his shot. That's the difference. Last between I heard, Connor by the way, the don't expect him January, March. That's last I heard. That could change, but that's from a, a pretty solid source that said there's a chance not till 2023. Yeah. So if that's the case, then I think you do. Islam and Charles. Okay. And you do Benil and Chandler. You go with Benil and Chandler. And then Tony's out of that. Yeah, well, out of the top guys, that's it. And then Tony and Justin kind of fall down from there. Um, and could be matched up with guys at the, at the bottom half of the of the top 10. What do you do with Dustin? That's a hard one. By the way, if they don't want to do Dustin and Nate. You do Nate. I mean, just, well, do, that, Nate. just, just do Nate. Just do that fight. Just it's been sitting it. there for six months. <laughs> for God's there. sakes, what are we waiting for? If Connor is gone, like, let's just, if Connor is not fighting until 2023, let's just get this Dustin and Nate thing done and move on with our lives, please. What about Dustin? What about Dustin and Chandler? What do you guys think of that? I mean, that, that fight would sell. That would be a big time fight. It's and they don't like each other. Fine. You could tell there's there's animosity there. Remember when they were in the back in Abu Dhabi? You could tell Dustin doesn't like him. You know, like there's 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 something there. I don't know. It's but, fine, but then what do you do with Nate? I guess they're gonna God, what do you Hamza do Nate, Nate versus Hamza. Oh. Are they really gonna do this? It wouldn't happen anytime soon, and the timeline doesn't work. But this would be the perfect time to do Tony versus Nate. Not it can't happen now. No. They're kind of. You know, I don't like that fight. I don't like that fight. For who? For Tony or for Nate? Either one. Just like th- these guys. Like, yeah, no, nah, that that doesn't feel like the right fight. Especially for especially for Nate, I would say. No, no, no. Especially the the timeline wouldn't work. Nate's ready to fight tomorrow. <laughs> Tony needs yeah. to take like an extended period off. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's not going to work out. That's I, not that's not the comeback for for Tony. To, to, Tony needs to be. 
further down the list and, and Nate needs to be fighting headline guys. You wonder if they do Islam versus uh, Oliveira and it would be kind of crappy for Charles to have to fight Islam in Abu Dhabi because he's obviously not the favorite there. Gotta do it. However, we remember what happened the last time they were in Abu Dhabi. I mean, that dude on the scale ain't being a stickler of about 0.5. I'll tell you that much. I mean, he's like, that thing is like on the freaking come up. And he's like, yep, you're good to go. Um, so he won't be it's a stickler. Perfect. And by the way, everyone yeah. gets so upset like I'm going after Habib for that. I'm not going after Habib. He just happened to be the guy in that clip. That dude did it with every single person at that weigh-in, whoever that guy was. I think works for the UFC. Like when they're overseas, most of the time it's a UFC guy. So chill out with your freaking death threats and, people, and everything. You've also thrown, you know, your, your, go ahead, GC. I was going to say, people also point to DC with the towel. Like Habib is grabbing both the dudes yes. next to him. And, and like, by the way, I'm the first, I gave well, DC a ton of crap say. for that about the towel thing. I was going to say, Helwani throws DC under the bus. His supposed friend throws him under the bus too. So nobody's safe. It's exactly. Not, it's not, it's not to, you can point it's to that. It's to make fun of them. And by the way, yeah. GSP Nick Diaz, they freaking ran, rounded down with GSP on that one. Your because, hero GSP, your yeah. best friend DC. So before you come at me with your anti-Habib rhetoric, just uh, <laughs> everyone's out there catching strays over here, okay? I tell it like yeah. it is. Everyone wants to try to convince themselves that I have some sort can, of – Meanwhile, I say Usman's the pound for pound best. I freaking pick Gaethje. There is, you, you, they try to convince <laughs> themselves of this anti-dominance MMA thing that I have. Like I say, Islam is the man. I called Habib Michael Jordan. Shut the fuck up with this. Enough already. Leave me alone. And don't follow me if you don't like it golly enough already oh boy ali out there with his fucking vague death threats on me <laughs> yeah next time i see you okay buddy just like in houston a vague death threat yeah i feel like that's like an oxymoron saying every that. time just like i see you by the way how do you know about what i'm tweeting if you have me blocked someone answer me that oh i thought that was a rhetorical question no, I just, uh, yeah i guess Burners, bro. I mean, there's way, there's way. Run, he runs every one of his fighters account. Get out of here with this nonsense. Yeah. Stop being so damn uh, sensitive and picking your shots, all right? I keep it real over I, here. I keep it 100. I don't want to go down. I don't want to have an extended, very long back and forth about this. Um, okay. And I'm ready to take some tomatoes. But if you miss weight, the penalty should be yes that you lose oh, okay. your title. Okay, so we're we're going I'm sorry. to this. I'm sorry wow. to say I don't, I don't want to. I don't want no, to. Well, well, let's go. Let's go. If you miss weight, that's kind of half the half the job there. Even right, like though the rules, the rules argument. You're do, you're doing that. The rules thing. are the rules. You're you're going to be that guy. Them's the rules. I'm sorry. Even though historically, what about what about my thing? In every other you sport, can, there are rules that are in bad your all heart, the time. In, did Michael Jordan heart, push off? Should Charles, that have been an offensive foul against uh, Brian Russell? In your heart, You're Charles Oliveira right? can be the champion, and he can be the champion of your heart forever until he fights in his next fight and gets his belt back. Unfortunately, he didn't make weight. If if Justin Gaethje didn't make weight, he wouldn't be fighting for the belt. If everybody else in the card didn't make weight, they wouldn't be fighting at the weight class that they, they were contracting okay, for. That is, so far, that is take the, the belt away from the, him, but please pay him as a champion, all right? Oh, okay. Well, now that's a different argument altogether. Well, no, if you're saying, because I don't think that's a guarantee. Him, let's treat him like a champion from a, from a financial perspective. On board, same team. Me and you, we're high-fiving. We're doing the Arnold and, and Carl Weathers um, arm. I'm with you. But you, you got to make the weight. You have to make the weight. That's so crazy. They were also referring to him as the lightweight champion on the UFC broadcast. It was so confusing. Like, it was weird. Like, the people Even the was picture with, was yeah. him with the belt. Yeah, like, didn't he lose the belt? Like, why? 
Well, he didn't lose the belt technically. Oh, stop it! Until what does that even mean? Until, for until the belt lost <laughs> for the first one. Well, okay, so excuse me. Yeah, well, then if we're going down Rick's path there, then they did everything you know by the book. They did it correctly by referring to him as the champion until the bell rang. He wait, didn't wait, wait, wait. So then, can I just ask you something? What if he would have gotten sick in the morning? I actually saw someone with a conspiracy theory. Yeah. No, but they said he only gets stripped once, he, once the bell rings. Well, yeah. What if the yeah, bell never rings? Then they would have revised their plan and uh, stripped him. An, okay, so what about the Ally Quinta thing? He was over. On the record, he said we'd still consider him champion. I mean, if you ask him, I think he would say we still consider Charles. I think he could use that same vague, vague language and say we still consider mm, Charles Oliver champion. I actually feel like and, he said the and opposite. And truth be told, he said them no, the rules. I mean, even in, in, the, in Dana White's post-fight um, scrum, he said not UFC, not him, but he said media and fans obviously still consider Charles the champion. I think, look, there, there's a tacit acknowledgement from the UFC and from Dana White that, like, look, we know you think this guy's champion. We had to stick by rules. There's procedures, but we know you think this guy's champion. We're going to, you know, pretend he's a champion. Does he get paid like a champion? Your question is the important one. That is the important one. I think it remains to be seen. Uh, but I don't think there's any doubt that who people consider the champion and who people consider the best 155 in the world, regardless of whether you consider him quote unquote, the USC champion or not. Um, I don't know why I'm doing air quotes for that. Um, he is the best lightweight on the planet. Um, somebody will make the joke, you know, lightweight and, and half a pound, but he's beaten the hell out of a bunch of dudes at 155 before that. So uh, Charles, Charles is the best title. 155er. Uh, by the way, he, this he'd uh... probably win that. Um, maybe not actually the guys at 170 are, are pretty tough. Actually, I was about to say he might win that one too, but but 170 is kind of. Oh, 65. You could do 65. Frank, we have some breaking news uh, music. Uh, This just in from Killashaw. I bet all my money on Gaethje purely because New York Rick felt so confident. (laughs) Uh, Live and learn, I guess. I'll still support his takes. So what you what you're saying is there's a happy ending to all this. (laughs) Is that Killashaw went broke and uh, and I'm to responsible for it so this is good this is this is perfect what about the fact that i uh i i stayed off twitter most of the day yesterday you know trying to take a mental break right i don't know around eight o'clock nine o'clock just checking in see if anything big is on there and the first thing i see is an interaction between killershaw and conor mcgregor <laughs> you guys see <laughs> mcgregor responded to him yes <laughs> <laughs> The two, the going, two biggest names in the right fight now. game. It was it was a three way between Killershaw, PT, and Conor McGregor. But he was like, I did see the PT thing. Yeah, yeah, no, Killershaw was in the mix there. That was the first thing I saw. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's just amazing. And by the way, could we give it? I mean, do we have any? Uh, do we have any like clapping music? Do we have anything like that? Do we have any sort of? Uh, no. Nothing like that. No. Nothing celebratory. Nothing happy. That's that's what we got. I would like to give out, you know, we like to do our awards at the end of the year, but I'm ready to hand out my social media user of the year award. I mean, GC has just been on fire. Wow. I mean, we haven't Rick seen... Rick does this award, though. I, yeah, I'm, but I'm giving I'm trying it to get in his good graces. Can he be considered? Listen, I, I said it. I said it over the weekend. He's he's in the running. He's in the running. The edit, I, I think I want you're referring to the edit. No, no. You're referring the, to the edit from last week. No, no, no. Um, it's edits. Rose. It's edits. Yeah, but one one stands above the rest. The edit. Mm. The Jurassic of Park Rose one was pretty good. And, and you dancing. 
was was next level. Was was elite. Where do so, you come yeah. up with this Listen, stuff, GC? This is this is high level stuff. I mean, we always go back to this. Like you know, a producer never reveals his secrets. That's true. That's true. I love the one comment. Shout out to that guy who said the first thing that I was going to say was, how long did it take or how did you do this? Because it was the, I was like, wow, he switched from the screen to the the MVP dance. It was amazing. He's on fire. He is really on fire. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of pressure on you now to keep I know. That's why up. I like to avoid this, okay. these conversations, because I really feel like the pressure builds. And then when we've got, you know, uh, Blahovich Rakic uh, fight yeah. days and there's not much coming from me. That's true. That's true. And then right before I go to sleep on Saturday night, I'm like, oh, let me see what the GC had to say about the fights. And he fires off like a string of just heaters about Charles Oliveira. Did you see this on Saturday? It was just like five, six in a row. It was just incredible. There was one with this kid. (laughs) I did not. You didn't see the kid? Bring me up to speed here. Yo, The fact that this one is getting the respect it deserves is warming my heart. Oh, my God. You didn't see the one with the kid? I didn't see any of this. Let me see. Let me see. You don't remember that one? He said, Oliveira to the belt. And it's a, that kid. You know this kid singing? Oh, no. oh my God. Yo, what does that have? 59,000? Here's over 1,000 likes. Just, it was like a stri- five or six just heaters. Let me ask you a question. You love to do the thing with the clips, you know? Where do you find these clips that pertain to, you know, like you find like these sort of generic you know, reaction video things. Where, how do you find that stuff? You search for it? Nah, just scrolling on Twitter for too many hours a day and bookmarking them. So what, you save them for a rainy day and then you were like, oh, Dude, I have I something that would... I probably got like, yeah, I probably got like 500 videos bookmarked. Sometimes it like, I'll you know like that I have it. You like the Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Smith one. I, you did that about something last week. Like, I'd be like, where do you find these things? I mean, it's just, you know... Rick, he's in social media. My roommate's in social media. I pick up on on tips. But there's this site reaction videos or something that you always go back to. Am yeah, I, there's I, like accounts that are just reaction videos. Am I just? Am I just? Don't give away, don't give away the secrets. Okay. Though. Why? It's just uh, so then everybody's going to be doing it. I've chill, seen that. That's why, I try, that's why I always say, you know, you don't want to talk about producer, it. Right. Producer I'm to never give, gives away his secrets. You know, I'm trying to give you props. Here. <laughs> I know. I appreciate the props. I do appreciate the props. All right, uh, it's nice to be noticed. It's nice to be seen. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you're. I, also, I feel like your, your engagement rate is very high. Bangers only. That's what we go for. With a Z, or he's, with an S? he's 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 a high he's a high contender for the Caposa this year. He's wow. he's in the mix. I give it he's to in Paolo. The mix. Oh, oh, Costa. Costa oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> that's not him. I refuse to believe that that's Paulo Dude, Costa. Dude, there's too many pictures that, like... Too many like, memes. Yes, bro, like, the memes... The memes are so good. No, it's someone who it's has good. hacked his account that makes you... <laughs> How like, often he updates his It's too many, it's too many memes pictures. related to him, but the man's very problematic and sometimes funny. Um, the one with the Dana DM, what was that? Do you have to go? Yeah, the no. Oh, okay. no, the Dana thing. He posted like a picture of like Pat Barry with Dana White's face. Yeah, on yeah. It. But then he posted the DM, but the DM yeah. wasn't really to him. No, 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 no. What was that DM from? I have no clue. Did it you know could have just been a fake generated one. No, no. I feel like that's isn't that a real one? It might have been, but he could also fake it. 
Okay, you think Paulo Costa is sitting there faking Dana White DMs? Come on. I mean, I don't want to. Like, I think he has assistance, but like, <laughs> bro, on. we're talking about we have a we have a video of him like doing the front kick that Michael Chandler landed. Like, what do you mean a video? Like, there's like a video of him doing a front kick, like, and it's like talking shit to Tony Ferguson. Paulo like, Costa? Yeah, like posted on yesterday. Like, it's like he definitely has involvement in it. Like, you gave the theory that like his account got hacked and he has no idea that this is happening. He's a hundred percent aware that this is happening. Like, wow. Respect. <laughs> he just like, there's care. like videos of he him like all, out on the town. Like, yeah, there's there's way too many like pictures and stuff of him. The amount of times he photoshops people to be fat is like all time. Oh, yeah, I don't know where Paul this guy came killing from, the game. Much respect. Um, all right, did we uh, we did we go over everything? No, we got. I got to shout out the big hitters. Oh, that's quick. right. That's right. I forgot about that. Some some crazy ones. Let's 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 get into it and run through it real quick. Yeah, Kill Ten... Show was seventy fifth, by the way. Close. Yeah, close. Close. Almost <laughs> repeated his second place. Prince of the Prince of the DK League. All right, big hitter. Ten leg parlay plus thirty five thousand eight hundred eighty three. We don't unit shame around here. One dollar into three hundred fifty nine. Lupita Godinez by decision. Vergara Rodriguez over two and a half. Gato Cortez fight goes the distance. Ronaldo Roberts fight goes the distance. Ivanov. Schnell, Royval ends in a sub. Chazon Dumont, fight goes the distance. Andre Fialo, Carlos Barza, Charles Oliveira by sub. I'm in. I don't know. I don't know what inclines you to take that parlay. It is a lot to take in. I get why you only put a dollar on it, but shout out to Knockout Bets. Plus 35,000. That's going to be the big hitter. Only walked away with 359 for that. I know. Make it $2. You're walking away with like 800. Uh, Honorable mentions. So shout out to DraftKings. I didn't know that this was a thing uh, until my guy King Spartacus sent this to me. Plus ten thousand on a same fight parlay turns five dollars into five oh five. He took Charles Oliveira to win in round one. Charles Oliveira to have more significant strikes. Charles Oliveira to win by submission, and Charles Oliveira to have one or more knockdowns. They do the same game parlays in like basketball and football. Had no idea you could do it in fighting. So shout out to King Spartacus. I'm gonna have to give this a try sometime. Plus ten thousand. That's crazy. Um, so yeah, shout out to DraftKings. That's a cool little addition. That is cool. Yanju four leg parlay plus seven eighty three. What makes it special? Uh, he threw ten thousand dollars on it uh, to turn it into eight eighty eight thousand. Um, Asparza by decision. No, and Oliveira Gaethje going the distance over two and a half in Chase on Dumont and Tracy Cortez, and then Magic Magic MMA. I mean, just pinpointed this. He takes Dimitri Bevel money line and by decision, plus four sixty four, plus seven hundred. Profits over ten thousand dollars on it. I mean, what a what a fantastic fight to watch if you were going to profit over ten thousand dollars. Like, unreal. So beautiful call on him on Bivol. So shout out to Magic MMA. By the way, do you have the screen grab of me saying that uh, Bivol is going to give Canelo a tough test or no? Do we not? Come on, man. We're just reaching right. the straws right. here. No, I said it. I said it on the record. Anyway, I don't know shit about boxing, according to New York Rick. I know. I went to Rick last week, the boxing expert. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, what do you say about me, that? He told me Canelo would just – I mentioned the fight, and he was just like, domination. Domination. True? Facts? Where's the Where's the evidence of this? You roll out two <laughs> clips of me talking about this other fight. It wasn't on the air. It was behind the scenes. Wow. It was behind the scenes. Mm, nah, likely nah, story. Nah. Likely story. Nah, I thought Canelo was going to win. I thought, you know – I thought if it was a close fight, he would have won on the judges' scorecard, which he probably would have, but that was not a close fight. And then uh, last but not least, the Giraffe King. We got a real picture this week, too. Wow. 
Shout out to our boy. Nicholas James. He was tweeting at Frank. He was like, Whoa. I can't even remember what all he was saying. He was he was throwing the heat at He was coming after you, Frank? That's the first I heard about those. Wow, okay. Um, I guess he doesn't check his notifications. Wait, who's he who's he with in that picture? It's just him and his friend? No, it was, was that a USC famous guy? fighter. I can't see you this far. I don't mean to put you on the spot. You know what? You can't actually it's uh It's fine. Alex Morono. Oh. How did you notice that? <laughs> I'm reading in shorts. Noticed Alex Morono. I'm reading in shorts. I could be wrong on that. That's a random one. Well, good for him. No, yeah, that's uh, actually. I'm looking at other pictures of Alex Morono now, and I, I still can't confirm that. Yeah, that's all right. Close I enough. think it's Morono. You should have just it ran with it. Just go it's with Morono. Morono. Yeah. It's Morono. No one will know. I'm no one will ever know. Um. All right. Was there anything else? Nope. I took, a, I took a little gander. What do we think? Uh, you're out uh, near Crick. You can go now. It's all right. We mainly just wanted to have you on so that we could dunk on you for those uh, gate sheets. Yeah, what a, what a shocker. <laughs> what, a, what a shocking development. You just wanted me on so that he could dunk on so me. We could, so we could dunk on you about a pick that we also took. Yeah, we also took. But you bullied <laughs> you me also, into it. Yeah. You bullied me into it. I mean, geez. The social pressure. Treating me like Frank over here. I'm out of here. Thank you, New York Rick. There he is, New York Rick. Uh, don't get rid of uh, GC just yet, if we could do that. Is that too hard to do? I don't know. Am I asking for too much? Yeah, we, we told him to leave the room. Hmm. Um, no, I'm curious. You got a dog? Yeah, I was looking at something. Who are we thinking? MVP? I want to pull it up. MVP's a dog. Amanda Hebus? Yeah. Well, there's Amanda Hebus and there's Angela Hill. Yeah. You know what I like? If we get it, I can't believe I'm going right back to that uh, the weird plus points bet. Yeah. I mean, I think Angela Hill steals around if, if not win that fight. Yeah. You see, there's a part of me, though, that feels bad going against old Verna. Yeah, Verna. You know, immortalized, give me the hat, custom-made, yeah. first fight since. Yeah. But um, the Hebus one is sketchy to me, though, because she's Hebus. moving up to flyweight, pretty big size disparity. Also, Caitlin is just, she's a tough out. Yeah, I already took the over two and a half in that one. Oh, my God. that If there ever was an over two and a half... Oh, I took it. Yeah, play this clip on Monday of next week, or it's like <laughs> when uh, Kagan yeah. gets a first round finish. Yeah. Uh, but that feels like an over. Honestly, Angela Hill Virna feels like an over two and a half as well. Yeah, but that was more juice. Like I, I took it at minus two ten for Chukagan oh. Hibas, so it was like it was playable. Your boy Maximov, Maximov, he's a huge favorite, monster favorite, monster favorite. What's Jan and uh, Rakic? Dude, Jan keeps moving up. I want, I want to say last I saw him, he's Jan like, dog, uh, big dog. Plus five fifty at DraftKings right now. No. Yeah, plus five fifty. I see him plus one forty five here. Oh, at DraftKings? Well, on best fight odds. They not update it? Your I boys? See, I see plus one fifty five on best fight odds right now at DraftKings Sports. Wait, Club. you said plus oh, I thought you said five fifty five. <laughs> oh. No, I mean, that would be insane. Yeah, yeah plus yeah. one fifty five. Oh, okay. I don't know why I heard Was that. I saying plus five fifty five? That's what I thought you said, but it could be you know, who the hell knows. Um yeah, Randy Brown, what a great pick, huh? Yeah. He, I mean, he looked great in there, dude. So the H Dow suffers a loss. It's all right. Seven and one in the last eight. Can I go seven and a half or no? What's I don't get half? credit if I just pinpoint Randy it. Brown? No. no, no. <laughs> if you mention it. No. Yeah, I don't get credit for that? No. <laughs> I mean, I could have mentioned every underdog. I didn't. <clears throat> I only mentioned two. But you just you gotta take that extra leap. Yeah, like it's yeah. like what you did was the equivalent of like putting it in your bet slip and then but taking not the screen it. grab, like uh, what you accused Anthony, Anthony Pettis of. 
I, I, I was on board with, with Pettis. I put him on the show. Yeah. I believed him. Uh, Pettis bet 10,000 on Canelo. I Follow, follow up DAZN. that beautiful win on yeah. Friday with losing 10K. Yeah. That was a beautiful win. Him, oh, yeah. Rory, oh, Kayla yeah. was so down afterwards. Shout out to our boy Mike Ryan, uh, big friend of the show. Uh, he took Pettis. Wait, of Levitard fame? No, oh, okay. <laughs> I think we did the same thing last time. <laughs> he took uh, Pettis and McDonald both by sub part, laid him up. Wow, he doesn't yeah. get a mention, dude. You see these that I put on yeah. here? That was like plus three hundred. This is like or plus three thousand. These pretty are like, significant. Yeah, yeah. I can only choose four. That's why it's so tough. There's going to be a lot of people disappointed this week because there were a lot to go through. But I only choose the four. I try to keep it pretty strict. You know, tight ship over here. Best. Number two promotion right now. Who's the number two promotion in America, in your opinion? PFL or Bellator? Who has a better product? Product, I think PFL does. They've been on a bit of a roll. I just feel like Bellator needs such like a better... I just feel like they, they don't capitalize enough on like promoting themselves. Right. It's interesting. Interesting Kayla times. going the distance. I thought Kayla looked fine. I mean, she looked, yeah. She was she so down on herself. Yeah, she was never in, like, any danger. She was so down on herself. She gets so down if she doesn't smoke the opponent, and everyone starts criticizing her as well if she doesn't run through these people because everyone thinks that she's so much better than everyone else. It's a live human being. Sometimes you're not going to be able to finish them. It happens. But she's never in trouble. She's never in danger. She's never hurt. She's never rocked. It's just smooth sailing. And I guess people just want to see her you know, challenge. They want to see her, um, I don't know, dig down deep, all this stuff, but she was fine. She was really upset afterwards. I talked to her afterwards. She was really mad, but man, you won. Kayla Harrison is one of the few people in MMA that is actually beating the system, winning the game. She is fighting much lower competition and getting paid more than anyone to do yeah. it. You like, know what I mean? Well, I mean, what are the chances she collects a million this year? 98%. In addition to the million that she's already collecting. Yeah. Like. Everyone else who's winning the million, well, not everyone. There's a couple of them who are making a lot, but everyone, like the majority of them, the million is the most. For her, the million is actually less than what she makes for the entire year. Do you get what I'm saying? That's oh, how much man, yeah. she gets paid. And, and deservedly so. She put herself in that position. She was very valuable to them, and she put herself in that spot. So who cares what people on Twitter are saying about you? Are they cashing your checks? Are they taking care of your kids? Are they, you know, no, they're not putting food on your table. Who gives a crap? Anyway, um, all right. Was there anything else? That's it from me. Charles Olvera still a champ. Still the champ. Rose Carla. Bummer. Hall of Fame 2028. <laughs> uh, Ferguson's the man. Let's go easy on those pictures of him getting his face kicked. You know, not too cool. Chandler cutting promos. Shogun a legend. Randy Brown, dog of the year. Dog of the year. Prelims were kind of whatever. And uh, Dimitri Bivol, I told you so. There it is. That's the weekend. Putting a bow on it right there. Thank you very much, GC. Appreciate you greatly. Thank you to New York Rick. Uh, Frank, any final thoughts? No. Okay. Thank you very much to Frank. Uh, without further ado, you can hit my music. It is time to go. Fun day in the books. I just got a text from someone saying I have something for you. Now is that news? Like it's it's from someone who would be, you know. In the news kind of 
realm, if you will. Thank you very, very, thank you very much to everyone who stopped by. Uh, a great day, a lot to digest, a lot to discuss, and the best news of it all is that we get to come back on Wednesday to talk a little more about it all. But we, of course, look ahead. There's uh, UFC this weekend. Alexander Rakic against Yamahovic. Very important fight at 205. Uh, one would expect if Rakic wins, especially that he's getting a title shot, right? I would think so. Right, the winner of Glover versus Yuri that's happening uh, in Singapore in June, the next pay-per-view. For now, though, I bid you adieu. Thank you to the team in the back. Appreciate you guys very much. Thank you to New York Rick as well. Thank you to all our guests. Congratulations to Carla Sparza on her title victory on Saturday. Thank you very much to Jared Cannonier, thank you very much to Shaheen Alshadi. Thank you very much to Joe Lozon. And of course, thank you very much to one Sean O'Malley. Did I say Sean O'Malley? Joe Lozon. I think I said them all, right? Lozon, O'Malley, Carla, Shaheen. I said them all. Did I not say them all? I think I said them all. Also, Anderson Silva fighting this weekend as well. That's going to be crazy. We'll talk about that on Wednesday. Back on Wednesday, same time and place until I say peace.